Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch live. Rick Dara here, your captain as always, host, aka Captain Brunch, being joined as always by his co-host, Mr. Destin Soglow Frazier. <laughs> Told you to show up. <laughs> Go to hell, man. <laughs> My feed was behind everybody's. So like in the chat room. When a few people were like, that's it, I'm done. I was like, well, what's the big deal? You didn't think that he was going to win on his debut. I was thinking of... <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, I see what happened. God. Terrible. So we're back again. Hope you enjoyed the uh, probably the longest post show in uh, our history last night. Wasn't expecting to do that, but that's the way it's been lately. I kind of figured better gear would give us shorter shows and tighter content. It's giving us tighter content, but not necessarily uh, shorter. You know? Yeah, Wrestling World has exploded. I really got to look at it today and the scale of the landscape of everything compared to what we started covering. It has a lot to do with it as well. I think it's one of the chicken or the egg situations. Would we have upgraded this much and done this much to the system in the show if there wouldn't have been as much wrestling and things going on? Probably not, you know? We didn't need to talk clips and spots and things before because it was more basic. That being said, shout out to podcast listeners that are across all of the podcatcher apps, including Spotify, Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all of the other popular places that podcasts are found, as well as those listening to our live feeds, video feeds, Facebook and Twitch. You can find all the links at talkbrunch.com. We shout out the live chat room at the end. Hopefully we can have some fun and talk some dirt sheets. I've been talking a lot of spots. I like talking sequences and spots and things that are happening. But yeah, I like to have a little bit of the gossip and talk shit too. Right. How many shits do we get? I used two already. Ah, oh, shit. Shit. Ah. That's four. <laughs> oh, man. So Black Adam has wrapped up. Which, uh, yes, I- this is correct. I don't know if there'd be as much hype for this movie if it wasn't for the fact that The Rock was involved because DC sort of dug themselves a hole where they just have like this bad reputation right now. No one wants to watch DC movies. I really can't blame them because uh, I can't remember the last time you... When was the last time you saw a DC movie that you fully embraced? Oh, God, that's a good... Damn. Anyone? Is it a movie you like? Remember the running <laughs> gag on here for a long time back in the day was was, was how much I hated Batman v Superman? Mm-hmm. I, I that that counter is somewhere still trying to tick up, man. It would just can't, can't go. It hit like all nines, and it just can't roll that last one over. And then Star Wars came out again, and it was like, whoa, this is a whole. <laughs> it's like, wow, I guess we we're really doomed. But hey, yeah, hey, you be careful, our comic book guy will come for you. No, I mean, Shazam was cool, but it was like Sonic the Hedgehog cool. Where when you were done watching Sonic, I think everyone enjoyed it so much just because they were relieved. It was like, oh, I didn't hate this, <laughs> you know? Right. It was, it was like you enjoyed it on a technicality. Yeah, it was like, man, I, I, I'm all right with that. Cool. You know, nothing, nothing offended me about this. And that's how Shazam was, too, where it was just like, yeah, all right, sure, fine. But everything else is terrible. Let's be real about it. Especially when you look back at the fact that they had, like, the biggest blueprint to make this right out of anyone in the entire universe 
pun intended, because uh, they're the only known franchise that had an animated series as long as theirs was. The, the whole DC, the Justice League, and then the Justice League Unlimited and all of that. You know, those were perfect. You could have just copied those stories into movies. But hopefully The Rock's involvement, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to put The Rock Vin Diesel on John Cena and anything that looks like it can't make money. <laughs> you know, that's the holy trinity right there. Just sprinkle in some diesel. So anyway, The Rock wrapped oh, up. Well, actually, actually got to be more accurate. Sprinkle in some family. Yeah, right. Family is what makes money. So The Rock finished production and uh, he gave like a speech at the end of it. Did you hear about this? I have not. All right. Well, let's watch. Hey guys, this is uh, this is DJ's last day. I just want to say it's been an honor calling your movie. Your generosity, your professionalism, unbelievable. Let's give it up for DJ. Thank you guys. Look at look at Nick giving me the bullshit mic. Oh, you gotta press the button. Oh, okay. guys, um, I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for this experience. This has been once in a lifetime for me. I've been a lucky, lucky guy to have the career that I've been so blessed with. But it doesn't happen without teamwork. And so many of you uh, have been my family over the years, over the years and years and years now that we've worked very closely together. Black Adam, it's a career definer for me. I can't thank you enough, truly from deep in my bones, for the commitment and the sacrifice, the time away from your family, um, to make something special uh, for the world to enjoy. And, and we're lucky to get to do what we do in our business. So I want to say thank you, thank you so much, guys. I love you truly. This has been one for the ages and one for the record books. And I will never forget this experience on Black Adam. And I cannot wait for the world to see Black Adam. Uh, so they can see your incredible skill and your incredible talent. Everybody in this room. So guys, thank you very much. I love you. And we're going to do five on the front end and pull the bucket. What's the price now? What is it? What is it? What is it? Yeah. 
lot of money. $10,000 giveaway with The Rock. Wow. You make double your money or whatever your salary is. Who knows how much money that would be? You know what I'm saying? I fucking lose my mind with that much money. Like for doing nothing? Yeah. Well, for doing something, but the bonus is like practically nothing. Yeah, well, it doesn't look like he's going to be fighting Roman Reigns, huh? So much for that yeah, tribal So much for that tribal storyline everybody was talking about. They were all tribal chiefing all over the damn place. That's not exactly what happened. Um, I see a trailer here for season two of that show Heels. Or is this season one? Is it season? I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's weird. Even come out That's what I mean because season one couldn't have come out yet. I think that the sheets mislabeled this because I remember you and I talking about that show. How how busy could we be that a whole season of something that right. we, we read a fucking trailer of on here would come out like that? So I, for one, think that that was a misprint. But either way, I, I believe we have it. So I'll just take a look at what the hell we have. Um, season one, allegedly season two. It's probably season one trailer, I believe. Yeah, it's got to be like another season one trailer. All right, well, let's take a look. That'll solve everything. You got to be able to take the heat. You need to learn how to separate you, the character, from you, the person. They all cheer for me? They cheer for the character. The character I play. The character I created. Make it right, Jack. He's your brother. I'm aware. And I... I will be king. Your dad built a cathedral to a local pastime. And you... They're coming tonight because they trust me to tell them a better story than what they have to live with every day. Well, maybe you should spend some time with Thomas. I haven't finished the script. We should win. Us. Though nothing... It ain't about winning or losing. Make them love you. Make them love hate you. We got kids to come to the show, Ace. What's the matter? You afraid I'm gonna go off script? What'd you say? No one makes their living from wrestling anymore. We can, I can. Heroes. The locker room's for wrestlers, not valets. I'm not just a valet. I can wrestle. Ace can succeed at the highest level. It's a natural. It's in his blood. Are you taking me with you? After I make it big, I could come back. You never gonna see Duffy again. You need to send him a message. Like Esau and Jacob. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and the elder shall serve the younger. Jacob had the guts to wrestle with God. How about you? I find that anger is more useful than grief. That's my belt you wear. You want this belt? Come and get it. Well, we could be healed. That always used to say, hold it together, Ace. Hold it together. Just for one day. I'm trying. Both a couple of losers like your old man. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Let's go. Just for one day. There's too much kayfabe in there. Alright, look, 
I ain't never seen I, I never seen a world star video of somebody getting out and getting a fight outside of a Waffle House and the first thing they do is a freaking leg sweep. Yeah, she hit a hurricane rana. He's a full hurricane. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Outside of a fucking Waffle House. <laughs> yes, shit. Everything felt really real and grounded up until that last moment of the trailer, right? Doesn't it feel like that was completely right. out of place? Like it felt like this very grounded slice of life story about being in the wrestling business and then at the end random goons attacked him outside of a bar and she and nails a, a fucking hurricane rana <laughs> they were good and then they let the raw writers do that last part and i was like mm. yeah wwe is gonna copyright strike them right yeah they go lose that shit too they'd be all right that one scene was directed by kathleen kennedy just that scene <laughs> she was like i did ray and ray and uh, the palpatine storyline with ray and the thing would force with the Ray and the Hurricane Rana. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's just all these mythical entities of Star Wars that it goes and the Hurricane Rana. You know? Well, no, it was all Ray. It wasn't even all that. It was just all made with girl power shit. That's what she's known for. Girl power and Hurricane Rana's shit. Girl power, Hurricane Rana's. Oh, boy. Let me see. Do we have anything else entertaining before we get to dark stuff? Because I looked at the program and I was like, yeah, it's going to get it's gonna get um, a little crazy. Oh, yeah. Vince McMahon. This is kind of cool. You see Vince McMahon at the gym? Uh, dude, what the fuck? Like, I never thought that I would say that. Like in 2021. Yeah. Vince McMahon is 75 years old, the same age as Donald Trump. You know? I've seen fucking championship bodybuilders as good as Vince. Yeah, let's get this on the screen so you guys can see what we're talking about here. This shit is frightening. <laughs> Look at that. That's amazing. 75-year-old Mr. McMahon, you know? Kind of, that is the boss. And, of course, proper workout routine. Listen to ACDC in the background. Exactly. You said it, man. And that's at 75. But yeah, I'm going to put this in the chat room for you guys. I keep seeing these tweets, and this is by no means going to be political, but I see keep seeing posts. It's come up several times since the election where people are like, well, Trump's going to run again. Trump's going to run again. Trump is the same age as Vince. Unless you look like Vince, the only thing that you're going to do in 2024, if you're 75 now, is die. You know what I mean? It's like... 75 is up there. It's funny when I hear people talking about it. And I know it's a bit of a segue. But it's just funny when I hear people talking about it like that. When they're like, oh, you know, Trump will run again in four years. It's like, bro, he's 20, he's 75 right now. The same age as Vince McMahon, who people are worried about. Oh, this guy's lifting weights, you know? He'll be getting ready to tap 80 by that time. <laughs> it's like normal people aren't going to like life expectancy for a person especially if you're not like doing what you're supposed to like what vince is doing you know but what the hell? when people are saying oh he doesn't look good and stuff like, he looks older because he's 75 i actually think he i mean he seems okay that dude looks fantastic for 75 i'm sure he's okay you know like, yeah, an instant replay <laughs> you know? <laughs> get this away so I don't have to hear the music again because I like the music but you know how they are but uh yeah I think that that was really good and solid uh that we get to see him without him you see it's the WWE makeup that's another thing I wanted to bring up it's the WWE makeup ultimately that makes him look weird their makeup has been weird for a while 
you know. Like yeah, the, you're you're not wrong about that. Yeah, like they, they've always had like strange stuff with that. They shouldn't put it on people, you know. There were people they've talked about how there were people who would avoid it, you know. They didn't like sitting in that chair and having that shit doused all over them, you know. Ooh. What else do we have? Oh, I thought this was really fun. So I'm gonna bring you back to uh, SmackDown last week. Probably wondering why there was apparently a, a network exclusive where Liv got emotional. I guess after being announced to Money in the Bank. Did you yeah. hear anything about this? I saw this. Okay, I have not seen this yet, but I'm bringing it up for a reason. Yeah, another reason why her winning didn't make sense. All right, give me a minute. I'm gonna. Well, I mean, I'm, her I'm, not winning. Mostly. All right, so I'm going somewhere with this. You'll see. emotional she's crying or whatever jump ahead of it so this week at money in the bank the wwe universe is finally and fully gonna watch me What a perfect time to say, watch me live. They supported that out too. Instead, she just said, watch me. It didn't even go with anything. Don't call her an idiot. Oh, I wasn't. No, I was talking to Stasis. Aww. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm only bringing this up because did you see what Zelina Vega did? Oh, I haven't seen it, but I heard she trolled the show. It was like really elite level of trolling though like i wasn't ready I when i when seen I, it because i knew it was going to come up on the program i wasn't ready like i thought it was just going to be first one i thought it was just going to be a screenshot and expect it to be like a video <laughs> it was just like yeah it was elite level let me you have to see this shiny there's something shit oh my god hi i'm liv morgan i live i learn oh my god bro and then i lose I'm gonna lose money in the bank in front of everybody. It's gonna be so great. I mean, because Zelina is actually gonna win. I had to cheat to beat her. So I live and I learn and then I lose. What do you mean, bro? I'm just gonna, oh my God. Or you just cry again to get what I want with my glitter tears. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? I'm a little Morgan. Glitter tears. Dude, she said, I live, I learn, and then I lose. Oh my God. <laughs> Yo. That is some good. That's high level cosplay right there. Shiny. <laughs> Can this? Oh my god! Hi, I'm Liv Morgan. I'm, I'm, I live. I learn. Oh my god, bro. And then I lose. <laughs> I'm gonna lose money in the bank in front of everybody. It's gonna be so great. I mean, because Zelina is actually gonna win. I had to cheat to beat her. So I live and I learn and then I lose. What do you mean, bro? I'm just gonna. Oh my god. Or you just cry again to get what I want with my glitter tears. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? I'm a little Morgan. That is foul, man. 
I live, I learn, and then I lose. <laughs> Yo, I'm so glad I didn't watch this beforehand. Hell duh. That is mean as hell, dude. I didn't expect it. <laughs> it's such a simple thing, too, that I'm surprised. That. Oh, my God. What do you mean, bro? I live, I learn, and then I lose. I can't believe it's the first time anybody ever went there. <laughs> right. <laughs> they can never let her troll her like that on, on Raw. Like it, th- I can't even think of anything else now. Like, for forever, it's going to be like one of those Virgil things. Like, whenever I look at her, I'm going to always be thinking, live, learn, lose. <laughs> 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 I live, and then I learn, and then I lose. Oh, my God. Some trolls, like, you have to, like, literally not allow it. It will destroy the character. That destroyed that character right. for me. Not that, not that I was ever high on Liv, but that's really the best description of Liv Morgan I've ever heard. <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, oh, that is, it's one of those, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> oh, baby, uh, can't catch a break? Not there, she can't. Now this? Not there, she can't. It's a miracle that they didn't fire her in that wave i'm still waiting for it to happen at this point because with them i don't trust them it's funny because they seem to be rebuilding and putting everything back together but wouldn't that be like just the last little stab like just oh yeah one last it's just that one person i don't think so i think they're they're locked in right now i would i can't even imagine what their excuse would be at this point they wouldn't have one they would just do it and then just move on like nothing happened yeah an excuse for anything else yeah i guess nothing bothers them all right. Did you hear about Alberto Del Rio on Hannibal TV? Like some of the stuff that was said. I have. I purposely haven't heard, but I did hear he like once again went in on page. I'm hearing that too. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I'm hearing that he exposes some shit about Page on there, or that he's in the process of exposing. I don't want to speak for him because I have the clip, but I'm wondering what's happening here from from freaking Hannibal. I'm gonna link you guys to that thing. Says, was he drunk? Had another situation with another person accusing me of something. Where's your evidence? That you're your evidence. And thank God, thank God now. And I said it with my in my interview with my great friend Hugo Sabinovich. Hey, we had a confidential agreement in the past for one million dollars. That's the only reason why I never said anything. Never said anything. I never exposed you. I never told the truth about your all your arrests of um, for domestic violence when we were together. But please. Don't mess me with me again. Enough is enough. I have no intentions on. And you and everybody knows um, um, who am I talking about? Um, no more. No more. Enough is enough. That, that confidential agreement is no longer there. You breached the contract. So now I can tell the truth about who was the one arrested three different types of domestic violence, and it wasn't me. Seven police reports for domestic violence, and it wasn't me. So they they talked, they barked, they they were poking me and poking me to make me talk. And I think they wanted to make me, they wanted to make me talk to come and collect that million dollars. Because when I signed that confidential agreement, hey, I was WWE champion. I did good money-wise. Yeah. And then uh, the, the other person, I after signing the contract, I realized that that there was she didn't own a house, a car, or, or anything, and only had uh, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in her bank account. But the contract was signed already when I when I found out. Uh, I have no intention in affecting anyone. Uh, please leave me alone. Enough is enough. And and you, you, all of you, all of that people, you should be thankful because it's because of me. Why she still have a job? 
Because if I would have exposed her in the past, I'm not just talking, barking crap. I have documents of what I'm saying. I have evidence. And if not, hey, come and sue me. Come and sue me. But if you try to do something, I will put those three arrests for domestic violence out there. Out there and I will tell the truth of what happened. What really happened. Not the bullshit stories that we told the media to protect her from losing her job. Because we did it because we were engaged. We were uh, a couple. And we did it together. We, we we threw a bullshit story to the media, to the fans, but that's not the real story. And I have no intentions on entertaining the internet and the haters. And I don't want to affect anyone's life. But please stop messing with me. Thank you for watching the. What are your thoughts? So, correct me if I'm wrong, but was he is he insinuating what the page has been talking shit? Well, because I haven't. I, well, whatever it is, we haven't heard forever. At, at one point, a few times, this was months ago, but yeah, a few times she's done that. And without saying names, kind of like the way he just did. I don't know if it's been kinda recent, like but, but she's offhandedly, definitely, definitely, definitely said shit that I've heard. I don't remember what it was. What are your thoughts on his thing about her domestic violence and them giving a fake story to the media? I mean, considering how off the walls we used to see those two together, I mean, I could see things on both of theirs probably being true, but... We need to find the talk brunch episode. Okay. We need to find the talk brunch episode. All right. Where his arms got all fucking sliced up. And his story was that the two of them were together and this random person attacked them. And and we and you and I analyzed it and we came to the conclusion between the slices and everything that she did it. And we felt uncomfortable about it. I'm going to find the fucking episode. But we were like, clearly, the two of them had a domestic issue. And clearly, because what person is going to come up to you that's a guy, especially Alberto Dario, and have an opportunity to scratch up his arms like that? And our whole analysis was based on the fact that the only way you would have little slashes across your arms, like your forearms like that, is if the person... You weren't trying to hurt them. They were struggling when they're cutting you because, oh, come on, Alberto, there was somebody slicing his arms. He, you know what I mean? He's going to fucking swing and attack them. You're not going to have those kind of arms, like those those slashes across your arms, unless you're restraining someone that's hurting you. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, Brooklyn, Queens here. I'm going to know this kind of shit. Point being, when that story came up that they told the media, I told you guys that they gave the, the, the media a bullshit story. And that she probably did it to him and they didn't want her to get fired. And now here we are years later and the guy basically is saying what I had always thought, to be honest with you. We can pull up our episodes. I still have all the episodes. They're not all exposed on demand. But as an admin, I have uh, um, access to all 470. I just have to bring up the dirt sheet of the report at the time. And it correlates with that Monday. And we'll find the fucking episode by next week. And you'll hear that we were on here talking about how she definitely was the one who cut his ass. So just remember this episode number 470. Because in the future, when he does expose that shit, you can look back to two episode references of the fact that we called his bluff from the beginning or her bluff from the beginning. So in my opinion, I'm going to stick with what I've always felt like. I, yeah, I think that uh, I think that's exactly what happened. We didn't need him to say that. Think about it. They were still in love when we were saying this. You know what yeah. I mean? When that whole thing happened, we, we made this accusation when they were in love. Literally, it, it's like he painted the last part of that scenario. That It is true. I hate to say it, but it's like whenever I come to a conclusion before it comes out, which is why I try not to read anything before it's time for me to do any programming. If I come to a conclusion before it comes out, and if it's years before, then, when, then if it comes out, I'm going to believe it. You know? 
And and with that one, right, yeah, right. that that arm shit to me when I looked at it, it was like, bro, Alberto Del Rio. First of all, he is a dangerous guy. A random guy went up to an MMA fighter, even if he's not like the world champion of of, of like UFC or something. A random dude with a little razor went up to an MMA fighter. That's like something you would do if you wanted to commit suicide but was scared of guns. You know what I mean? Like, there's probably no one I could think of on, like, any MMA roster that you could go up to with a little razor and scrape their arm, both their arms like that, and get away with it. You know? They'd have you down and that razor out of your hands so fast. And if you were trained enough to fight Del Rio and handle the razor, it would probably have been worse than just a couple of little things on his arm like that. So, you explain to me what guy randomly went up to him. And then they went to the police station or whatever. You didn't restrain the guy? What did the dude do? He ran away? Would he run faster than both of you? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think I know who it could have been. Who? Performance center guy. Yeah, that dude, right? And it was the, oh, the guy. crazy enough. It's the guy that followed Page him. currently with, with uh, that he said that symbols led him there. Symbol boy. He went a little bit deep there, though. He also talked about her contract that she signed with WWE and how shitty it was. And how when he looked in her bank account, there was only like $70,000 to her name and she didn't have any property. Like, he went a little bit deep there. Got a little personal. Yeah. Well, here we go again. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's crazy. But it sounds accurate to me. She didn't own a car, house. She didn't have more than $70,000 in her bank balance. Was that because she was spending a lot or was it because she got... Because he did bring up the contract, so I guess he was implying that they took her for a contract because he said the contract was already signed. He couldn't do anything about it. So that's what he's saying. I guess they lowballed her and she was able... And she took it? Maybe. Wow. That's something else. So who... If you had to pick a side in this one, where do you stand? Damn, you gonna make me pick a side in this shit? Mm. Okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm- I'm gonna pick Paige's dog because it's just it's, they're just innocent and not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because we saw that relationship, it was fucking nuts on both ends. Like fucking from whether it be her slicing up his arms allegedly, him drunk on Periscope calling out on Periscope calling out Triple H every other week. Like that whole relationship from end to end was fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, would they have been able to hide? Less or two crazies. Like, I but I mean, it can't be both things. It can't be that she has domestic violence arrests and they lied, gave a bullshit story to the media. Like, would she have been able to hide the arrests? I don't even. I don't know. I don't think you, you can't really hide something like that. Like, I've never seen somebody be able to successfully hide that. Yeah, I'm actually looking now when I'm talking to see if there's any follow-ups to that one because that is interesting. Because it wouldn't mean, be. You get locked up. Everybody goes down. Yeah, no. I, I see our boy Brodus Clay. There was a sexual harassment lawsuit dismissed against him. Yeah, I saw that. I saw it like right before we got on. That's the only new news here, according to Deadline. He left Fox News. He reached a settlement in the sexual harassment suit, and it was dismissed by both parties. So since I segued into sexual harassment lawsuits, that other girl um, cut her suit against uh, Riddle as well, right? Yeah figure i'll get those out of the way since i don't want to have to come around back twice to sexual harassment lawsuits you know right. just one of those things it's a wrestling podcast people we kind of want to get to that part yeah so let's see what's the story with candy cart right here uh samantha table she filed a lawsuit uh it's unknown if there was any settlement that took place but Carver's attorney john Chawaz. Chawazinski said uh, the parties have put this in their past and are focused on the future. So uh, we don't know what happened, but there you go. So just like that, the Matt Riddle thing disappeared. Wouldn't you have it? The girl stopped 
pursuing it, and wouldn't you have it? The Brodus one got settled too. So mm-hmm. back to normal life now. <laughs> yeah, seems the only one who got really taken for a ride for this was Joey Ryan. Right, he was the only one. He got the worst out of everybody. He lost everything, you know. Like he freaking lost everything. And now I'm looking here while I'm while I'm looking through these sheets, and no, I don't see any sign of a uh, freaking. Del Rio's rebuttal or anything else because I thought that would be crazy, you know? Exactly. Probably be more to come down the pipeline, though. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. All right. Well, what should we move along to now? Any news you have or want? Should I just pull something from here? Oh, we want to talk uh, about, you know what? Oh, you go ahead if you have something. Well, I mean, kind of a minor little injury situation going on. Um, Anybody who follows NXT UK knows that they have actually been revving us up for Walter Ela Dragunov too. Unfortunately, that's going to be pushed back because Walter has injured his hand. So he's actually not um, medically cleared to compete. I don't know exactly how long he's going to be out, but definitely looks like they're unfortunately going to have to push that rematch back because I know a lot of people who watched them were excited for that. Yeah, and that really sucks. Now, now that I saw what, there's two Imperium guys again? Oh, yeah, this oh god, yeah, there's only part there's only Bartel and Eichner again. That's ridiculous. Oh my god, that group can't catch a break. Like it happened to them again. That is unbelievable. Yeah, that's it happened he, during and after the pandemic. Ain't that a bitch? Is this Walter's first time being injured? The first one to my knowledge, because I don't remember I always remember him being really very healthy. Like I can't remember the last time he's actually been hurt. Yeah, that really sucks. Yeah, especially because they said that it wasn't a bet. They said that it was it was that has to be a gimmick injury though, man. Because they're saying that it happened during a backstage brawl and that it was quote unquote severely injured in the process. So I'm I'm thinking that's a gimmick injury. Could be. I think so. I think that this might be a. I'm not this is a shoot. I would double check on that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out to see um anybody any more updates on that one. Yeah, because a backstage brawl is definitely a credible uh, a very this credible place to get a a shoot injury mm-hmm. you know like that would be really unusual that'd be some shit though wouldn't it it would be shit you know how do you get that injury a oh, backstage segment like <laughs> uh, yeah you definitely don't need that okay so other stories i guess we're gonna stick to dark shit fucking right yeah i'd get to it eventually so michael elgin he got arrested or something here right what are we hearing? Yeah. I, well, Michael Hill went through some shit this past year. Jesus. A story came up last month. It's literally exactly a month ago where Michael Elgin was missing. And uh, by the time I got on air, the person who had been looking for him had posted, never mind, he was found or whatever. So I didn't want to break the story because we didn't know the details then. So apparently what happened was he was arrested June 29th for violating a protective order from his ex. And uh, she left her current her house out of concerns April 21st. He's accused of inflicting physical, mental, verbal, and emotional abuse on her. And uh, she's quoted as saying that she had planned to leave a few times before, but he always backed he but always backed out of fear. Since she she has since she left, she received hundreds of phone calls, hundreds of text messages, numerous videos, and suicide threats. And uh, he also reached out to his, to her friends and family. And whenever her or someone he has reached out to blocks him. He uses the free text calling apps to make a fake number and continues to call and text and sometimes saying that it's him, sometimes pretending to be other people. And she has asked him not to contact her numerous times. 
and she says since she's been in a relationship with him, she suffered sexual, mental, emotional, and verbal abuse from him. And ah, uh, then there was a list of abuses included. Oh joy, I love reading those. Uh, punishment for saying no to sex. Berating verbally in public. Berating verbally in private. Isolating from friends and family. Monitoring phone and computer to see if she's complying to extreme control. Sexual sexual caretaking. What is that? Anyone have a idea what that I one is? Know, I want to know what that is. <laughs> that one's a little bit sexual caretaking. I feel like I might just leave that a mystery. <laughs> Yeah, let's move along. Pressure to engage in sex acts that she expressed not wanting to. Exposing her sexual health by seeing male and female sex workers during her relationship. Insulting and shaming her. Intimidation. And uh, then she recently found out that he's been texting uh, her entire relationship from different fake numbers pretending to be people from the past and saying nasty things about her. And uh, using all these other tactics of control manipulation to break her down and keep her under control. Um, it was apparently told that he violated the protective order 60 times. 60 is a big number. There's like only 31 days in a month, right? That would be like two a day. Right. You'd have to wake up so early. You know, you'd have to be up. Well, when do you eat to be able to break the protective order? That's like high level stalking, right? You'd have to stalk twice. Unless there are certain, unless he takes weekends off and it's just that he works really hard Monday through Friday, you know? <laughs> like they'll stalk her four times so that he can get the weekends off, you know? For the record, people, stalking is not funny. It's just sometimes we gotta laugh our way through these fucking stories. You have to have a little satire or something that dark, but yeah, he violated like some, it 60 times. you gotta just chuckle your way through. Like. If, if somebody violates a protective order 60 times, doesn't that mean that the judge saw him 60 times, though? Right. That is incredible. That that must be like quite the relationship. What like what? Like, like did he Madea his way out of the first fifty nine? Like what the fuck? That is the uh, that is the Phoenix Wright game that I want to play. Where the okay. motherfucker show the motherfucker shows back up sixty times. You are persistent in this case. <laughs> like whoa! Like, pick a new side mission, dude. What are you doing? She says that she respects everyone's sexuality, but it should be noted that men and women are people he goes after, not only women. The the warning is for everyone, not just for women. He uses threats of suicide many times after she left. A couple of girls reached out to her since he left and told him the same stories. Um, and he continues to threaten suicide manipulation tactics. And it was also noted that he was one of the people uh, called out during the speaking out movement. So... There's a story for you. Thoughts? The fuck happened to Big Mike? Damn. He's not Canadian, is he? Just curious. I think he is. Yeah. Mugshot-wise, assuming that's what it is, he's starting to remind me of somebody. Oh. Yeah, he better chill it out. What are your thoughts, everybody? This is this is crazy. Why do we get these this kind of stories? This is fucking nuts. Like, what, what do you, you don't think he is what, George? Uh, Canadian, I'm, thinking, I'm guessing he means. I don't remember what he is. Well, Stasis says, yes, he is. And that was one of her favorites, yeah. Besides Champa. Back when Champa and Elgin were feuding in RH and all that shit, too, yeah. Yeah, that, that's fucking wild. Like. But what makes you guys say, like, what makes you so sure? I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I just want to hear about it before I give my input. I'm kind of going to feel this one the way that I did the, uh, the Del Rio one. Because I have a callback with this one, too. Oh, God. But, but go ahead. So, yeah, with this one... 
What's interesting about it is how detailed the information is. That's the thing that kind of catches me. But then again, we've heard some of these people go into crazy detail about that before. But that that number sixty just stands out so much to me. This whole like I told this story once on here before. We want me to finish. Let you finish first, though. Because this is going to be a little bit oh, crazy. No, you're good. You're good. I pretty much okay. got what I got to say. I got to hear this. I told this story once here before. We might have even been in double digit episodes. I'm going to open by saying I'm a big fan of the RH boys. That locker room has always been, I've always been very fond of that locker room. That includes Kevin Steen, that includes Michael Elgin, and all of the guys from that era. So the Kevin Owens show on WWE is. A clone of Piper's Pit. You're probably wondering, where is this going if you haven't been a long-time listener? The Kevin Owens show is a clone of Piper's Pit. Now. But that's not always been the case. If you guys are familiar with the original ECW Hammerstein Ballroom and what ECW became under WWE's umbrella, then you know that they tend to take things that have already existed and alter them. Kevin Owens had a Kevin Steen show. And to be quite frank, he was a lot like us. And this was during the Ring of Honor stuff. It was called the Kevin Steen Show. He would speak very candidly. It was just them shooting conversations, podcasts, essentially. You would see them on screen. Elgin was on there. And he was telling wild fucking stories, dude. I still have it somewhere on one of my external hard drives. I don't know if it's available online, but I will, I will dig for it. And I remember one of them was about these two drunk girls. I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember the full details, but I remember that it ended. And Steen was in the room. I remember Steen, like you saw him corpsely listening to him. Like it ended with like the with like Elgin pissing on these girls. And like the girls going, stop pissing on me. Stop pissing on me. And like Steen, like he, you see Steen trying not to corpse. Like he has this look like, oh shit. Like, but it was just crazy. There was a story about how they got drunk and just all this weird shit that they were doing. I'm telling you. And I remember just thinking, you know what? I'm not even really going to go into this too much on my own production because we're not by any means NBC and I have a big community. But I kind of felt like at the time these guys were breaking out and I was thinking this is probably media that should just stay with people who had it during that era. But I mean, now here we are and the guy's coming up in news. So I'm bringing up old shit. But yeah, I have that shit. And I remember the Kevin Steen show. They used to have different people on there and that Elgin shit when he was on and he talked about the girls and the drunkenness and all this other shit that happened. It was crazy. And I'm only telling you like a small clip of like the crazy shit that he was talking about in this thing, man. And it wasn't dark. Like it was funny. They were just laughing at weird, crazy shit that has happened. But I'm just, I just remember thinking, damn, like I wonder in the future, like if you guys are ever known, because at the time the indie was indie. It was like, I always thought, imagine if one of these guys on Raw smacked on Assumption. We go back to this story of this, this Kevin Steen showing the shit that's on here. And here we are. Lo and fucking behold. And yeah, it wasn't a dark show. They were, they were like us. They were just talking about things. That's the real Kevin Steen show. That's where they got the idea for the Kevin Owen show, which it kind of just, it maintained the, uh, the way, like the seating, I guess, sort of, and uh, nothing, really. <laughs> Not I think about it. Occasionally the funny. Yeah, but not like this. Like, this was, like, really crazy. So, Elgin is an oddball a little bit. And he's come up a few times in the past. And, yeah. Oh, you still... George, are they still around online? The the Kevin Steen show ones? Because I figured, like, by now, I thought someone would have cleaned that shit up. Since a lot of these guys are, like, part of things that involve Connors, Curious, and Make-A-Wish. George is always in the know with this kind of shit, man. I always feel like I'm I'm talking about things that are, like, completely obscure references. But, yeah, though, I used to watch those all the time. So, I used to just find them online. What you mean? Those are ones that I used to like, quote unquote, watch wrestling for, you know, where I didn't even know. I don't know. To be honest, I don't really even think 
I remember the origin of where they were before there. Like that would just be there in the list of things. Like, oh, what is this? And I'd click like, oh my God. <laughs> like, like that was unexpected. But yeah, those were old, man, you know. But I'm sure I still have some of them around here. And I remember seeing that specific one was like, holy shit. And uh, yeah, if I saw it, that means Stacey saw it because we would be watching shoot interviews and stuff like that 90% of the time together. So she remembers that shit too, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it was definitely different. <laughs> and yeah, she did look. He is he is Canadian. You could probably just Google Kevin Steen show. You could probably just Google Kevin Steen show with Michael Elgin. It's like Michael Elgin's on every episode. That was the Michael Elgin episode, you know, and you'll find that one. Listen to it. Don't know how far reaches this particular night, but maybe after this, not so much. It might be gone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. Because I always thought about it. That just felt like one of those things that it's like so far buried. Everyone looks on Twitter, but you never look through people's podcast content. That's where the good shit is. That's why people listen to them, you know. But yeah, this is a completely different level of uh, shitty as far as that goes. And uh, whatever he has going on, he needs to get it together. That is, a, quick. that is a long list. That's like a Jericho list of shit. That's crazy. I ain't talking about shitty WWE. I'm talking about fucking thousand and one holes, Jericho. Yeah, she was she was doing a lot of stuff. Anyway, that's why I tried to put on so many fun stories in the beginning, like The Rock giving out money. Selena I, Vega making people cry, bro. Yeah, Selena Vega telling you that you live, you learn, and you lose. That's still one of my favorite things. Fucking, I'm writing that down. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, I shared the Alberto the real message for Paige, right? I'm guessing I did. Uh, yeah, I must have. I believe you did. During the John Cena return, security was stopping this kid from... Uh, I saw this earlier. Yeah, like security was stopping this kid from running up to the barricade and uh, I guess using his phone to record the thing. And like Linda was there and like she stopped the security guard and like let the kid through. I thought that was pretty cool. So this kid not only got to record John Cena, he got to, he got to sit next to Linda McMahon. Yeah. I saw that the dirt sheets reported that they were like, it's a good thing that the security knew who Linda McMahon was. But I was like, yeah, I guess for them, you know, (laughs) I don't don't know if it was good for her. Like, if you say lucky, like, yeah, it's good for him. I I certainly wouldn't want to be in that unfortunate predicament. (laughs) Hey, bitch, who are you? (laughs) You get back to. But anyway, here's the. uh... Let me bring it back. So I could get out the screen for you guys. moment that was nice of her yeah she mouthed to the security guards okay and then like he came back i was like yeah good man i don't i always said that i i stand by my belief that the mcmahons are an asshole like the rest of the company no, no i'm not putting unfortunately everybody just knows who they are so they cast the heat there was the link yeah man some crazy shit and uh in the wrestling world this episode man who are you telling all right, well, let's find shit to complain about. So, um, so WWE, RR, they've apparently cracked down because what was happening 
and for anyone who didn't catch the uh, post show last night, is uh, the WWE Network still exists. Not just Peacock, but the one that you like. It's still out there. And uh, what essentially happened is the Peacock deal is exclusive to the United States. Nowhere else. So what a lot of people have done is they've used VPNs to change their location to UK or Canada or wherever they want to. And they've gone into the WWE Network that way because they don't like Peacock. This is what a large majority of people have been doing. Dirt Cheats have been doing it like a lot of people. Even even people in the Observer have been doing this. Uh, and apparently what happened was WWE blocked it. They used some sort of service and they basically made a made it where you can no longer use a VPN in America to uh to access this. And uh yeah, that's really that's really crappy. It actually says you get a message that says your device is connected to the internet using a VPN or proxy service. Please disable it and try again. So now they check they give you a VPN check. So uh when they did this, that's one of the reasons why you had the difficulties that you had Sunday for money in the bank. Because Peacock couldn't handle the sudden influx of members that were using the VPN to go onto the regular WWE network that then suddenly couldn't get in, that then needed to have Peacock and then go in the other way. So they got what they wanted. They disabled the VPN because they wanted everybody to come to Peacock. So there, that's how it happens. It's almost like watching them deal with this networking shit. It's almost like watching like someone who doesn't know how to do plumbing and like they take the thing off and it sprays the water all over them. It's like, yeah, that's what happens if you disconnect that. You should probably fucking turn the water off and reattach it now. Like, yes, if you block them from using the VPN and all at once, they're going to wind up there and your network's going to go down. You know what I mean? Like, but why didn't they know that? (laughs) You expect them to know that. That's what happens. That's what happens in life, though. That's like not knowing like on an elevator, like maximum weight capacity or on like a crickety Indiana Jones bridge, not even questioning it. You know, like, hello. Yeah, there's more people automatically equals this you didn't prepare for that you didn't test network latency or anything they don't test shit the feed went out during the men's money in the bank match as you guys know who listened to last night's episode and this pissed me and a lot of other people off and uh apparently wwe didn't even know that this was going on even though i people like myself were using the hashtags and they said that this is the reason why that earlier and i died laughing I yeah. almost said it to you, but I was like, nope, not going to really do it for me. Yeah, and they said that this is the reason why they didn't stop um, the show at all. was because they didn't know what was going on, which I'm assuming they would have stopped if they realized this Peacock is a good majority of their demographic. Like I said last night, though, you know, George helped us out, and we dealt, we we, uh, we got a, we subscribed to an IPTV service that was about 12 bucks a month, and you know what? It was originally just a backup thing. It was like every now and then. For example, I might go out or during Raw or a long show like that, I might have to step away from the room I have it on and I might want to throw it on my phone or something. I like to have like IPTV services for like all kinds of circumstances. Your cable goes out, whatever. A thousand different things can happen where I don't have access to the thing. Like I explained to you guys before, though, we have we're subscribers of Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, uh, and Peacock. So, you know, we have a lot of those uh those things anyway. Like access to those regular things. But it gets really agitating when something that you're paying for goes out like that. And thankfully, we set up that other service, not for them, not because this other service also had WWE Network and a bunch of other naughty goodies in it, but specifically just to have as a backup for other things, like for regular channels. 
And lo and behold, mid-fucking pay-per-view last night, it crashed on us and we wound up having to use that backup service as a main service. So now it'll be my main service then. Because I canceled. I legit canceled. Like, it's already done. I'm not going to pay them anymore. I don't care. I don't like Peacock. I don't think the service is stable. It doesn't run well. The The, the library of stuff isn't there anymore. It's like, I'm, I'm just already gone. Like, it's, it's a done deal for me. I'll stick to this. And if this ever goes away, I'll find another thing. I have no problem paying, but I'm going to pay for something that runs. So they can, they can shove that service up their ass, honestly. You know, and again, I'm a person I've used IPTV regularly as a side thing, but never as a main thing. And I've always told you guys that anyone who's a wrestling fan, by the time the WWE Network came along, being that you needed to scrape the Internet to find all the indie stuff and the FCW stuff and the Ring of Honor stuff and everything. We were already accustomed to not having a network and still having access to anything. Any real wrestling fan knows how to get all this shit free. So if we are, and I've said it on here so many times on the show, if we are paying you $9.99 a month from the moment that you open your pay service like I was, we're doing it to support this shit. There's literally websites you can go to that are one click away from watching the exact same shit plus other shit for free. You know what I mean? Like if you really wanted to, you could go to any of those offbeat wrestling websites on a weekly basis and just click like the last seven things and you'll be up to speed on everything WWE did plus the other companies without needing them at all. I'm not encouraging this, but I'm just saying that at the end of the day, most wrestling fans are aware of that there are ways to get shit out there. So you have to give them more of an incentive not to, to, to pay you, which at this point with me, I think I was loyal. I don't even remember when the WWE came out, but uh, when the network came out, but I had it since day one. I had it when it wasn't still fully functioning. That's how excited I was to have it. And honestly, it's like that's the end of the road for me, man. And it's not like this is the only time with Peacock. The only difference is that the last time it would turn off like 10 to 20 times on a pay-per-view. But like I said before, you could just back out and jump in again. And it would go right back. This was the only time it was dead, where it was like, all right, the service is down. And my whole argument has been, as someone who has to do this on here, I've always said, I, I love doing this because of the community, not for money, not for anything like that, or recognition or cloud or any, like we joke about the cloud chases on here. But when I really look at it, a lot of the stuff that, that we invest money into, in hindsight, we probably wouldn't if we weren't doing the show. And that includes the, the WWE Network. The microphones, and of course, and the capture cards and the PCs, but the WWE Network, the monthly things, like the servers that we house the show on stuff, that stuff, but specifically the network in this case, we wouldn't be spending that money because as a casual fan, you can watch it and you would be okay. You know what I'm saying? I had the network specifically to prevent what they cost. You know what I mean? Because when I'm watching the event, I'm doing multiple things for the post show. I'm watching the event. I'm taking notes of spot sequences or things that we might want to talk about. I'm keeping up with the Twitter in case they have clips or put things on there that we can run on the screen that correlate with what we want to talk about. Uh, And I can't really I don't have I can't even spare a moment. Like usually if I'm going to check the chat or do something else, it'll be between covers or entrances or whatever. So usually people who are covering this, you can't spare a lag or a buffer or any of that. Not if you want to like cover it the way you like if you really are invested in knowing if it's a good or bad match like we are. So I got that because even though those other free services are, are cool, you know, they do have tendencies where you got to flip channels and shit. If I have to do that with the regular Peacock, they can really now go fuck themselves like I can't possibly pay. And then it's like the service that's not the official service was the one that didn't give me that concern. I like, how can I ever be comfortable giving you my money again? It's not even about supporting anymore. It's like, I'm not even supporting WWE. I'm supporting these cocks. So, you know, 
I'm I'm pretty much done. And on top of that, you know what? And at the end of the day, sure, the service uh would cost more than the shitty four ninety nine. But really, that service isn't really even a service to me when I look at it. It just looks like they uploaded shit to somebody else's service, like the rest of us do. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So looking at it that way, I'm sorry, but I, this is a little too transparent for me from a production level for me to pay you for that shit. No, keep it, and I will stick to this. All I'm saying is I am a proud member of the I ain't spent a dollar with that shit membership. Like, yeah. No, oh, never. <laughs> and George is uh, right. Even to that point, they still gave nothing to the people who've been there basically since day one. And if, how many if times? If you've been there since day one, I feel like our, I, I feel like you are obligated to not give them money. And that's the thing. How many times have I come on here over the years and I've said there should be like seniority incentives like you've been a member for six months or a year, like you get a discount on WWEshot.com or or something. You know what I mean? You get a discount oh, on your next on, on your next tickets to Raw. You know, you get 15% off as someone an incentive not for me to just where I'll go. I don't want to cancel them because if I cancel them, I'll lose all these points or all of these bonuses that I've accumulated from being a longtime member that I can spend rather than me just being able to turn the shit on and off whenever I want. Because I really can live that way. Because there's nothing, there's no there's no consequence. Gamefly did that. Gamefly for you being a longtime member back before we had the, the, the way Game Pass and all this. You know, keeping your membership, you would get bonuses for things. You know, and it's like, this is WWE. They have a shop and they never, it never fucking occurred to them to just basically credit you. It doesn't even actually cost them actual money. Because they're writing the shit off. You know what I mean? Like you're just making, you're you're marking down your own stuff. All you have to do is have a guy behind a desk implement this. How do you have money in a company and all of these different things and not just have a discussion like this one day and then send somebody immediately to go fucking do this? You know what I mean? Isn't that the weirdest thing? I feel like it'd be the weirdest thing for a competent company, but, but this place, not so much. The best way I could explain my logic and how I, I, I perceive their incompetence is anyone who's ever played like a sim game, and I don't mean the sims, I mean like a simulation game where you're like overhead view, you're managing like a roller coaster, a farm, parks, whatever. Imagine if like you just didn't, like you played the game, you just fucking didn't. It'd be like, why didn't you do anything? You know, like the whole point of you being here is to select the things and make this shit grow. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Like, you know, that was the only objective that you had. If this automatically generates revenue from over there to here, how the hell didn't you just do that? You had to just double click your mouse. Uh, no, it's just amazing to me. But it's too late. It doesn't matter anymore because I'm a. Yeah, even that we'd make fun of it if they did that, George. If you do the WWE Network for a year, you get a free show. We'd be on here trolling. We'd be like, just a shirt. But at least we would be on here. There'd be something. There's an incentive. Some people would be OK with that. It, it's something. Because they wouldn't say it's a free shirt. What they would do is they would credit you a little bit of WWE coins or whatever currency we come up with throughout the year. And those who don't really think about it would just look at it in their bank account as incentive. And then there'd be, of course, the skeptics like myself who would say, well, it calculates to a shirt if you hold on to your money by a year. But it looks better than nothing. You know what I mean? But again, it's too late with me because I will not get the service again. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not going to need that shit. I can't possibly deal with it. I was on that road already with the Peacock thing. So even if there was no IPTV, I would take my chances at this point. After what they did, I would roll the dice just clicking around on different things. It's not really that bad. 
You know, the only thing that stops most people from doing that is they don't want to mess up their system. And that's honestly what you get a Fire Stick or some sort of an Android device for because I don't give a shit about this thing. If something happens, it hit the reset button on it. You know? People always like, oh, you never know when you go to those places what kind of things can happen. What are they going to do? They're going to look in there and all they're going to see is a bunch of wrestling. They're going to be like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> you know? Like, what are they going to look at? Like, like, that's not my rig. None of them are my rig, really. I don't keep anything as, as, a, as a dedicated rig for that vulnerability. So that's the whole point. I'm, I'm done. I, I quit on them. They weren't aware of the streaming issues. They probably weren't aware of the fact that they should have had incentives. They're going to be aware of the number drops. Shout out to same old Mikey who hasn't been in the chat room in a long time, but I saw him on Twitter and he he saw he canceled too. Anyone who follows us on Twitter saw he simply put the screenshot up of him canceling. So yeah, you crack down on those VPNs, you know, because what you're going to do now is you crack down on the VPNs and you made all those people leave the WWE network, jump to your shit, and then it fell apart. And then those people went looking for answers and they wound up on other services now like I did. Congratulations. Because no one has time to wait for you to fix that shit in the middle of a pay-per-view. So now they're going to eat it. You know, that's, that's probably not going to be something that they're going to be able to repair. Congratulations. And now to add to giving me back money, I'm hearing that their deal with Hulu is coming up soon. Which I also, yep. as I mentioned, I, they've heard sub- about this earlier today. I happen to subscribe to Hulu, which I hardly use almost ever. Because even though they have SmackDown there, which I may not always watch live, because of their commercial breaks and everything, it would be challenging for me to get a proper timestamp to be able to run on the program here. So a lot of the time, I wind up having to use an outside source even to stuff that I have the right to view. That being said, I still keep Hulu out of the respect of the support of the fact that they have wrestling on there. According to WrestleNomics, they might be looking for an alternative because sometime at the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022, that contract is up. They're saying Peacock is the likely buyer because the way it is right now, NBC Universal has to wait 30 days to air Raw and SmackDown, which is the reason why on the WWE Network, the Raws and SmackDowns have always been a month behind and on Peacock as well, because Hulu has a contract that they signed way before because I got Hulu on launch day as well as a streaming service. And there was way before there was such a thing as WWE Network or any of these other things. There was just Netflix and Hulu. Those were the only two. And uh, so that contract is from way back then. And that was one of the reasons that I got it. That was one of the incentives to be able to watch next day. With that contract, you're allowed to air WWE stuff after 24 hours of it being live. So it's not exactly a television contract per se. But the advantage is that a contract like that is cheaper, which is why Hulu went for it. It's like you have exclusive, you, you have exclusive rights to our content after we have it, after 24 hours. So do we get our live hits and our replay hits on the ratings? With that being said, uh, Peacock would probably like to get rid of that limitation. When that contract expires, the odds are that they would buy it from WWE and then they can incorporate Raw and SmackDown onto Peacock 24 hours after they air. That, now, that is a pretty strong incentive for people to try to have people jump over to Peacock. It's 100% valueless, I think, for people like myself and Destin. Because at the end of the day, 24 hours is like a lifetime ago in wrestling time. You know what I mean? We're not going to watch Raw Tuesday at 8 p.m. That's the reason Hulu's useless to me now. You know? (laughs) So for the casual, sure, great. Now you can watch Raw and SmackDown 24 hours later. But if you're doing this, are you going to watch Raw tomorrow? No. And also the, the Hulu Raw is butchered. They cut a lot of stuff out, including matches. So that was I was I was on the fence with them too. But if this is leaving... 
then I guess my Hulu and my Peacock money is just going to become my IPTV money. Anybody else looking to get canceled today? Netflix, you going to cancel Black Mirror or uh, or Love, Death, and Robots on me? No, Netflix, Netflix, you're going to get rid of Cobra Kai? Netflix, come on, Netflix, pull the trigger on me. Do something. <laughs> be- <laughs> no, see, see, Netflix is smart and actually knows how to keep your money. Yeah, clearly. Whereas WWE, they were idiots the second this whole peacock fucking thing started. I said from the get-go, this shit was not going to be good. And I was like, I, I'm so proud of myself. I never at one point came because I was like, eventually it's going to crash. Because when this fucking thing, this network first came out, it didn't work that good. Now they bring it to another network that doesn't work that good, and they wonder what the fuck happened. I didn't think it would be good. I just didn't think it would be this bad. Like, this is... Oh, I knew like, the second they said that they were stripping the network of basically all the content, and I think, what was it, the first pay-per-view was Fastlane, and they were like, you can use, you can use Fastlane on demand until this time. Right when I heard that shit, I was like, yep, ship sinking. Are they the first major platform to just shit the bed like that though like you see hiccups and buffer circles and stuff but i don't recall i'm talking major platforms like 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 this i'm telling you like i didn't even check with seb first because i took for granted that it had to be partially my internet that's how much credit i gave them but we had the same and everyone else i spoke to other people who listened to our show last night contacted me and they it shit the bed like it was this thing was off for a while they have like a bit of that's an amateur move you know beyond that for a company like NBC. But you know what? It's like it's a blessing in disguise because I really would have kept both, honestly. Like I've had WWE Network. I haven't ever not had the WWE Network. And uh, it's a blessing. I kind of feel a little bit lighter without it. <laughs> you know? Even though I still technically do have it until the uh, 7th of August. And that's what really was the deal break. I looked and I was like, yep, I have to, I'd have to pay you guys again for, for SummerSlam. Like, keep it. Hold on to that. Ah, but yeah. So you never had it, huh? Oh, never caved. Because something but, in my head was like, something just never set right with that thing with me. So I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm not doing it. Yeah, but the, the free stuff isn't dependable enough, though. Like, what would you do? Do you think you would eventually go to an IPTV or would you uh, like I it? Could see, I could see myself doing the IPTV. I mean... What like I've much- used so far has always worked well for me, but the IPTV would be nicer. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, right now, you're good? Like, everything's comfortable for you? So far, I mean, Money in the Bank, when, when, money, when I was watching Money in the Bank, there was, like, a couple of hiccups here and there where, like, one of, um, the, one of the streams would die. But it was something that I was able to solve so fast. I never wanted to miss anything significant. And that's the thing, though. But definitely, like, the upgrade to IPTV is definitely something I can see myself doing. Yeah, that's the thing. The thing George set up, like, if if it does, which I think it did once in, like, 24 hours, if it does do a hiccup, it realigns within three seconds. Like, it's not like you even have to, like, most services are like, oh, is it coming back? No, time to refresh. Yeah. That this is like, nope, fixed, gone. Which, like I said, that's really what I, I, I would like out of a professional service, like Peacock should have given us. But I think, um... During the event, I think my whole situation was it was during Nakamura's entrance. It started messing up when Boogs came out, and I had the whole thing already. I, I had every, I had my whole situation already fixed and adjusted by the time Nakamura did his pose in the ring. Yeah. So it's like it it did. I luckily didn't miss much, but it's like I was able to fix it so fast 
And t- partially because I'm like WWE, I was actually paying attention to what happened. But. Did you say if Netflix got rid of Naruto canceling? Which Naruto? What 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 Naruto do they have on there? I think I want to say they have both of them. I only I only I, I only go on my Netflix for like certain occasions nowadays. But yeah, I uh I fell off with Naruto years ago. I watched when I was. It's kind of funny how old that series is, right? Because I watched it at launch and with subtitles, and I uh. I read a lot more of the Shippuden manga than I did actually watch it. And I, I, I jump around. I'll, I'll occasionally hop onto an episode of Baruto just to see how it looks. It's like, yeah, art looks good. I don't really get into I don't know. I haven't been able to get into any animated stuff like in a dedicated way. Like, let's sit down and watch this from episode one to like the end. Like the last time, honestly, still Cobra Kai is the last time where it was like I really felt invested to keep going with something like most stuff i'm like oh, i may as well throw it on even this i haven't even jumped into rick and morty this season and what like five or six episodes in yeah they're, they're pretty even this one i gotta jump into that you know it's just been yeah, there's busy like a, there's a handful of like animes and tv shows where it's like if i watch it i'm like okay i'm knocking this much out and then i'm gonna stop knock this much out like the one i've mentioned probably a thousand times you attack on Titan is my favorite example of that I do. Yeah. I, I'm pretty much doing what I do um, in between these because they're not coming back for the second half until, until I think like winter of this year. It's somewhere around this time. But I just do the same thing I usually do where the season ends and then I'll watch from the start all the way through and just see if I catch stuff I didn't catch before. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I may watch some old stuff, but I haven't really. Um, like I said, I really haven't found anything that makes me just sit. Well, I guess it's part of being busy. Like we've we've done in the last year and a half between the world changing and all the changes we've done here and in my own life. Like I haven't had time to to catch any of that stuff. But uh, yeah, the Naruto dude, uh, George. That series is really short though, isn't it? Like a hundred and thirty three episodes or something. You could be, you should be able to blow through that before Netflix gets it off of there. Yeah, it's not like One Piece. One Piece that is insane. It was, I believe, it was like a hundred and thirty three episodes, and then uh they gave literally 100 episodes of filler. Like, the last legit, the last can, canological thing from the manga was Sasuke and Naruto's battle at the waterfall, and then they just went apeshit. They had the curry of life and all these other stupid storylines. They even went back and revisited the guy from the first episode that stole the scroll. <laughs> and, and it was just like, are you kidding me? Him? <laughs> like, he turned into a half-cap person fillers but yeah it's a short series man you should be able to just get through before they t- i don't think they'll take it down from there i thought that's funny i thought that would have been on crunchyroll or somewhere else exclusively by now yeah. I, I haven't watched it's demon slayer it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny you mentioned uh attack on titan and netflix i'm gonna need netflix to get it together because they still only have season one we're in season fucking four of attack on titan and they really i really don't like that evangelion dubbing that they put on there. The, the the evangelion the only yeah. thing that was good about it was asuka sounds more realistic Everybody else sounds yeah. like shit now. I, I totally prefer the last dub. I, I I watched through it just like to watch through it, and I was just like, yeah, it's I guess not it's quite the same. same. Like, don't don't redub something that was dubbed unless it's awful. Like Dragon Ball was the first time. So we now have stuff going live, as you guys all know. We're back to uh selling tickets and things of that nature. Essentially, what's happening is they're expecting for the New York City AEW Dynamite to be the highest attended show that they've ever done. This is Wednesday, September 22nd, 7 p.m. at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Flushing, New York. It's supposed to be about 2,000 capacity, but uh, or greater than 2,000 capacity. And as a matter of fact, it's saying that uh, 
I think almost 18,000 if I'm looking at the seat sales correctly here, if I'm reading this correctly. Available tickets are one are 1,546, low end 8,447, high end 8,772. Uh, they were going for $26. They went on sale about four days ago. AEW718 was the uh, pre-sale code. And they were selling. They actually were doing really well. Like they said that the that the floor tickets sold very fast, that this floor seating was almost gone instantly, and they had to open up additional sections of the stadium marked as obstructed view, which essentially means that the seats that are left uh will be hard for you to see. Yeah. But are twenty six dollars. So uh yeah. But yeah, it's like about eight thousand of those that were distributed. And from what we're hearing, um, Elsa was basically saying that the advanced ticket sales in New York are going to hit Vince hard and that he's sure that it started to and that it will even be more by Friday because uh, them being in Madison Square Garden when WWE is coming back to Madison Square Garden on September 10th. And those tickets are already on sale. And honestly, the, the tickets have not sold that good. Like the WWE tickets aren't selling well, you know, and uh, well, I mean, you know, there might be reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pissed a lot of people off during that pandemic, just saying. Yeah. No, they can't really did. assume they're all just going to come back. No, you definitely can't. Let me see something. I'm looking now to see because I feel like there was something else that, uh, yeah, here it is. That's what I thought. Sorry, because this came out while we were on the air, so I wanted to make sure that I read it correctly. Uh, there was a September 17th episode of SmackDown in your neck of the woods, Atlanta, Georgia, and, uh, that got canceled and they didn't say why it got canceled but according to f4w online they were saying that they had only sold around 1700 tickets as of the last week and that uh, yeah, that's probably the reason to be that's well that's not a lot at all and and they said that, that that that's probably the reason why and now instead they had to take the event and move it to knoxville tennessee so they went from atlanta georgia they went from atlanta georgia where they just couldn't sell the tickets to be able to fill that stadium to Knoxville, Tennessee. That is Damn. rough. You know, they're not doing well. So, uh, yeah, they are. They are sort of starting to pay for their crimes, pay for their sins. Exactly. And, yeah, they're basically saying that those tickets just don't have the buzz behind them that Dynamite does. So, uh, yikes. And yeah, also, man. And also, the other part of it is that People at Madison Square Garden were saying that the lower number has a lot to do with the fact that Madison Square Garden requires you to be vaccinated, which makes it difficult for most families to attend the soul, the show. So this is something that's hurting them. People aren't getting vaccinated to go to their show. AEW, on the other hand, in the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York, does not require you to get vaccinated. So you literally need to show vaccination credentials to get into the garden. There's not a shadow. No. Yeah. There's not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that that affected them. Not a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. No, you can't. You cannot do that. So a couple of things I wanted to talk about in regards to Madison Square Garden and uh, the situation with that. So there's a there's a COVID for anyone who's wondering, because it's been addressed before. There's COVID testing protocols in place at these events because it's been brought to my attention. Oh, events are going live around the world 
not just wrestling. I just want to point out that events in general have come back to life. Everyone needs to stop acting like it's such a terrible thing. But there's COVID testing protocol. Impact, for example, they had Slammiversary this past week, this past last Saturday. And you know what? The reason why they were able to do it is because you have to have a COVID test at the door. They do COVID testing protocols at these places. So whenever people see these events and they're like, oh, all these people are here and they don't really. No, they're actually doing better than you are because you're probably letting people in your house without a fucking COVID testing protocol. Whereas these people are actually doing what you can do and getting COVID testing. And you know what? Other sports in the world are open and other places are open. Let's stop acting like it's just wrestling. The other thing that I don't like is everyone acting like a bunch of pussies. I get it. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened. You got to be careful. You might want to wear a mask. You might be vaccinated. You might not. Like I've been saying on here from the beginning of this, be careful. That's all you got to do. Be careful. But being careful doesn't mean being dormant. If you spent this entire thing in your house that is your preference. And I am a, fr- a firm believer in free will. I've always said that on here. Everyone should be able to do whatever the fuck they want. Devoid of judgment that, af- that affects them is the retcon here. So if you spent this entire time and your precautionary way of dealing with it was to completely shut down and not live your life at all, that's well and good. But don't fucking think that I respect you because I don't. That's just real talk. Like, My views on life are different, and I know not everyone will agree. I never said jump into this shit face first, and I never said stay home. I always said you have to walk the middle like you do with everything else. When you go to a bar to drink with your friends, you don't just chug the bottle, right? You drink in moderation, at least if you have common sense. You got to walk that line. And I feel that way with this shit, where it's like, for some reason, there's this stigma where they, they try to... I don't know why wrestling fans are becoming the fall guys. Maybe because that's the first thing that opened and never really went away. But it's just a stigma where it's almost making it seem like whenever there's a gathering or a pay-per-view or a show, like, look at all these assholes. Like, no, fuck that. There's, I don't see anything closed anymore. Why is that still happening with wrestling specifically? I don't get it. Is it because it's wrestling? Because well, are you telling me that that's the only thing open right now? I beg to differ. So I just think that that's a little bit stupid. And uh, again, you got to be careful for sure. And if you can go out less or do less, Absolutely. But what I'm saying is that the people that chose the extreme, there's always two sides of something of just not going anywhere and doing anything. And then on top of going nowhere and doing anything, lecturing people, spare us your lectures. The people that are staying inside are the people that are talking the most about this kind of shit because they don't have nothing to fucking do. That's the balance that the rest of us have to put up with. The people that are crazy. The people, exactly, Destin, I'm glad you said it because I didn't think, but that's exactly what they're going stir crazy. The people that are staying home are going so fucking stir crazy that all they talk about is the virus and they're the least affected, you know? And it's just starting to, to disturb me. I've spoken to people and they've, they've, they've become cowards without knowing that they're cowards. When they think that they're preaching and what they're doing sound brave or intelligent, they sound stupid because no matter what, there's always been dangers and illnesses and things in the world and you've always had to live your life regardless of them. And there's always been a bit of risk in everything that we do. I mentioned to someone that the crime rate in New York came up and as someone who just got married, it was a concern for myself and my wife. I talked about this on a previous stream, but I mentioned to someone that a crime, the crime wave has gone up and uh, their attitude was that I was being scared and paranoid. It And again, I didn't go, oh my God, the crime, I went, you know, the crime wave in New York is really high lately. It's bad. I've been here in the 80s and I remember starting to see a lot of bad things. And they were like, you're a paranoid, crazy guy. 
said person was actually hiding from COVID like throughout the last year and a half and uh, just preaching those lecturous things about, oh, you know, you got to stay away from everyone, got to stay from everything. It's still out there. The media tells you that it's still out there. You got to be careful when the media tells you that it's still out there. But it's like the media also told you that the crime wave was up. How come you didn't believe them there? You only believed it when it came to the COVID thing. You know, it's like fuck you. Yeah, exactly. That is very that's being a selective fuck because both things can affect you the same way. And like the answer that I was given in regards to the crime wave is that you got to make adjustments. And it was like, how do I make adjustments to protect my wife? We have mentally ill people that are pushing people in front of the tracks, and people have randomly thrown acid on each other. People have randomly like pulled, like pointed guns outside of windows and just shot people on the sidewalk randomly. Like it got crazy recently. Like if you go and look through New York crime, you'll see wild shit going on. And it was like, you got to make adjustments. What the fuck kind of a stupid answer is that? What's the adjustments I make? You know, imagine if they told the person that about hiding under the covers with COVID. You got to make adjustments. Got to change these quilts. Got to make the adjustment, man. Duck. <laughs> like what? And it can't be here. Here is the thing. There was a stigma and I'm going to be careful here, but there was a stigma that was put on me or a label. I don't want to say a label. There was a label put on me. I spoke on here a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was. You correct me if I'm wrong, Destin. I first brought up the Madison Square Garden mandatory vaccination, and then I think I yeah, went I on a little. A couple of weeks ago. And I think I went on a little, a, a little uh, elaboration about how this is probably a standard where, like, not necessarily everyone, but it'll give you a hard time to go around and go to places without getting it, because you go to place A and then place B may may require it. Remember me saying that? Yep, I remember. So there was a little bit of a label put on me where and and again i'm going to be careful but it was it was kind of said that like knowing me i would give in and get it so that i could attend that msg raw was what was being put out there what are your thoughts i love that word knowing you something just tell i'm gonna take a stab in the dark this person probably doesn't know you well enough to really actually be able to come to that conclusion do they no they fucking knew it my point and i took offense (laughs) and i took offense because of the knowing me knowing me i'm probably gonna go to this thing i'm probably gonna go get injected uh so that i could attend this before i even defend myself i'm just curious your perspective of your arguments for and against that that uh that that prophecy that's so funny to me like knowing what it's so funny like i'm more confused than anything else because i'm like what exactly do you mean knowing Rick? Like, what, have have we seen him just do all these different things and make adjustments just to go to one show? I think fucking not. Like, what? <sighs> I'm, I'm going to stick something in me I'm skeptical about to attend the show that you and I have basically right. been highly critical of for the past year like, that I just canceled a network like, of. It's you just can funny. tell these are people who don't actually, like, listen to the show. They just... Listen to uh, you know what they do. <laughs> I'm almost I'm, I'm almost hoping I get heat for this one. They listen to people who talk about our show as if they actually know how this bitch works. And I think that's what and it they, is too. they draw their conclusion from their shitty shows. Like what? And that's the reason I don't want to use names because I don't want anyone to have a bias of who would say those things. But you hit the nail on the head when you said that. In order for someone to say that, they'd have to literally not know me at all. You know, and that put a lot of things into perspective. And that's the reason I think I've been a little bit more aggressive with my wording and my verbiage of stuff over the past uh, week, just because I realized like that puts a lot into perspective. 
because I don't like when people try to psychoanalyze or cross me like that. But it was just funny that the that that's what was perceived. Knowing me, I would go to fucking Madison Square Garden. Well, by the way, I could have just gone to the Arthur Ashe in Queens and not had to put up with anybody. But knowing me, I'd go to MSG for this thing. For what? For redacted? Will we get the raw? No, I don't think so. But that one, that one cut. You know, and you know me. Normally, I'm invincible when people say that. the only reason that one cut is because for it was someone that I knew, and then for someone to perceive me that way with everything that this show stands for and the things that we've talked about, and the hours we've spent, really. So that's what you got. That knowing me, I would sell out and just to get in there. And I'm not saying this isn't a judgment call on whether you choose to get a vaccine or not, but I'm just saying that that's my value system that i would fucking based whether i'm gonna do something like that to myself and my wife because i have to factor her in too to whether i get to watch wrestling wow like we can't do it from right fucking here i love our community but that made me hate pretty much everyone outside of it a lot more just a few weird judgment calls that have been made lately the other one when i made the tweet um, just about not tweeting everything and like I heat for that but that one it just made like like I said and, and what I love about our show and what you and I do is I feel like from the beginning you and I have changed obviously as people age and change things change but I just feel like I'm going through another one of those where I'm looking at things so differently from like a few weeks ago just because people and especially in social media especially when it comes to the vaccine and the COVID and wrestling and all that other shit people are so quick to just say this person is this 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 they, they want you to be a bunch of bullet points without ever knowing you and, and I'm, of course, what else do they have to do with their miserable lives? Well, if that's what you want. And then from now on, I'll be sure for those people that are narrow minded enough to look at things that way, I'll give them the set bullet points. That's all I'll be. It's just a, a set of bullet points. But I found that hilarious. Like it, it, it stumped me. You know, you ever feel hot when someone says something? That's one of the first times it's just happened to me in years. Like it was oh like, God. what? Knowing me, I would do what? Making me sound like I'm some fucking wrestling mark. Like these marks that'll go there with a fucking belt on their shoulder, with their gut hanging over their fucking waist, looking to fucking impress somebody. Are you kidding me? I hate that because now all of the marks that listen to this are fucking tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying, I'm going to need some of these pussy bitches to come for me because I'm about to hide them just coming for you. But what I think upsets me the like most. It just started bothering me maybe the last couple of times. Why well, don't know y'all never come for me? Y'all know I'm here too, right? Or it's because you know I'm not as nice. You know, I hurt your feelings. And you it's, can't go cry to mom afterwards. And yeah. I'm realizing it's just because I've calmed down a lot. Even though I go off on my Rick's rants and stuff, I've chilled out a lot over the years. I don't really rattle shit too much. But what bothers me most, because I don't really care. I don't want to make this about me and my own personal experiences. But what bothers me most, most about this is that you can't have it both ways. It can't be either and it can't be both. Like, so the same people who discourage you from taking this and implying that taking it will be selling out to get into events and shit are the same people who discourage you from going anywhere or interacting with other people so what's the plan for those people and i'm just curious i'm not even saying it sarcastically so don't get the vax don't go anywhere don't see anyone and don't do anything i don't agree with that I think that's a bitch move. I think that there's only two options here, and I'm not going for either one. I'm not leaning toward either one. In other words, I'm not trying to influence people towards either one, regardless of what I might choose. Option A is to make the decision for yourself that you do not want to get this, but that you're going to be careful and you're not going to stop living your life and you're going to take all the necessary precautions. Option B is to get this, 
keeping in mind that we that we're only human and the people that made this only human and we don't know all the inherent risk or long-term effects and they may be they may not be who knows if you're skeptical or not but that now at least you have something that was designed to protect you there's two different mentalities here the mentality that i'm specifically criticizing is the mentality that entails don't get anything and don't go anywhere that's not gonna fly maybe during this but now some of you need to wake up you know pull your big boy pants up because that's not a fucking answer the answer is not, I'm not going to take care of this in any capacity. I'm just going to stay in my house. And I find no, it funny. I'd rather, I'd rather go out and live. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather live, learn, and lose. I don't know how that came it, back. <laughs> that was, yo, that was completely fucking unplanned. That was go, not supposed to come back like that. Go out and live. Write it down. Two lives in a row. Fuck it, man. Go out and live. But that's what I mean. I'm not about to just, you have to choose one or the other. But the people that are just staying in where it's like, well, I'm just going to not go out, not have people here, not not try to vax, just do them. This is going to cut off until this is over. That's just such a shitty way to exist. And if you're able to do it because you're old or young, God bless you. But even if I could, I wouldn't. I was cautious through this whole thing, but I made sure that I didn't stop living my life. You know, you like you can't stay crumpled about, inside like a bunch of cowards, you know, like that doesn't make any sense to me. Whole, we mentioned a whole thing about going stir crazy. That's part of the reason I couldn't do it. I go, I get stir crazy easy. All right. Like full, like full disclosure. Um, I wanted to get let go from GameStop maybe a month before the pandemic. I got my new job like a, maybe a couple of weeks before it kicked off. I didn't work for two weeks straight. I was losing my shit. Okay. <laughs> It was fucking. I don't know how people did it because I I just can't I I just can't actually do it. Like I have to be like out. I have to do stuff. I will lose my mind if I don't have something going on. So yeah. like the whole concept of oh just stay in your house, don't go anywhere, don't see anybody. No, just be careful. I think that this pandemic just taught a lot of people that in the world there's a lot of dirty motherfuckers. And I hate to say that, but Destin, how many years have I come onto this show every single Monday for seven years? How many times? Maybe once I've come on the air sick. We've done this show 700. Well, I don't even know what the fuck. I'm 470. I almost went too high. 470 episodes. You know what I mean? And at minimum, there's been one wrestling show a week. Minimum one wrestling show a week. You know what I mean? Maximum. Who knows? 470 episodes. I think I got sick once. I came out here with a lost voice from going to an event where I was screaming at the event, the actual wrestling event. I came out here with a hoarse voice once, and I came on here sick once in that time. I've always had sanitizer. I didn't just have it when, when we went through this. I've always had alcohol at my desk. When I sit down to do this with you, I spray my hands with alcohol that I keep in a spray bottle that I bought from a Dollar Tree. Just pour regular rubbing out, spray my hand, rub them down, rub down the keyboard in front of me, everything around me, and then get started. I do this on a regular basis. I go to my controller, do the same thing before I start. I clean, you know, I wipe door handles, toilet flushers, fucking refrigerators, sink, sink handle. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to get sick. That What made me do it, was this and i've always been clean i've always been somewhat of a germaphobe but really i I doubled down with this because like i never really planned i'll always be late i'm not good with time because the program is overwhelming at this point but i'll never not show up you know what i mean like the show's fucking guaranteed and the way i'm able to do that is by not ever getting sick like in these seven years i've gotten sick one time and that's to me the thing a lot of people that are getting sick is because they must not be washing their hands and they must be doing i've always said that and no one's ever believed me because why don't i get sick but there are people who get sick and act like that shit is seasonal 
What are you like? Oh, I got my seasonal cold. My cold. What? Seasonal? It's not a period. Like you shouldn't just get sick. Like like if it comes up, like it's just something that comes up like a zit. You know what I mean? That's oh not good. God. People people don't understand physical health. And again, I told you I don't want to segue too much, but but you know, ketosis helped me learn a lot more about that kind of stuff and about just health in my body. And uh, the other reason why you, we've had tweets on here, we're segueing so much into the back end stuff. But the other reason we had a few nasty tweets is because uh, somebody was DMing a few of our guys that I that I spoke to about uh, keto and just speaking out the other side of the face and saying, oh, you know, Rick doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just a fad and it's going to go away and it doesn't actually do anything. And it got back to me and it was like, really? So that's special. <laughs> First of all, I love the concept of you'll talk shit to people in our community. And then think words not gonna get back. No, it's just it's just really interesting. But yeah, rubbing alcohol and stuff like that, all these things, they works fine for me, you know. It works fantastic. So it's not that difficult. But that's the whole point, you know. You can be careful and take precautions and you don't have to get sick. And if you do, you took that chance and you can live with it. But there are people who kinda want like I was told when I brought up the crime in New York that, you know, you just got to live your life because, you know, anything could happen. You could walk out the door tomorrow and you could die. You could die in your sleep and everything else. And it was like, so in other words, don't worry about the fact that there's a gun and upscaling guns and uh, you, your wife is like five foot whatever. And, you know, they're crazy people. You really got to just deal with that. Coming from a person that is afraid of getting vaccinated and afraid of going outside. Like, couldn't I use the same logic and just be like, yeah, but you have to go out and really live your life. You can't live like that and let this thing scare you. You have to just understand that even if that doesn't happen, that just because it happens to someone else doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. And maybe you have to start to do those things. You know what I mean? Doesn't it work the same way? And isn't it even more logical with something that's a disease that's manageable that you can prevent from getting than it is with the randomness of somebody fucking shooting you? Or running you over or doing something crazy or holding you up. You know what I mean? I just find the logic so flawed that on one hand, someone will tell you when it comes to crime, don't worry about it because it could happen to you or you could just die from eating too many fucking wise potato chips. But on the other hand, the same person won't budge from their house because of fear of death. Isn't it weird to have that double standard? It's weird, but it's all too familiar at this point. So what should I do, Destin? Like, let's just say I'm a wrestling fan that does love Raw, which I don't right now. I'm giving it a chance, but let's say I does, and I have to go to this. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I shouldn't get vaccinated, and I shouldn't go anywhere until what? Right, like, how? If, I if guess until they say Raw, it's okay? How many times? Until they, see, until they hear from what they consider a credible news source that this is over. Then, then, then I'll be judgment-free of their bullshit. To live my life, exactly. essentially. I, I get it now. Oh, that's so wise. I'm glad I'm being so educated by people. <laughs> Wrestling fans are not fucking stupid, I guess is the point that I was getting around to here. And that's the reason why those Madison Square numbers are low. Because you're not going to just go to an event. Because you're not going to go and get vaccinated to go to a fucking event. The average fan, I do not believe, would do that. No. And for you to say that knowing me, I would go and do that, you're basically saying knowing my guys that they would go and do that. And that, to me, is the core of the offense. You don't know people that are wrestling fans well enough to just fucking assume that they would sell their souls to go to an event. Just because you're out of touch with the fucking product 
doesn't mean that it's not a hobby just like any other hobby that people would do. And you got to ask people who do that. If they would go to, would they go and get vaccinated for their fucking Xbox or to go to their concerts or to go to their pool halls or bars? Probably not. You would never go up to somebody and be like, knowing you, you'd get vaccinated for your Xbox. Knowing you, you get vaccinated to go to that party. So why would that judgment be passed on us? Eat a dick. And I'm glad, not because I want anything to happen to WWE. I'm glad that that event had a bit of a hiccup and it'll probably still sell up. I'm glad it had a bit of a hiccup because it shows that you guys are wrong and the fact that people are not going to quickly just put some shit in their arm to get to wrestling. And again, this isn't about doing or not doing, but it's just because they're not going to do it for wrong. You're stupid to think that that of all the things of all the things that we would do it for. Like all that tells me at that point, if you're assuming that, that just tells me you're probably one of the people who do it wrong. Yeah, and again, it just comes down to people not really knowing. Else. Yeah, for someone to think my value system's that that low, though, right? This is why I don't really bother well, to talk when, to well, people. Well, you know, when you don't have a value system and understand how it works, you never know. This is why a lot of the time when I get off here, I don't like I don't like to talk to anybody aside from our community and then my wife when I get off the show because everybody like why talk to people when they can have you pegged so differently from who you really are? You know, like really. Come on. Like, there's only a handful of people inside and outside of this community who actually, like, know me. So, very few who can assume what I would do in this situation. <laughs> and even then, they don't always assume. So, how is it that freaking Johnny Random knows what the fuck anybody here is going to do? Guess what? You don't. You really don't. Anyway, what else do we have here before I move on? actually doing decent time right kind of funny i <laughs> i was uh i listened to last week's show throughout the week and i thought back to when certain people used to make fun of us for doing what six seven eight hour podcasts and yeah i was like well you know last week was probably the most informative six hours i've seen in a long time so yeah, but no one listens who complains. Like, no one who listens to the actual podcast um, complains. You know what I mean? Right. Like, first of all, the, the the chat room, it's literally, and I've said this before, we're taping the podcast in front of a live audience, in a sense, because the podcast is a bit more tightened and shorter when it's, when it's produced in post-production than what's here. So it's more like they're sitting in for what's the taping of what used to just be a straight-up tape show. They're catching everything wrong. Well, I love how that works. You know, but but a lot of people are listening like um, the following day, you know, you know how many people message us that are the following day during work and shit like or driving to work or throughout the day. So, I mean, yeah, I know it's long in that sense, but I've also heard that that's the reason, you know, I've Googled us a few times and seen message where people say it's like that we talk about everything and, you know, that we're long. So I, I think, I think really it, might, it might have been EB, it, I think it was like EB or Willie that said he literally the show lasted his whole work shift. Yeah. And, and I didn't like the fact that he was basically able to listen to the show throughout all of work. Yeah, And full disclosure, I didn't choose the time slot. You know what I mean? And I didn't agree with the time slot either. I'm in hindsight, I'm comfortable now, but when, or if you guys remember, we were part of a network that they, that's the time slot where we were put. And I actually, in the beginning thought, you know what? I'm not really with it because of the fact that, uh, I was like, you know, at that point you've already sat through three hours of raw and then there's only like half an hour of of prep like i didn't think about doing the show the way i do it now i guess it hadn't been that yet but i was like i even have half an hour to make the show i hadn't thought about doing it the way that we do it now it will just take you a whole day but uh it's funny how many people hated on because you got that spot too yeah yeah but i remember when i got i didn't like it because it was just like you know what but that's like tight to me i just kind of again i was a rookie but i just remember thinking like how do you be ready 
between 11 and 11.30, which I still haven't mastered, if you really think of how many times I'm late. But uh, I took it anyway, and I didn't want to move anyone because it became comfortable for everyone. That was their routine, and it was like, you know what? We're already doing it, you know? So it's like, it's not really my time slash just that that's where we all are. I'm not going to do like, we've, we've had people that are part of other communities, like Seb was part of a community, that all they did was bounce all over the place like a couple of fucking lunatic jelly beans. You know, they went from services and different platforms and stuff to the point where they scared everybody away. They just started looking like nuts, you know? Lunatic jelly beans. That's the first you'll ever think you're gonna hear in your lifetime. You know, it's like they say that in order for these things to work, that was one of Piper's last podcasts before he passed. They said in order for these things to work, you have to be consistent. You know, and they were anything but. So I mean I didn't choose the time slot, but I don't mind it being a long show. You know, that's sort of what it's supposed to be. Like it's supposed to be chill vibes and shit. You know, yeah. aside from when we're like thwarting out outside energies, of course. Putting people back in check pretty much, so Yeah, pretty much giving them the checks and balances. <laughs> You know, all I'm saying, I'm about to be 29 in a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks, I'm gonna start putting people back in check. Damn it, right? I got time for some of y'all. <laughs> so apparently, WWE, uh, according to Melser and Wrestling Observer, he was saying that they don't like the idea of wrestlers doing GoFundMe accounts um, because they feel like it cheapens the business. So, um, I guess what they're saying, like for example, when someone's a non WWE guy, maybe they get injured, maybe they're going through hard times, and you see those GoFundMe's up or whatever. Like WWE just kind of feels like it makes it look bad. So you know they try to make wrestling look like this big, larger than life, like you're a star shit. And in the meantime, on the on, in contrast to that, you have people with GoFundMe's because they have injuries or sprain this or whatever. So WWE apparently right. doesn't like that. And uh, now looking at that and knowing that bit of information a whole bunch of different things are coming into perspective for me because basically so you're telling me the baron corbin was just them making fun of indie wrestlers that have gofundmes that's what it really is right once again wasting time making fun of shit but it's funny it is funny though come on you gotta admit it (laughs) like you know it is that is actually good you know that's a good little knock on on uh i mean it's fucked up but it's funny because now that I see that, it's almost like with the Jillian Hall thing where I didn't know it until I heard Conan and them say it, like Conan and Disco talk about it. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> Jillian Hall was just was just them making fun of Brooke Hogan. And now I just see it. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't get that. That's going to forever fuck with me, man. That was a that was a rib on Hogan. Yo, that's the best rib ever that you went through the trouble of making a talent that looked and acted like that. I mean, that's that a high level right rib, and it was Triple H and Stephanie. I, I don't know if I wasn't around for that episode, but let's see. Two thirty one a.m., July twentieth, twenty twenty one. Just finding out this. Finding out what? The fucking she was just a Brooke Hogan rib. No, I mentioned it to you a few weeks ago. You, did you? Yeah, I feel like uh, I did. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. My memory is fucking weird. My memory, people will tell you who know me in my personal life. My memory is all over the place. I will remember some shit from two weeks ago and forget some shit from a year and a half ago. Or as we've seen on this fucking show, I will remember shit from five years ago and forget something from two hours early. I'm trying to I'm trying to find the thing where Conan talks about it. <laughs> oh, it makes so much sense now. That is fucked up. There it is. Oh god. Oh no. Uh, the- One sec. Oh shit. Hey, one hundred crew. Would you guys ever consider running a wrestling event in Delaware? The Briscoe Brothers from Ring of Honor and J.J. Dillon live here. <laughs> the one and I, I can just your first two sentences, right? If you do, if you're a Patreon member of ours, we have a complete mailbag that we drop unedited. Like, so we're sitting here recording this, all right? <laughs> so if you ever listen to one of these, 
it. Okay. We'd appreciate it if Conan. Do you? Would you, Conan? Would you consider running a wrestling event in Delaware? Would you? Would you consider brothers and JJ Dillon live there? No. A lot of New York, New Jersey, Philly, and Cali people show or meet and greet because we all all we have here is CZ. Find me some investors. It's a big mark. It's a. Oh boy. Um. Next is some Atish Singh. Uh, subject is a uh, Jillian Hall's bad singer gimmick. A shot at Brooke Hogan. Hey, boys, just want to ask you guys if you remember or even know any insight to when Jillian Hall was doing that bad singer gimmick. I, re- I remember hearing that it was created by Triple H and Stephanie's a shot at Hulk Hogan's daughter, Brooke. If you remember, this was after the Hogan Knows Best show came out, and, Ho- and Hulk pretty much used the show to try to get Hulk pretty much used the show to try to get his daughter over as a singer. I believe oh, this guy sp- spelled Hulk. I guess he got a bad typo thing. The first Hulk, Hulk was spelled H O P E D, hoped, and this one is spelled Holt. H O L T. I believe Holt, Holt? say Holt, I'm assuming it means Hulk, was on the outside of WWE at the time, and it's always been said that Triple H is never a big fan of his anyway. Wait, Holt? Is that, wait, is Holt Brook? Maybe I'm. No, I think that was supposed to say Hulk. Stuff here. All right. Well, Triple H is never a big fan of his. Of Hulk. Okay, all right. Just, uh, I quickly. I know nothing about Yeah, this. I quickly Googled, and it says Stephanie McMahon and Triple H came up with the character, not Vince. Vince okayed it because he's currently upset I with Hogan. It was funny. This is uh, 2007 that happened. So. I never saw this. Did you see this gimmick? Yeah, she would come out and sing she had terribly. The, yeah, she had the headset on like Madonna or, or whoever, Prince, whoever you know, needs to use them. And she looked... <laughs> what a great rib, right? <laughs> she had the long, straight, blonde hair. She kind of looked yeah. like her. Yeah, yeah, she did kind of look like her. That's You're right. She did have long, like Madonna. Hair. She was blonde. No, like Brooke Hogan. And it's yeah, she was blonde, and it says here Jillian actually had her hair styled after Brooke Hogan, and she was given accented. It was yeah, and they, <laughs> perfect example is because you had the wrestling fans thinking, "Hey, is this a shot at Brooke Hogan?" Yeah. Which means like, "Hey, let's take a shot at Brooke Hogan," because the wrestling fans can easily identify with yeah. this gimmick. It says right. she <laughs> she had her hair done the same way, <laughs> and they gave her accented contact lenses to make her eyes the same unusual blue color that Brooks are. So it was oh, absolutely 100%. supposed to yeah. That Absolutely. Great. That's Absolutely. great. You got to see this when you get a chance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. They just made their own Brooke Hogan. Makes sense now. That's fucked up is what that is. Hell no. <laughs> what a rib on Hogan, man. And it was because Vince was upset with him and Triple H and Stephanie came up with it. <laughs> I can't not see her as Brooke Hogan. She looks just like her. I don't know how right. I never noticed that shit before. It's like a clone. And the way he made her sing. <laughs> you know you want me. That's so good. <laughs> don't ask me why I could do that so fucking accurate. I don't know. <laughs> you got to admit, Triple H and Stephanie are pretty good bookers. When you, If you were to go by the yeah. things that we've seen plus NXT, it's, so it's pretty good, isn't it? Like, I have very zero complaints about the stuff. Like, I guess I share the same humor. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Did she ever get to be champ or anything? I barely remember. I think she did for, like, a cup of coffee. It was, like, brief. Like, it came out of left field, but then it ended just as fast. See, and that's what I miss about the old WWE Network. You could write something like the NWO or just Jillian Hall, and it would bring you every clip in order from the beginning of their tenure to the end, and it would just be the clips of that per- We could have seen her run, and we'd be hearing in commentary because they're probably throwing, like, little ribs in there that would let you clue you in that this was Brooke, and we didn't know, like, you know, that Cynthia Comtwat-style shit where it's like it'll go over your head if you don't know the joke. <laughs> you know, and in the meantime, it's Brooke Hogan shit. I guarantee you, now that we know, man. That is great. I, I feel so ripped off that I missed experiencing it knowing. You know what I mean? Like, I would have loved that character way more. 
Like, you know, I would have re- appreciated all of that shit, you know? <laughs> like, looking back now, I just know it would have been a lot more fun every single time that happened. Oh, man. All right, well, we have well, we have a lot of stories. I don't have many stories here. We did the GoFundMe, when I made fun of Go Corbin fund me. Um, we talked about the vaccinations. I'm just going through the program here. Baron Corbin's actual net worth was revealed. According to Players Bios, uh, his annual salary is $285,000 and his net worth is $2 million. Shit. So, yeah, that storyline, unfortunately, makes less and less sense if you're on here, I guess. You know, it's fun until you think about it. It's like watching an episode of the Peanut Gang. This is only your suspension of disbelief within this, <laughs> you know, because if you actually would have put any thought or research into it, it, w- it wouldn't work, I guess, huh? Yeah. <laughs> At this point, we're just in this angle for the laughs. Like, we're just having fun. This motherfucker's net worth is two million. He, he's, he will be okay, you know, but in the storyline, he ran out of all his money, you know, so good. I saw somebody point out that the fact that he's letting his hair grow out is actually really helping the gimmick, which he's right. Yeah, he still has his job, right? How did yeah, the losing of the looks scruffy. How did the losing of the crown make him get the bad finances? I thought Stasis pointed that out too. She was like, Wait a minute, but you're here. He's you're on live TV. He has a job for that alone, right? Coming to that SmackDown should be alone good enough. Corbin fund me. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many people before he the angle was even well, before the fucking smackdown was even over we're like we gotta donate to court wait a minute what happened how many people that were in the deep south were like serves you off for always being a bastard <laughs> now nah, motherfucker got what was coming in they don't care you know even if they think that it's a shoot for beating my boy kurt angler for wrestlemania that's god punishing you even if, even if they think it's a shoot they hate him anyway right <laughs> God punish you for beating Kurt Angle, really, you stupid bitch! Like, do, are they, do we still have those? I don't know. Like at this point, do they, is there even people like that that exist? I think that this oh, might be. Out there. I, I, trust I, I, me. Trust me. I'm starting to I have the suspicion that the wrestling world at this point in 2021 might just be people like us. Like there might not actually be like an audience in there of people like that. It might just be a bunch of uses everywhere. Everybody knows. Everybody's in on it. And that's just it. What Cornette hates, it's the future that he tried to prevent. Everybody knows. All the fans, everybody, there's very few. There's not like, even though you know it's funny. That's it. That's the reality of what the business has become. Everybody knows everything now. You know what? Two girls that were on this show both didn't know that it was a work. Did you know that? You fucking kidding me? No, I wasn't. I fucking lying me. So, yeah, two girls that we had on here didn't know originally when they were fans that this was a work wow so Dang. uh mm-hmm. well i mean we could use names what does it fucking matter at this point so like uh roxy didn't know when she not but like when we, by the time we knew her she knew but she she i think she said on here that there was a point where she didn't know wrestling was a work where she was a fan and jen didn't know when she was on here in the early episodes don't laugh <laughs> Yeah, that laugh was awesome. What do you think she meant when? What do you think she she meant when she said that I that that we woke her up from the Matrix? And there are other people. I won't go into too many of them, but there are people who didn't who have not known that wrestling was a that the was a shoot. 
I'm saying now 2021. Keep in mind, the show's from fucking 2014. The world changes a lot in seven years or however long or in six years or well, seven years. But, you know, that being said, I feel like in 2021 specifically, like sure, in 2014, you might have people who can get you can work marks and shit but i think in 2021 with the internet and the prominence of it there's more exposure i don't think anyone thinks that this is a a, a shoot anymore that, <laughs> he said it's still real to me damn it that fucking guy oh my god <laughs> i wonder how many times in that man's daily life he just has to do that for people i mean even i thought that you can kill animals remember like, as a kid, I thought that Jake just could kill a snake, but he couldn't hurt people. Like, it's fake, but they're allowed to take the snake out there and murder it for the gimmick. Right. So it's like I was on the right track. I knew wrestling was a work, but I just thought that they were, were fucking evil, I guess. I was like, yeah, you know, this is fake, but they brought that real snake out here to kill him for the storyline. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I remember the exact moment I realized it was a work. And it's so funny because it was, I think, my first or my second SmackDown. It was whichever one when... He was it was it was when he was feuding with uh Taker was feuding with Orton, and they brought out the retirement check, and I knew it was gonna blow up. So in my head, I was like, okay, I've seen the lightning on TV. I'm gonna look for the lightning, and I never saw it, but I saw the check explode, and I was like, these motherfuckers! Like, <laughs> no, I I literally it, it goes was to show crazy how crazy from that point. <laughs> Yeah, but with me, it literally shows how insensitive I am to the existence of animals. Whenever an animal gimmick happened, I would just took for granted that for the storyline, they would just kill said animal. <laughs> you know, Davey needs to be killed in order for this feud with Jake and Earthquake to keep going. So we're going to have Earthquake give him the top rope splash, kill the snake, and then the pay-per-view, he's going to get him back. <laughs> like, I literally, so it's kind of like I knew wrestling was a work. I just thought humanity was a lot more cruel <laughs> when you really look at it. So... I don't get this as a kid. Obviously, I know we don't just kill animals whenever we need to. Thank God we have the technology to uh, create the art of film. <clears throat> How tragic would that be? All I'm saying is you want to see some shit, you look up a film, no, it's Cannibal Holocaust. The technology is not always there. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. It's right. one of those movies you see it just to say you've seen it and then you never watch it again. Exactly. So, what is this new LAX that's in MLW? There's a new one in MLW. Wow. According to Fightful, they said Conan, Danny Limelight, and Slice Boogie. Ooh. I know Conan. Who the fuck I've, is Danny Limelight I've and Slice Boogie? Danny Limelight. I've heard that name a few times, but I don't know who Slice Boogie is. So apparently they came out as the new LAX and MLW. LAX used to be Santana and Ortiz, which is they couldn't be before LAX. That, before that was Homicide Hernandez. Right. It was Homicide and Hernandez with Conan. And uh, then it became Santana and Ortiz, which it took me a while to warm up to. I remember you were you were high on them in Impact. And I remember I used to come on here and yeah. jokingly be like, that is not LAX. Like I was like, because for me, it was just like they were like too young for it. I was like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Which, in hindsight, I, I get. I should have even trusted that these guys would pick good predecessors and shit, you know? Like, their predecessors would pick good... good. I uh, mean, Impact even went as far as to do a feud where, basically, they feuded with uh, Homicide and Hernandez. And it almost felt like a passing of that LAX torch. Yeah, yeah. Which was... which. That's very cool that that kind of stuff happened. So, I like Santana and Ortiz, but when they went to AEW, they weren't able to use that name, which is why they became proud and powerful, right? 
Yeah, that's the reason they had to be PNP. Which really, at this point, everyone just considers them the inner circle. So now we got Conan, Danny, Limelight, and Slice Boogie and MLW. But the thing is, MLW is doing LAX, but Impact owns the intellectual properties of the name LAX. But FIFO Select is reporting that Conan was able to take the name LAX to MLW after asking Impact for permission because um, out of respect for them. And that basically they seemed okay with it and that the office is said to be really easy to work with in that regard. And that's pretty much it. So these guys are the new LAX. And I don't know shit about them. Let me see what the hell we're looking at here. It's like, I don't expect this video is going to show too much. I mean, I see Conan. Oh, that guy is small. Gentlemen, you have some shoes to fill. Do you remember when TNA did a bootleg LAX? Oh yeah, it was yeah. It, I remember it because it was when Hernandez broke off on his own. He had uh, it was like Mexican America. Mexican America, and it was him and yeah. some other small guy named Anarchia. It, 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 it was, was Hernandez, him, a guy by the name of Anarchia who looked like Greater Value Chavo. Um, <laughs> and then it was it was her, uh, Sarita and Zelina Vega. Yeah, Sarita, who I know better as uh, Dark Angel, and uh, Zelina Vega, who at the time was Rosita. It was a good, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't too high on the Anarchia guy. I did like, I've always liked Hernandez. And don't look her up as Sarita. Look up Dark Angel on YouTube. Because when she was in Lucha Libre, she was Dark Angel, and she was a bad bitch. And uh, then they kind of watered down the TNA version of Sarita wasn't as good. But uh, yeah. I, that was a was Mexican America. Remember that with, with fucking Dark Angel, Rosita, Hernandez, and Anarchia. Like that was good shit. Good shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Let me. Uh, yeah. I mean, they run in the music, carry the name. Like, I hope Conan expressed to them just how much they're gonna have to live up to those three letters. Because LAX is one of those teams, when you think of tag teams and TNA, that's like the one of the first three that's going to pop in your head. Mm-hmm. All right, just pulled up the chat. That's how reckless and shitty I am. Um, Quest Thompson in the, the Facebook. I got to remember to go in there. Um, what did he say? Gentrified LAX? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so hard. Oh, 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 because okay. it had it had Sarita and uh, I see what he's saying. I get you now. I see. Oh. <laughs> I totally get you now. How do I link you into that chat room? Because that's the thing. I never put you in that damn chat room. And it's because I don't know how. You know, I've never thought about it before. But can I give you a link? Like if I put give you a link on Facebook, will you wind up in there? I think it's possible. You probably have to like DM the link, maybe. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm always looking. I always turn away from the other monitor and I don't see the Facebook chat room. And it is there. And that's happened to me during games and shit too with the YouTube one as well as the Facebook. It's kind of like, all right, man, why don't you buckle down and get the damn chat working already? Like, we've been doing this for how many years? Let me know if that link drops you in there. And if it doesn't, I'll do a different one. You might be able to click the one that I tagged you on, now that I think about it. Uh, And that comment section would be the chat room. The one that I tagged you on on both platforms. Let me see. I could link you there in the box, too. 
But yeah, that way you could look in case I don't get to see. But yeah, Quest Tom. So. Yeah. Yeah, don't click the first one. Click that. That second one might be uh, the comment section there if you can bring it up somehow. But yeah, what's up, Quest? How you doing? What's cracking? But uh, yeah, man. I don't know. There's too many MLWs for my liking at this point. Oh. I mean, not MLWs, LAXs. Yeah, well, the funny thing about it is um, this would actually only be the... Yeah, this would actually only be the third variation. Yeah, there shouldn't be three. There shouldn't have been... Because it seems like... It seems like, at least in theory, this is kind of my theory really kind of developed when Santana Ortiz became the new LAX. It's, I guess, with Homicide and Hernandez getting older, they can't necessarily carry that banner. So it's like you have to find people to replace them, but still keep them, still keep the name with it, I guess. And with Santana and Ortiz and AEW now, there's nobody, I guess, to fly that LAX flag. Yeah, but who the hell are those guys? Apparently, two uh, two of the name, two of the big names from um, MLW. I guess I, I actually got I gotta start watching them when they get that TV deal because I need to try to get familiar with some of the people there. Are you gonna actually start watching that? Junior came out of there. I know there's a few people that came from there. I kind of feel like anybody who deserves to wind up when the stuff that we watch. Yeah, I think know? they get there eventually. Yeah, like are you actually gonna watch another brand? You'd be surprised. Huh? I guess I would be because I my plate is full. Okay. I can make room for shit. You you can go ahead and help yourself. To, I'm, there's no fucking way I would watch MLW on top of everything. They'd have to have amazing. I don't know what they would even have to do. I'm just saying. They. I'm just saying. Raw fuck around on SummerSlam, and I don't know what's gonna happen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, they were fifty fifty tonight. We'll be getting to that shortly. As a matter of fact, uh, let me just look and see if there's anything forty sixty to me at a certain point. But yeah, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh god. But yeah, so, I mean. Whoever these two guys are, hopefully they can uh, fly that flag and represent. Absolutely. So, uh, apparently WWE has changed uh, Talking Smack. Yeah, I know Paul Heyman's not on there anymore, which is fucking stupid. Yeah, no, Paul Heyman's not on there anymore. Instead, there's uh, Matt Camp and Kevin Patrick. Who the fuck are they? I don't fucking know. See, yep, yep, they killed it. It's dead. Like, how the hell do you just, like, are you kidding me? I don't even understand. Like, we don't even know who that is. I don't know how to react. Smack officially doesn't exist again. All right, cool. So there they are. I think, is that the screen? Is that them? I don't know who the fuck those guys are. Isn't that so weird to have a show? (laughs) Like, whatever. Just We just have whoever. One, One looks like a failed NFL commentator. The other one looks like he just came back from the bar. Take your pick on which one you think i'm talking about what the fuck so we're gonna hear two random dudes that we know nothing about talking to wrestlers that's just strange right yeah, they had people there it's paul Heyman. okay like they had people there though how many times did we play clips of paul Heyman shooting with people on talking smack and sometimes wouldn't play anything else nobody wants to hear random jim and generic ted talk about shit they probably know nothing about they couldn't have picked like just more regular looking guys. Like Paul Heyman and Kayla were perfect for that. They keep breaking that show every time we have some good. They, they have Renee at one we point. Fucking no. Like remember when the Renee version that we had? Like how come they keep breaking it? Like just leave that. You don't need to because pay attention you know, to shit that's not just broken. Like everything else, just like everything else, they keep touching shit. It's weird because from a production standpoint, whenever we do something and it's just set in place, I get happy. I'm like, yep, I'll never have to do that again. That's there. It's good. We're going on to other shit. Like, it's like we keep going back to things. Like, what do you leave that alone? It's fine the way it is. You don't need to keep going to that thing. 
Holy shit, the manpower that's invested in just keeping shit running there works. Oh, boy. I, I well, Is that on Peacock, too, or I don't even know what that's on? It's on whatever. It's on something. I don't know. I swear to God, like, like, like the dumb shit that, that this company does, like I'm just numb at this point almost. Like, it's weird how the storyline says Smack Talk and Smack gets a big shake-up. Is it a, is it a shake-up when I don't know either guy, though? <laughs> yeah, you shook the notoriety out of this show. That was a big fucking shake-up. Oh, it's free on the website. You know, oh, it says enough. they need to pay so, me to watch that shit. So Kayla's still gonna be long. there. Kayla's still gonna be there with them. So there'll be three of them. But then you take out Paul. No offense to Kayla, you took the best part of the show out. No, is it Frida? Because he says I made my talking smack debut alongside whoever and Kayla Braxton handling interviews at the Toyota Center. And uh, he says, as you can see, I was thoroughly amazed by the WWE Global Headquarters. This show is available now on Peacock in the U.S. and the WWE Network everywhere else. So it is a network exclusive. Kayla and Paul was fine. I don't know what the hell they just needed to they put random fantastic. people in there for. Yeah. Absolute waste. Like, who are those guys? Nobody knows. Nobody will even, ever care. I feel like The Rock. Like, you, you, who are you, you little jabroni? You come on here, you don't even introduce yourself? <laughs> like, what is that? What else do we got? We got, uh, oh, we got Tessa Blanchard training with Izzy. Do you see this? Yeah, I did catch a little glimpse of this. Well, that's pretty cool. I guess that's what she was trying to do was that. How old is she now? Oh, my God. I think this is a teenager, I want to say. She, yeah. She's getting up there. That kid's growing up. Yeah, I forget her age. It's funny, like, she's literally, it, it's, we talk about it all the time, she's literally the most famous kid in all, especially all of NXT. But it's starting to become just the wrestling world in general because she's always at NXTs. She's always at AEWs. Like, she is all over the place. Well, that's cool. You know, and hopefully she, uh, I mean, that's a cool origin story, right? Right. Her and freaking Brody, like those two are gonna take the whole rest of the world over. You know, we can trace that Matt, that origin story all the way back to her roots as a Bailey fan, right? You know, and that makes it extra special, you know. Because I remember seeing. The funny thing is, I can't remember where it was. It might even have been the Stone Cold podcast. Bailey actually talks about how people started to get to know Izzy, and it's because she always would sit in the same place. Yeah, so I every noticed time her looking this one spot in the crowd. She was always there. I noticed her way before uh, they made that angle, which is why it was so shocking when that happened. I was like, oh, shit. Like, went the Sasha thing? It's <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, that, 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 that's exactly why Sasha did it, because Sasha thought, wait, is he there? Let me do this. It I wasn't was good, even like man. a pre-planned thing. Like, that's honestly one of the reasons why to this day I love NXT, you know? Like, NXT uh, has such memorable stuff. They, they do such good building of characters, you know? Exactly. Like, that's really become, like, one of my favorite things. And that's not changing anytime soon. So what else? Any more on the program that you could think of or I could think of? Um, I mean, I guess it kind of relates to part of NXT, but there is a new member of the Prego Club. Of the what? The Prego Club. Who? Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke's pregnant, really? 
Yeah, I saw. Um, I, I heard that she got engaged. I didn't hear or that she or something. I didn't hear that she yeah, got. Yeah, she got engaged too. She got engaged before she got pregnant. I saw the engagement story. She's pregnant yeah, too. I, I I passed by uh something earlier today that was mentioned the fact that um she announced her pregnancy. I think it was on Snapchat. I believe. Damn, dude, I'm pretty sure they were gonna push that team and give them tag team titles at some point. Oh, you know what the funny thing about it is? Apparently, they weren't. They were literally just gonna lose the night. <laughs> And the whole thing was they were supposed to break up, and then Mandy was gonna go where Mandy wanted him going. Really, this was planned. So they just this shot. Shit? They, they they just shot the angle forward. This was planned. Yes, I don't know why, but yes, they willingly wasted our time, Rick. That is really that's something else. Can I count them out yet? <laughs> well, well, I guess I'm glad it worked out for everybody. Then you know. They all got sure what they am. they all got what they had planned, except for the people who watched it. They the ones who got fucked in the end. You know, everybody else had pretty much went according to plan. Right. That's like that. That's the equivocal to like going like. Let's just say you just went to like a a band show somewhere. You didn't necessarily pay for it, but you just sat at a band show and you saw like a band setting up. You just figured, let me just sit here. May as well just see what they do. And then they go, a one, a two, a one, a two, a three, and they just all walk off. <laughs> And it's kind of like you have, you're mad, but you don't have a right to be. They never fucking promised you anything, but but like still, <laughs> like there really was nothing. <laughs> good one. I'm almost I'm almost happy it happened that way. To me, that's actually good booking because I felt like in a way the swerve is that because I had no idea. I was completely confused. I was rewinding Dana Brooke segments on fucking uh, uh, Amanda, uh, on I'm sorry Mandy Rose segments on NXT. Like why why is that? Did I miss? Is there a fucking missing episode or something? Right. No, we just write whatever. And, and those part of Jesus, it's the SmackDown Women's Division that needs beef and Raw's fine. <laughs> Raw actually got qualifying matches for money in the bank this year. Wow, man. Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, what's this guy's name here? Um, Big Damo? Big Damo? Yeah, that is uh, Killian Dane, Nikki Cross, Nikki Cross's husband. Oh, Killian Dane, okay, because he was the, he did an interview. Yeah, but he yeah, was, Big Damo was who he was on the Indies. Yeah, he did an interview where he was quoted saying that NXT was very relaxed, but when he first started, it was the opposite. Not necessarily right at the top, but it took Shawn Michaels becoming more involved when he started taking classes and working with them, and he started watching all of their indie stuff, which is one of the weirdest things, because he'd send him indie matches, and then Shawn would be like, this is awesome, why aren't you doing this? And he would be like, well, they want me to be a stoic heel, so I can't really come off the top rope very often or dive then suddenly when they started becoming tweeners into faces he was allowed to dive and he was allowed to do more and it's not that they were specifically against him doing those things but it was like if he's diving and he's doing cool stuff off the top rope then what is the baby face going to do to make that better and uh so at first he understood why they didn't want him to, to they wanted him to be a bit more plotting and a bit more generic big guy but as they became the tweeners then the babies the gloves came off and he was able to start putting more stuff in and it was good because then he started coming up against aop and lars and stuff and uh who are as big as him if not bigger so the character then has to come up with ways to beat those guys or hurt those people and against lars they had the four-way dance where he managed to do this big mad dash off the stage through a table and he did the dive on him and stuff like that so they were able to showcase a little bit more and that's one of the matches where that he really actually um enjoyed because it was a four-way and the two of him, the two of them were Johnny Gargano and Aleister Black. And it's one of the ones we completely forgot about until the other day when someone was telling him and sent him the link. And he was like, oh, yeah, that was fun. 
And uh, so he was basically talked a little bit about how Shawn Michaels was the influence behind like just the spots and the way that the the company um, changed. You know, and he talked a little bit about how they went to the Royal Rumble show, and he can't even remember why, but he got up, he got up, and then moved. He wound up getting moved three months later, so it was kind of like a limbo. And then they went back and finished the feud with the Undisputed Era. And then he said that there was a six-month period that was incredible. Maybe it was eight months or nine months, whatever it was, but it was an incredible run for them because um, he was heel, tween, or babyface all within a short time. And then the gloves came off when they were working with Sean at the time. And there was a lot more trust from the office that they could do those kind of things. And there was definitely a period there where anything goes and that they were going to be dialing it a, a little bit on. Um, and they had to go forward from what they heard. So, uh, yeah, he said working with Sean um, on stuff like that um, was outrageous anyway. But but for him trusting them and watching their indie stuff, he thinks that it was him who said, why hadn't they done the coast to coast? And he was like, it's pretty sore, very stiff ring stuff. Uh, And he says he only ever did it twice on TV. And the second time they completely missed it, which is one of the most bizarre parts for such a slick operation. Um, yeah, I did remember that he did something like that and the truck just wasn't looking at it, you know, but, uh, yeah, he talks about that, which I, I, you could see the influence of Shawn Michaels, um, and Triple H in the fact that the show is really good. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. So good to them for that, which by the way, thanks to the Olympics, which I didn't even know was going on. That shit must have terrible ratings. I heard Rhonda said something like, um, about that, but yeah, like apparently NXT for the next couple of weeks, they're going to be doing back-to-back tapings because they're going to have the Olympics July 27th and August 3rd. Um, Yo, that Tuesday and Wednesday block must suck ass. Well, July 27th will be live. So here's the deal. July 27th will be live, but at the July 27th when it's over, they will be taping the August 3rd and July 28th. Oh, I'm sorry, they'll be taping August 3rd on July 28th. So the following day, they'll be doing the August 3rd episode. So they're going to do two days of tapings because of the Summer Olympics. It's not going to affect Raw or anything else, just that. So that's the reason why. So it won't be, it'll be live this week, but then it'll be taped the following week. I don't know if there'll be spoilers or not. Well, I mean, hey, the other end this year, guys, on Raw now, so I don't know we had to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, what else? Because I think it's time to get to the weeklies pretty soon. Getting about that down. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley thing. Where we were just saying, like, at least just give us Brock Lesnar, for God's sakes. Like, (laughs) this isn't that story. (sighs) I know what you're thinking, but this isn't that story. We're just talking about Brock Lesnar or Bobby Lashley. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. That is the wrong thing. We want to get an image up. Patient. There you go. So apparently, the idea, according to Melser, is that the Les- the Lesnar match was talked about a lot, but constantly denied. And it's because Lesnar wasn't going to be coming back for a number of shows, so he'd have to lose. And then basically, the people that are in Roman Reigns' camp see Reigns versus Lesnar with Paul Heyman history as like a big program that they could do in the future. You know what I mean? Like they're saying like in the future there could be a storyline where Brock Lesnar comes back and now Paul Heyman is with Roman Reigns, which would be a storyline that they want to do. And uh they I guess they're saving Brock Lesnar for that. And they don't want they don't want that program to be weakened by Lesnar doing a job or, or like a DQ no contest against Bobby Lashley. 
And basically, Meltzer sees it as a 1985, that will be how it is. But today, he sees it as a Lesnar loss to Lashley this year, hurting a 2023 program with Reigns versus Lesnar in the future. So, this is why they're not doing that. Doesn't explain why they do other things. You know, yeah, because if I'm looking at it from that logic, there is even more reason for the for a certain part of Raw to not happen. But I'll get to that later. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't believe it until I saw it. I don't know. I saw it. Y- y- y'all, y'all know damn well at this point. I have a pretty good knack at predicting their bullshit <laughs> because I don't put it past them anymore. Well, their bullshit was predicted. Now, that being said, uh, speaking of Brock Lesnar, there's apparently this video here, the, the bearded butchers, where I guess we get to see his new look everybody's going crazy about. Love you, yeah. Thanks a lot for the interview. looks the same. Oh, I see. He has a ponytail. Is that the look that everybody's talking about? Yeah, everybody's flipping out because it's the longest I think we've ever seen his hair. Did they think he couldn't grow hair? I, I I mean, but considering the fact that when he was in his UFC run, I saw him with like a full blown mountain beard. It what did didn't surprise me. It's just I just never seen it, so I was like, oh, that's different. So he has hair. So what? Let me bring it up. Let me get get that. You remember people lost their minds when Edge got inducted in the Hall of Fame. He cut all his off, so they get used to a certain thing after a while. They think that's just you. All right, so we get the same way hair. Well, what the hell is this? Some sort of a butcher shop situation? What the fuck are we watching? What the fuck is this? I'm not even sure. I guess they're in a butcher shop? Clearly they are, but what is what? What? What's happening? I I had big forearms until I met Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I've got nothing on him. I haven't cut my hair in decades. My hair's longer than any of these guys. I'm still. <laughs> Okay, this clip's over. How about that? The fuck fucking, am I watching? Fucking Q's Thompson in the chat. Q, you ain't shit. This man said, we've seen Brock with long hair. His daughter. Damn. <laughs> getting you in that Facebook you might <laughs> getting you in that Facebook might have in hindsight not been the best idea. Now we get Lesnar Heat. <laughs> oh Yo, if Brock's out they're listening to understand. Q's, he going to Suplex City, not me. I ain't seen Ah, oh, strange. Yo, I went back and listened to that shit the other day when we talked about fucking Mario Lesnar. And it was like, yo, what in the fuck? I, I barely even remember that one. I just, it was so funny because we couldn't get past the fact that she looked just like her dad. Incredible. Because I remember that. I remember that was the time when we talked about when she won the NCAA title and then she liked that post like a day or two later. And we were like, holy shit, Myla's don't like stopwatch. Okay. Floyd Mayweather. Wow. <sighs> Y'all want to take a pee break now? Y'all go ahead. No, he, he, wow. He gave this Conor McGregor toy. He has this Conor McGregor toy. That's fucked up. You seen this thing? I, I don't think I have. Oh, God. Wait, I think, wait, now that I think about it. Oh, if it's the one I think it is. Oh, oh that sucks. Isn't that just tasteless, even though I want one? Right, you can't, you can't do right. You can put it next to the Uso doll with the fucking crutch. Yeah. So Mayweather tweeted out, Parents, please get your children an early Christmas gift and remember to tell them this. 
Fuck if your leg is broke. Bitch, hop up on your good foot. Hard work. Hard work. Bitch, hop up on your good foot. Bitch, hop. I've never heard that before. What's exactly a bitch hop? Like, what's the mannerism of a bitch hop? That motherfucker said, bitch, hop up on your good foot. There's so much Connor merchandising ever since he lost a leg. You notice that? Boys, those fucking Anderson Silver and Chris Wybin's merch, you fuckers. It does come with two different heads. That's great. The one that's like in agony and then the one that's like normal. Oh, my God. One's proper number number 12 head. (laughs) The other one's proper number 11 and three quarters. Yeah, right. No no one's proper ass whipping. And they memed the shit out of him after that fight was over. Like, I saw one where I don't know how this person did it, but they fucking cropped like a red dress over Connor. And it was like that one drunk white girl at the club. And I was like, what the fuck? You can't do shit on the internet no more. They just fuck your shit up. Mm-hmm. They sure do. So I think our final story before we do weeklies is about WWE's mandatory training. Because apparently AKA there are... the reason we don't have Bailey for nine months. The injury box. Apparently there was a veteran wrestler that was quoted as saying that they wrestled for 15 years and that if you're in shape enough to do TV and pay-per-view matches that you don't you need zero conditioning or preparation to go back on the road and do live events and that their entire career they never did a single ring drill for conditioning they did cardio at the gym sure but never additional ring time and that the only time they did ring drills for conditioning was when they took post retirement bookings and had to have a big match for the first time in a year or so but that's because they hadn't had a match in a year and was going to have to do 30 minutes at a top level and when they went from working one match a week to locally to do seven nights a week they did zero drills to prepare the only thing harder about seven nights a week to once a week is is the wear and tear on your body so doing more wear and tear with drills to prepare only makes it worse not better you call bullshit on what and catch what spartan called bullshit on He's talking about the whole mandatory training thing. Oh yeah, you're, yeah. Well, that that is silly. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, that whoever this particular person is, it makes perfect sense. Like, if you're on the road all the time, you don't need training to get in shape. You're already there. And it was like I said before, Bailey had been running hot for over a year. What training does she need? There's a reason they call it being in ring shape. You know. Yeah, like we're gonna when Cena comes back, Cena might need a little bit of training. That's just because Cena has because you have to that's getting the muscle memory back. Or he probably already got it. Rolling again. Yeah, he probably already got it back. Same thing with like Edge and Daniel Bryan. You gotta roll around a little bit to kind of get your body reused to everything. But that's Edge and Edge. That's Edge was gone for almost a decade. Daniel Bryan who was gone for four years. Not Bailey who was running a freaking show for a year. Yeah, I can't argue with you there. And then, as usual, that same bullshit they always do where some of the top people are exempt. If you're going to have mandatory training, it's mandatory for everybody. That means I need to see everybody from fucking Mandy Rose to Roman Reigns and the bitch. Yeah, well, it's been a crazy week. That's that's definitely, to say the least, and... uh imagine a week that doesn't end because that's essentially what you're giving people when you tell them to 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 be on the road seven days a week and then on the day you're off time you're training fucking days just run together why not just dangle them off the side of a mountain and punch them in the stomach like genkai did to yusuke right i mean i don't think he'd complain vince is crazy like that every time he punked out gronk for 
fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, I do actually. That was, that was, that was my favorite thing. That was my favorite part of WrestleMania weekend that year. Gronk's adventure. No, just not even Gronk's adventure. Just that moment where fucking Vince, where Vince pretty much called him out, like you're gonna be a bitch or you can be Gronk. Fucking Gronk had to do all fucking poses and shit to get himself ready. Vince just fucking jumped. I think that we're ready now, man, for the uh, the weeklies. Finally, I'm looking. I'm so happy to finally be here. Oh my god! To think you know. if this was a week ago, we would be loud like the second story. Yeah, right. See, so right now, if y'all weren't here last week, understand. First of all, shout out to the people in the chat room who hung out with us for six hours last week. Yeah, we will not be doing six hours this week. Some motherfuckers, some G's, but understand we ain't doing this shit again. Live, learn, lose. Where, what, what are we at right now? We're at 245. If, if it was ideal for me, I wouldn't do three, but we definitely ideally won't do four. Oh, God, no. no it won't happen tonight, guys. I, I want to leave. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we were starting with, uh, and you know what? I think we're going to, I didn't even get to finish it. I think we're going to have to do the best in the world in the impact. I, I caught, caught most of impact, and I know it sucks because they actually did a really good job, but we're going to have to push yeah, the impact. Really we, to, yeah, uh, we, we, we can do best in the world in Slammer. We can, well, in fact, what I'm suggesting, we do kind of like we did when we were behind. We can kick off next week with best in the world in Slammiversary. Yeah, with Slammiversary, it was weird because I happened to catch the main event because that was during the point where I was watching the the IPTV. I was testing it, and I just flipped in, and I watched the entire main event. And then today, throughout the day, I caught the first, like, hour and a half. So there's literally, like, a little space in the middle that I don't know about. Yeah. But I but I know the main event and the ending and the running and all of that, you know. So, But yeah. like I said, we can uh, cover that next week. All right, so we're going to go into uh, NXT. Give me a minute to bring it up. So that I have it in our uh, screen. Okay. So this NXT. Yeah, this NXT starts with Amber Moon against Dakota Kai being accompanied by Raquel Gonzalez. And uh, what was the finish to this again? This was a. I don't remember. Kai going over with the GTK. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right there. Uh, good look. I did like Kai's pump kick during this. I thought that looked really solid. Yeah, her kicks are always look really good. Like it looks like she really kicks your brains in here. Let's bring that up on the screen. over the NXT Women's Tag. Brutal, right? Shit. Yeah. Also, uh, that Amber takes that top that that tope bump. She always takes that brutal. I think that might be the bump that she fucked up her arm with. As a matter of fact. Which is why it surprises yeah, me that um, she's willing to do that. When she did that suicide dive, it's because she not only did she come in too hot, which she's gotten, she didn't aim well enough, which she's gotten better at, but also she was way too close to the freaking barricades. And look at how Kai hit the back of her head coming down like that. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, not good at all. Not good at all. Ember's a really good seller, though. I'll give her credit for that. I noticed that she's able to take a lot of bumps and a lot of selling really, really well. Well, that girl sells her ass off. Yeah, like she's really, really cool with that. What else happened? We had Butler Grimes. You like Butler Grimes? No? (laughs) I mean, he's doing more with this than I thought he would. And leave it to freaking Butler Grimes to be able to pull that off. Yeah, I guess. I just didn't want him to be a butler. But it's just funny that it doesn't seem to be working. They're going to have to keep writing creative ways for it to not work out. You know, it's just so funny. Like, what was he doing? He was um supposed to be cleaning uh, L.A. Knight's pool, and then he paid somebody else to do it. To the pool. 
That shit killed me. You know, I wasn't thinking the gloves were a good choice, but I look great. <laughs> you look good. You look like a damn penguin. You look like a butler is what you look like. It's time to get some work done. Come on. <laughs> I think you're just mad because I look so good. Come on. Oh, hey, here I come to work. <laughs> yeah, that, that was ridiculous. See, I didn't expect that. I think that the fact that they're finding ways for him to still just kind of fuck with Ellie and I at the same time it makes it work out mm. like I really expected I was like wow he's just gonna just be pissed off the whole time it's like no he, he's fucking with him still at least he kept so, okay, all his money like, okay if, if I'm gonna be your butler you're gonna hate me the whole time yeah like I said before at least he kept his money right. you he's know a rich butler <laughs> rich butler like, yeah. think about that shit like, he, he paid somebody else to do the butler's job Mm-hmm. We had a singles match of Bobby Fish against Tyler Rush Rust. I'm sorry, with with Hackyman and Malcolm Vivens and Roderick Strong. Um, obviously, we have the history here with Roderick there, which is what this entire thing was set up to uh to really have. What were your thoughts on this? The second I heard this match announced, I was just like, "Oh, this is going to be intriguing because we." It's the first time we've seen Fish since he came back. It's only a handful of times we've seen Roderick since he's joined up with the Diamond Mine. And it's the first time we're seeing these two in the same place at the same time. So I was curious on how the interaction was going to be because there's not that same unit hatred we saw with uh, Cole and O'Reilly. Fish didn't care who was going to get some. Roderick Strong, though, looking right in the eyes of Bobby Fish. Shoots the half into the cover and the diamond mine again picks up the win. So I bury Bobby, huh? Yeah. It seems like this is definitely starting. I mean, they're going to start something between him and Roderick, though. But it was. I wondered how that interaction was going to be. But it seems like Roderick's now just treating him like another body. So. Yeah. Literally, they, did, they didn't do too much with it, right? Like, they want to really just separate them from that. Yeah, it seems like it's probably going to develop over time, but like, yeah, the initial contact wasn't really too much. What but a shame! I mean, that, they did. It was a fact that like Strong was specifically the one to distract him. What a shame that the undisputed era as a stable only had a cup of coffee on the main roster. They could have been huge, like the Shield. Yeah, but like, then again, we'll they probably would. It, it, <laughs> I, I think they almost got lucky the fact that they got broken up in NXT and not on the main roster. Yeah, but we'll never get those WrestleMania moments that we could have had with the undisputed era on the main roster. Yeah. Not everything suited for the main roster. That was. And it was proven. Because when they were up there, they were super over when they did the Survivor Series crossover. Yeah, unfortunate. Man. There was actually an interaction between Beth Phoenix and Indy. Did you see that? I did. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to bring that up this on the screen now. No, no, no. No question. All business, man. All business. Go, go. Move. Hey, I got to ask you. What's going on with Dexter? Well, nothing happened. He just put me down. He was a complete gentleman. I mean, I wanted something to happen, and I'm sure he did too, but we just lost the tag team titles and just wasn't the right time. Yeah. Can I give you a little bit of advice? Sometimes 
You just gotta take a chance. Yeah, look at that little motherly advice from the Glamazon. She said, you better get your man, girl. You ever seen the, uh, was it the second Conan movie? Where the, where the Amazon woman, that black Amazon woman, when, when, the, when the lady was asked, well, how do you get a man? She went, you take him. You grab him. <laughs> Remember that shit? You grab him. Now we got to find that clip. I was over here combing through my memories trying to think of what clip you might be going to. You take him. You grab him. I'm going to see if I can find the clip now. These people are like, this asshole stopping the coverage for that. It was Gracie Jones, wasn't it? Grace Jones? Grace Jones? Yeah. Okay, hold on. We got it. <laughs> oh, God. Before you play it, fucking Spartan Jesus. This man said, she's like, my man slept with his best friend's woman. Your guy is just a little crazy. Go for it. George, don't cool of the joke. Okay. No worries. I still have to set up the clip. Grace Jones, man. Maybe one day we could. I wonder if that's, that's on freaking. Uh, I wonder if this is on Prime because we can do a. Uh, Watch parties with a uh, prime. How do you attract a man? What I mean is, suppose you set your heart on somebody. What would you do to get him? Grab him and take him. You grab him and <laughs> and take him. <laughs> take him like that. Oh, man, we got to watch Conan. Got to watch good old Arnold's Conan, man. You know, grab him. It's so funny. It's funny you mentioned freaking Amazon Prime video because I swear to God, I really started actually like using that shit. Yo, the fucking movies I have found on there. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's some wild stuff, man. Like, I don't know if you ever heard of um, you've heard of the movie Quarantine, right? Yeah, of course. I've seen Quarantine. You've heard. Have you, have you uh, seen the movie that um, they actually um, that inspired it? I forgot the name, but yeah, I saw both of them. Uh, it's called Wreck. Yes, I saw Wreck, and I believe it's Wreck too. I watched all four of them the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched those. I oh, used to I be huge fans Rack. of those years ago. Aaron, if you, if you people have never seen Wreck, it's on Amazon Prime Video. It's so good. George, our our gilded and our Skype does that. We do that. We don't, we haven't done yeah, it like in a we haven't done it in a mass capacity. Like Seb and I are usually on those. Like like we watched uh like we did the whole Money in the Bank that way. Yeah, and, uh, we used to we used to get together during the week and just watch. Well, I think we watched almost all of you you Hawkins show. We watched all of Evangelion. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Seb, like for the last couple of usually it's on the weekend, but for the last couple of weekends it's just been Seb on the call. But yeah, no, we usually Gilded does it really well. We only tested it once on there, like as far as video sharing goes. But all of them are a lot easier than this. Like this is like the probably the most complex version but yeah we usually have some sort of things going on but we can do it with the whole community instead of like a private view we can do it with the whole community if it's prime video as long as the people in the chat also have prime video it's an it's an allowed thing you know we can actually do it on this chat room which would be cool uh what else did we have after bethan and you had a singles match of saray versus gg dolan which uh you guys know her better as priscilla kelly I knew it was coming. I heard you clicking. I knew it was coming. I <laughs> yeah, I was setting up my button over there. All right, let me just bring them back up because I got to get the uh, Conan off the screen. <laughs> right. 
that fucking drop kick of Serace. Yeah, Serace, Serace, no joke with that. Here we go. Here. I don't know what the hell they unleashed in fucking NXT. High impact. Whoa! Beautiful art from Serace. Oh! A forearm under the jaw didn't catch all of it, and now Serace answers right back with a drop kick. I don't think uh, Gigi Dolan's gonna like the view. That sucks. That suplex was rough too. The suplex. Hold on. Is a KO drop kick if ever I've seen one. Somehow, Gigi Dolan still moving. Up and down. What the fuck? <laughs> What the fuck did she do there, man? Dude. He folded her the heck up. What hell did she come from that hits right. people like that? Where the fuck did y'all find her? Don't go back, please. Every part of her <laughs> offense will really ruin you. You know, that drop kick and then hitting you with a suplex like that? You know, like, you know what her drop kick reminds me of? It reminds me of um Roosh's finisher. Roosh has that running corner dropkick. It's the snap of the dropkick. She doesn't just, like, float into it. She just sets up and just... <laughs> yeah, George said that's not her normal gear. Well, I have no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, though. Sure. I, I literally have none idea. But, yeah, this was this was good, though. You know, uh, also, Priscilla Kelly's solid. It's a shame that they basically just fed her. Um, there's some nice sequences in here, aside from the violence. I'm going to go back a little bit to before her execution before the deed of her <laughs> murder had taken place, you know? Saray as nice as she can be outside the ring, but Beth, when the bell rings, completely different individual inside the squared circle. Oh, yeah, Saray, I mean, so adept at her grappling style. She's just incredible with her reversals and speed. A petite five feet tall, but she is powerful. Right, take- talk about the uh, the grappling style there. What's really struck me about Saray so far has been her striking ability. I've been really impressed with that. Some real stank on those kicks. Right now, again, controlling the head is Saray. It's just funny to see her in the way there and say the word stank. Holding it tight, Gigi doing her best to break it. And whoa! And Saray able to evade, charging right back in, gets caught for a moment. Nice takedown, Saray turning things around, and another headlock takedown. That headlock takedown looked a little brutal, too. You see what I mean about them, though? Yeah, I thought it was a cool sequence, though. Very solid. Sparky is after that dropkick. You expect to hear the law and order. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> That was a fucking dun dun. <laughs> That's good. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yo, I used to keep that on our button board and I don't anymore. Remember when we, Bow, dun, dun. When we used to Oh, I do still keep it on the button board. There it is right there. Yeah, that, wait, that was the fucking Page and Del Rio drop. That was the Page and Del Rio drop back in the Holy day. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Remember that thing I mentioned earlier, people, about how, mem- how my memory is random as shit? There you go. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. 
those <laughs> days back within that that, that, that that fucking that came full circle oh, bitch. incredible we're from fucking playing that shit when we think something happened and we played that shit when we know somebody fucking died so then it gets weird because you know where I'm going with this I'm gonna bring it back up okay. on the screen now I want to ask you, Beth, about the nerves in Gigi Dolan tonight. Oh, my God. The nerves have to be huge. I mean, I can remember my experience, my very first singles match, my wait, heart beating fast. Wait, 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 wait. That? that is Mandy Rose. What is Mandy Rose doing here? Well, we have action back live in the ring. Saray and Dolan. And Gigi Dolan taken back by the, the presence of Mandy Rose, but has to focus. Why? You know, it's just you, so random you know, the way the they did it. The crowd did not react at all. Yeah, they probably know who the fuck that was. You know the reason, V? Because Mandy Rose is not known for anything she did in NXT because she barely did anything in NXT. Now, if that was a Sonya Deville, maybe. Because Sonya Deville was a beast fucking people up in NXT. But Mandy didn't do shit. No, no she really did not. They, they, <sighs> they tried to present it where it's like, oh my god, it's Mandy Rose. And the crowd was just like, oh, okay, it's Mandy. Back in the match. Mm-hmm. All right, we got Santos Escobar with Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza against Dexter Loomis with the finish being that interference that leads to the Phantom Driver. Pretty much an open and shut case here. The only thing that makes this a little unique is that you do get some creepy Loomis shit in here. Let me see if I can show you. Well, tonight, big things are going to happen for Raul Loomis raining down right hands off the field. What the Oh, he grabbed him from under the ring. Look how he looks when he comes out, though. That was even crazier. This isn't Halloween. This is what. Where do you think you're going? Yo. The timing of that and where it was on the screen for me. <laughs> you hit that shit as he came up. <laughs> Matt and Nick. <laughs> I don't know if anybody in AEW is out there listening, but if you could just give me that just one time, just 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 once, I'll be satisfied. <laughs> because the fucking best one is when they got fucking flipped <laughs> and they switched out the ref. Flip turned around. I think he saw Matt. And he goes, "Where?" I think that's the exact drop of that one. He goes, "Where do you think you're going?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, creepy Loomis! He winds up losing thanks to the Phantom Driver, and then you get Index. I actually shared this on social media. It, yo, your fucking description. <laughs> Fuck me up so badly. Oh, oh my god! This was this was priceless. I got it up now. Moments ago during the commercial break, I mean, Indy Hartwell, Beth, I mean, she took your chat earlier to heart. I mean, she took it to heart. I mean, I gotta give Indy credit. Check this out. Go get your man, girl. I mean, sparks are flying. You see this this ball right here. Well, the sparks almost turn into fireworks in the Capitol Wrestling Center. We almost had a magical moment transpire. Until she barrels over her. 
dudes that live, learn, Loomis. Oh, okay, you redeem yourself there, Joey. Index was about to happen. Look at you can see the heartbreaking Look, love is. I love this instant replay. What's love got to do with it? Cock blocking slow mo. Poor Loomis. Anyway, so now we get the NXT Breakout Tournament first round match of Ikeman Jiren, Jiro versus Duke Hudson, with the finish being Duke Hudson going over with the Boss Man Slam. I don't know what the hell he's calling it. It's not the Winds of Chain. It's not the Black Hole Slam. That is the Boss Man Slam. I've heard in some other places they call it like the Scrap Buster, but I don't know if it has a name yet. At least not for him. Yeah, this should just be the Boss Man Slam. They should let it be what it is, but whatever. So he gets an Ikemon Tarantula because he was trained by Tajiri and Grey Muda. There has been a lot of talk about Hudson in the performance center. Absolutely, Hudson excelling in the weight room. All the talent that is represented. NXT from Australia. He has huge shoes to fill. Bronson Oh, very good striker too, right? Right. Another right hand by Giro again. No tomorrow. You lose, you go home. This is a first round tournament matchup. And here's the setup for it. Same corner setup that you used to see. Of course, trained by Tajiri. And Tajiri, I'm sure, taught him a thing or two. Is now Giro trying to. Yeah, very good with the tarantula there. Miss seeing that. I always love seeing people do that move. Jake Hudson also really good striking from him. Right. Like these two guys are really good. You know, he's somebody who's like he has very convincing strikes. I like a good brawler. Compete with the size and power of Duke Hudson. Really impressive stuff on the big man. Oh, now Hudson just peppering Jiro with light lefts and rights. He did say he was just going to punch Jiro right in the face. And he sure as hell did. And uh, nice uh, top rope springboard moonsault by Jiro, of course, always. Get that up here. Instincts there from Duke Hudson. He knew he was going to rock and roll. Got out of the way. You cannot lose the match on the outside except for down out. Zero. All the way to the top of the first song. Wiping out Hudson. But did you see Zero grab his left hand? Yeah. Overall good. Good stuff, you know? Yeah. Good opening match. Mm-hmm. And then we had the tag team match of Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter against the Robert Stone brands, Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla, which uh, things never go good for the Robert Stone brand. You know, that's just a running thing. They're like the team rocket of this. But anyway. Robert Stone playing Breston off again. Yeah, here is your finish. Beautiful control in this matchup is all for women. Robert Stone managing to lose his shoe in the process there. A bit of a disaster for the Robert Stone brand. That backfired. Bodies flying everywhere. There's now Carter. Turns around under the jaw. Super kick on Aaliyah. Carter. Tag. Oh. Get your cameras ready. Aaliyah completely isolated in there. Two on one. Human highlight reel. Casey Cantero. 450 for the first. Yeah, good stuff. Very uh, variation of a mostly machine gun transfer instead of rather be a frog by a four fifty. Mm-hmm. Very innovative, very creative. Liked it a lot. And uh then afterwards they do that whole I guess Aaliyah it wasn't enough that she just breaks up with him, like she beats up Robert Stone. I thought that was a bit much, no? Yeah, that was a little too much. Like it was like, come on, like is that the way we end this angle? Let's see what 
guess that's the end of him. Kick the shit out of him. And then they, I guess they're, they're breaking up this little stable. I thought they were going to stay together. Yeah, that's a little uh, bit more than me see this thing, huh? Yeah, I heard Aaliyah got called up to Raw, even though I didn't see her on Raw. Yeah, basically they swapped Aaliyah and Mandy Rose. What do you mean they swapped Aaliyah and Mandy Rose? Basically, you know, the NXT traded her to Raw and got Mandy Rose. That's the, that's why Mandy Rose showed up. This was her first night back in NXT. This was Aaliyah's last night on NXT. That's such a weird trade. Yeah. And I'll throw another one at you I heard today. I don't know who she got traded for, but Naomi's on SmackDown now. Oh, they quietly moved home, maybe so she could be with her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't probably. know about that. Yeah, I've been hearing talk she might be joining uh, the bloodline. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Meanwhile, there was more Cameron Grime action in the pool. <laughs> Good job out there, kids. Stand up. Stand up. All right, Mr. Knight. Stand up. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't care how much money you have. When I ask you to do something, I want you to do it. Not a kid, not somebody else. Okay, misunderstanding. I got it. I got it figured out. Now, who's this? Oh, this is Noah. What's going on, Noah? Salon <laughs> is all finished, Mr. Grimes. Oh, thanks a lot, Noah. I know you'd take care of that for me. What we say? Was it two, three, four? It was 500, won't it? <laughs> I think it was zero, 100. We're not paying him anything. This kid was not invited here. I have a very strict no kids policy. I'm sorry. I appreciate you coming. Appreciate you doing the lawn. Great, wonderful job for you. But I'm going to need you to leave now, okay? Get. Oh! Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Let me, let me clean that up for you, Mr. Knight. Let me get kid. that for you. Let me get that kid. Oh. They have to do the old rich guy into the pool thing. Good Lord. A little stereotypical, but still amusing. This was fucking great. And uh, Bronson Reed and Kyle O'Reilly have a confrontation. Uh, yeah, Adam Cole. I mean, yeah, Adam Cole. Sorry. Late. Oh, it, it happens. My golden opportunity. So, bay, bay. Oh! <laughs> Cole and Reed and Bronson Reed. Drops looks there <laughs> Joe has like a Ronda Rousey level mean face <laughs> yeah there's definitely heat there and there's more of that Robert Stone brand shit with Mandy Rose right it comes up yeah I think right after the freaking Joe part Let's just say you're not going to have to worry about her anymore. <clears throat> looks like the brand is under new management. <laughs> See, like, what the hell does that even mean? You know? Nobody knows. And now Robert Stone is part of the tire brand? I don't even, I don't even fucking know anymore. <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? It's just weird. All right. Well, finally, we get the WWE title match with special guest referee Samoa Joe. You disrespect him, sir. This is the NXT championship. Yeah, NXT title match. Karrion Cross with Scarlett against Johnny Gargano. Finish being, of course, a forearm to the back of the head. Killed him. Thoughts on the match? Oh, this was fantastic. I mean, this was a, this felt like, it didn't feel takeover level of craziness, but it definitely felt like this was a big, big time match. Um, yeah, there was some interesting stuff. I did like this toe pay here. I think it's coming up. Hopefully I time stamped it right. The Capital Wrestling Center has been waiting for this championship showdown. And really, Wade, you talk about everything Gargano's done. A new rage has been awakened in the champion. Well, let's be honest, nobody has disrespected Cross more than Johnny Gargano, both physically and mentally. Random physical attacks, social media talks. Telling him to his face that his wife wasn't fit to lace his boots. I mean, historically speaking, Johnny Gargano only needs a Gargano starting to pick up. Pick up the pace. Rocks cross to the outside. And Gargano knows. Oh, he's got to take it. Gargano's so athletic, right? Gargano throwing. Right. He can, I love the fact that he can work with anybody of any size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really can. Uh, One of my favorite sequences of the whole match was uh, when Gargano had crossed in the Gargano escape. It crossed, basically powered him up into the cross jacket. Yeah, that was brutal too. I found the tope from before. I don't know. I fucked up. Pick up Jano, change that tonight. And we talked about high risk, high reward. Gargano leaving it all the line. This is a Johnny Gargano I don't know what this was here. Bring it up for you. T. And all of that plus the voices in the CWC is like throwing gasoline under the fire that burns inside of Carrion. Said the playtime was over to Gargano, and you hear Samoa Joe, the special guest. You hear the special guest referee. Cross just said we can do this the hard way. Oh no! Cross could be looking for the Saito suplex, the Doomsday Saito suplex. Gargano trying to fight. It's just like it just looks. It didn't look good. I mean, I get what they were doing. Like he he did reverse into a cross body, but it just looked like they flopped. He didn't, I don't think Cross committed to the landing as much as he should have. Yeah, no, he definitely didn't. He looked at he he looked at he, he, look he, he tried to cushion the landing a little bit. I like the super kick tilt the sequence here. After the terrible choke slam. What a choke slam! I own you. Cross continuing to talk trash and now charging. Bargain got caught super kick. Gargano again rocking the champion. Another super kick connects. Cross with that one though. Cross jacket, your face off. Yeah, this one's physical for sure, though. Yeah, Cross is convincing as far as uh, just how physical and how nasty he can be, you know? Like, that's something I mean, that there's no questioning. Like, I mean, he conveyed that probably better than he ever has when, and, um, when the match came to the end. What can be possibly left in the tank of Johnny Gargano after that? Wait a minute, what's Cross doing? 
I mean, we talked about the war of words, but you don't take it to your show. Yeah. Well, we know where that's going with the Joe Cross confrontation here. You know, and if you jump forward a minute later, you get that Doomsday Saito, which was dope. So close for Gargano, and now Gargano measuring cross, sidestep, oh, forearm, cross didn't get all of it, got enough of it though, as Gargano's rocked. Oh, no, 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 no. Bomb. And here's that reach. We talked about it earlier, Karen Cross. And now continuing the onslaught. Doomsday Saito. That sucks. I don't like to see Dragano beat that way because I'm definitely more of a fan of him, but this is definitely convincing ass whipping. That, that, that's the kind of beating you have to give him to put him away. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Like he literally hit him with a rolling elbow to the back of the head, three power bombs, a Doomsday Saito, and then a second elbow to the back of the head. Mm-hmm. He was like, his ass ain't getting up after this shit. Nope. And then you get the famous ending where he seals his fate. For this general manager role, huh? Yeah, he was really—he was really more just a heavy than anything. But he was the muscle, you know. Yeah. Very, mean, very course, we all know the time. rule: if you touch Joe, Joe can retaliate. So now Joe has official reign to whoop his ass. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how we went off the air. You know. The only other mm-hmm. thing was they did. Uh, let me see if I could bring it up here for you. They did like a Mandy interview afterwards. I haven't seen this, so maybe this gives us some answers. Maybe. What a night here at the Capitol Wrestling Center. Karrion Cross retained the NXT Championship, and what a surprise. Mandy Rose made her way back to NXT, but I've been told that Mandy should be exiting the Capitol Wrestling Center here pretty soon. We're hoping to get answers and why she made her way back to NXT. Ooh, Mandy. Why did you make your way back to NXT? <laughs> You'll see. That's all she fucking says. Fuck her. (laughs) I knew this bitch. I knew the bitch was gonna disappoint me. I knew it. (laughs) You'll see. Nah, nah. The Great American Bash did six hundred fifty-four thousand viewers with a point eighteen in the eighteen to forty-nine demographic. Two hundred thirty-two thousand viewers in the target demographic. So about a third of them. That brings us to AEW Fighter Fest twenty twenty-one, which was actually very, very good. Yeah, this was night one because they're doing a two-night event. Mm-hmm. Let me bring that up on you our screen brought the AA game for night one. Yeah, I'm not surprised there at all. All right. So, what do we have here? We started off with the IWGP United States Heavyweight title match. John Moxley defending his championship against Carl Anderson, finish being the paradigm shift. Duh. 
Um, I did like the, uh, it was kind of weird looking. Let me see if I bring it up, but that McGinnis being countered into the, uh, into that pile driver. That pile driver, I don't know if it looks unsafe or if it is unsafe. You know, you're going to have to be the judge here. Hold on a second here. Yeah, Anderson doing a great job keeping the balance. Hard knee strikes to the sternum. Hey, don't take anything away from Carl Anderson. He is one oh, of the Right See, that look a little rough. One, two, two, no! Yeah, it looked, Anderson, uh, yeah I, I wouldn't say unsafe, but it definitely didn't look he's, rough. He's got him drained. He's looking champion. Could be I'm trying to see if to I could get, like, get the exact spot. He beat him hangman ever, United States. Ever, United States. Heavyweight champion. IWGP, United States heavyweight champion. Moxley drops up. He's looking for the, the sleeper. Moxley changed levels. That tricked to Anderson, I believe. Well, he's he's got him trained. Right he's looking for that that God style pal driver. Yeah, Anderson doing a great job keeping the balance. Hard knee strikes to the sternum. Hey, don't take anything away from Carl Anderson. He is one oh, of Reisner. Right on the head. This could be it. That was a little rough, man. No. Yeah. If if you would have took a little bit more time to kind of get him in position, it would have looked better. But to set it up, yeah. That's that's a lot of the reason it looks so rough is because he kind of just flew into it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really much else to that match to talk about, especially when trying to wrap things up here. But we did have the FTW title match of Brian Cage defending against Ricky Stark with Hook Powerhouse Hobbs at ringside. And this was actually very good. This was a proper swerve. That's how you do a good swerve there, you know, where they fucked him over. Because uh, the whole time they've been acting like they've been on his side and against Ricky. You know, and at the end of the day, they weren't. Uh, so I'm going to just show you what happens here. Boy, the reaction of Cage that time said it all, guys. And Hook. What's Hook doing? Hook distracting. He's got the Bryce Ramsburg. Got the referee. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. What happened? What the hell? The spear. What the hell? What? Oh, my God. I love it. History was made. Crazy. Have we just seen some sort of conspiracy theory played out? We saw a swerve is what we saw, and you heard Taz's reaction. Taz was jubilant as Ricky Starks and Team Taz conspired, conspired to screw Brian Cage. Yeah, so that's it. Cage is out of there now. Yeah, that was his exit from uh, Team Taz. Yeah, which I think we saw coming. I just didn't think I saw it coming the way that it did. Yeah, I figured he wanted to believe it on his own, not necessarily getting the boot. No, they were like, fuck it, we're going to leave him. That way it keeps them looking strong and it keeps him looking strong too. You know? Rather than looking like one of their big guys left, it looked like they decided for him to leave. Right. Excalibur once again this week brought up the fucking Malachi Black and how he knows him thing, man. That guy needs to you know, go, bro. Like for me to watch this I, fucking I, I, I product, out at this point. that dude needs to go. He's awkward as fuck. Yo, I need you to look at the face of these guys, of Jim Ross and, and Shivani, and you can see that they agree about how fucking awkward he is. Man that I knew, this is not the man that any of us knew. Well, here's the fact. Arn Anderson, we do understand. <laughs> you saw that? They, it was just awkward. He's <laughs> fucking awkward. You could see the look on their face. You know, they look the way we feel. 
But uh, this this leads to a really fucking dark Malachi Black story, man. This was disturbing. And kilos, Cody. I walked over to the man and I asked him why he did it. And with a tremble in his voice and tears streaming down his face, he explained to me that this was his prized stallion. This was the horse that brought him all over the world and won him titles. But one day he woke up and looked the horse in the eyes and it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same horse that he, that he had since he, was, since he was young. Through wear and tear of all these years of competition, the horse had become crippled. So he decided the one thing he could do is let the horse go with dignity. So he brought him out to his favorite field, fed him his favorite treats, put a bag over his head, and well, here we are, Cody. When I, uh, when I looked you and Arn in the eyes last week, it just wasn't there anymore, Cody. It wasn't there? Why don't you come down here now and take a better look? I was hoping I'd say before we get into that, don't you think that horse shit was a little bit too dark? I mean, <laughs> sometimes I get, I guess sometimes you gotta go. <laughs> he went in like explicit detail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he went into like explicit detail about putting the bag over the horse's head and shit. I don't need that in my wrestling. I know you do that I shit. He, I, think, I think I've heard him say in interviews he does enjoy the level of like, I guess, freedom over his own character where he can kind of go to that place. I thought you were about to say that, you, that, that he said his only likes killing horses. No. <laughs> like no shit. It's a cold coincidence. No, that was a little too graphic, you know? Don't you think so? I mean, hey, sometimes you gotta go there. See, I'm the wrong person to ask because I got a high tolerance for crazy. So. Yeah, I actually rhymed it when I heard her. I was like, he's going murdering a horse? You know? Thank God I'm not a kid anymore. I would have thought that they did it. <laughs> like, you murdered the horse for that angle? My good lord. This is a good AEW though, you know. I'm, I'm I'm invested in all the characters, you know. I got I'll give them credit when they are when they're doing good shit. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna give them anything bad. The thing the, the thing about it is that they're always trying. It's just sometimes it doesn't work out. But this was a night where everything worked out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This was something that. Uh, and I mean, when it comes to one of my gripes with the whole moving people between brands and WWE, they finish shit. They don't just end it on a whim. Like, yeah, Mandy and Dana got their asses kicked, but at least we would have seen the end of it, but <laughs> just nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking Mandy talking about some we'll see. Good Lord, is Santana becoming, like, one of my favorite things about this company? I think he is. <laughs> like, is Santana? Like, Santana is so good. I mean, I like Ortiz, too, but Santana is one of the best things about watching this show. His promos, his manner, and Santana's a, a star, huh? Santana's always been the better of the two when it comes to the mic. But Ortiz could always keep up with him in the ring. But it's like, yeah, you put a mic in front of him, it's a whole different fucking ball game at this point. I find myself looking forward to segments with Santana. You know? But uh, that being said, look at this. This had me. This popped me. The inner circle. But after the match, he took a cheap shot on Coney. There was no cheap <laughs> shot. That was a guy bringing a blackjack in and hitting. You got the biggest target on your back decide to be a smart ass and walk these halls by yourself, huh? I think that's awful. We let him get too comfortable. Yeah. Huh? yeah, keep that same energy, Tully. Keep that same energy. Come on, Tully. Come on, Tully. It's fake, Bendejo. Next time it won't be. 
We were taught to respect our elders. <laughs> Look at you. That was awesome. That was awesome. And of course, Tully, he has to throw a little tantrum right down there, right? Look. I'm going to get my boys. And you just wait. You just wait. Those are like an old school villain. You got to give him credit there. Like an old school villain. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, But yeah, freaking. Between Santana and Ortiz, Santana was always my favorite. And I like that even here, he's getting to just go. Yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely. This is the best I've ever seen him. He's really coming to his own. I'm really, I, I've really grown an attachment to the character and the promos and everything. His, his, he has a good look, a, a good everything. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing where they take that. Um, I feel like next we got one of the more anticipated. I feel like you know what? Looking at the way this was put together, I really feel like everything that happened here are things that they were waiting until post pandemic to do because this was like a long awaited confrontation here. You know, and uh, this is between finally Hangman confronting his old friends in the elite. Hey, do you do you remember me? Do you remember us? Yeah, we, we were those best friends that you abandoned. I, it still blows my mind that you you left us for a bunch of losers. Pee you by the smell of your breath, man. I can tell you're still hitting the bottle, huh? And and that that fits the narrative perfect, right, guys? The the sad, lonely, drunk cowboy all by himself in the end. And there'll only be one person to blame, right, hangman? Yourself. Cause let's face it. You're the next great wrestling tragedy. Oh, yeah. How does that make you feel? Does that make you want to hit me? You don't have the balls because you're a loser. Oh, balls galore. Now, right hand to boot. Hangman Adam Page taking it directly to the elite. Omega from behind. Yeah, this blew up, huh? There's so many damn Dark Order places, it's hard to push them as underdogs. Look, it's like a fucking army. Who's going to fuck with those guys? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, of course they're going to break out. What the fuck else are you going to do? Like, they're supposed to be baby faces. Like, a, like, what the hell could you possibly do? It made more sense when they were, as much as I liked them. Like, look at this shit. You know, the moment they come, you're, you're saved. You know? That's what they get the rescue pop. So they challenge him to a match, right? And the stipulation, I believe, was that if the it's all of them stable warfare essentially and if the dark order loses then adam adam page hangman loses his title shot right yeah basically it's okay. gonna be a 10 man tag match. this is for the following fight fighter fest this upcoming tuesday 8 p.m eastern tnt that is correct okay which also uh one of the things that also got um announced at some point during the show um john moxley will be in action again next week and this time they're running a back one from Japan because it's him and Lance Archer in a Texas death match. Oh. States championship. So they're running this one back from Japan. Gotcha. We'll see where that goes. So after this, we had Chris Jericho who gets ambushed once again by the inner circle. And this was a very interesting ambush. If you see what they did here, check this out. Because I am the God of thunder and I am the God of war. And any <laughs> 
Sean Spears catches him in the throat with the chair. I love how all these ambushes are in the front. Like, the person's looking right at you. I haven't seen you since you cheap shot at me last week. Just figured I'd return the favor. So here's the deal. I don't know if you were informed or not, but... But your first labor is next week, and it's going to be against my good friend over here, the chairman, Sean Spears. And the stipulation, I'm glad you asked, is that he can use a chair, and you can't. <laughs> I love how everybody, all the heels, get to make all the stipulations in this company. And they hit him again with the chair. I didn't mean to cut it so soon. Sorry. But anyway, you get the general point. So there's more, he gets his heat for that feud. Basically, um, the whole concept going on is that for Jericho to get um, a match with MJF, he basically has to do four labors. It's basically, in a sense, four matches. This is the first one. Spartan G, oh, Spartan, um, freaking uh, Spears has always looked like a badass. Not just now. I've kind of felt oh, like yeah. I felt like that was a guy who was a badass that was not being utilized in WWE. And uh, if anything, I feel like he's been less of a badass. Like he came here. And in the original AEW, in the first era, he was really, really cool. He was one of my favorites. And then, like, the pandemic era, he just kind of became sour. And now it seems like they're now going back to normal. Everything seems like it's kind of yeah. fixing itself now. That was another one of my problems they're, with this they're, company. They're, they're kicking it back into high gear now. Yeah, because that was one of my problems with this company. When it first started, I was like, oh, cool. Like, all these guys that I've been saying need exposure are here. Like, I always liked him. I always liked, you know, obviously Cody going all the way back. I was always huge on Cody. You know, like if anybody remembers on my universe mode, I always had them like in top contender shit. You know, and it's like it, characters that I always felt were where they were, but then it just kind of felt. And I'm realizing now in hindsight that a lot of it was pandemic influence where you don't want to waste your pops. And I get that now looking back at it. Like there's a lot of storylines that would have actually been a shame to happen uh, in that era. You know what I mean? It's crowd. It's no different than anime filler. You know, you, you, you're not going to try to write ahead of the actual writer and then god forbid you fuck something up you know what i mean it's better to just try to write filler stories that don't change too much of the canon uh until you can get your shit together i think that's what we watched filler a season of filler wrestling uh where they didn't want to move too much they don't want to move the needle too much you know yeah because this was good you can kind of push it with but some things be a little bit more careful kind of save it yeah because this dynamite was good i felt like it was the dynamites that i used to watch you know, that were just good. They just reminded me of like an extension of the New Japan and Ring of Honor and Evolve shit that we already liked, you know? Yeah. Before like, it became like, they like kicked a, it back in a high gear with Firefest Night One. Yeah, like before it became like a different thing, you know? So good for them there. So next we get singles match Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage, workhorse match of the night, but really shouldn't be because I don't like the fact that I'm watching two middle aged men that are basically outworking all of the young guys in a long ass match like that. Like, yeah, cool, but I've seen this before in my era. I, I don't want to see. In my, like, I wouldn't have wanted to see fucking Slaughter and Sheik during the Attitude Era do, like, a 25-minute match. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are, it's cool and everything, but I, I'm really, I've been over this shit for the longest. Number one, I was reluctant about Christians being here was one of the things, just because I don't think he needs another run. Um, and then number two, Matt Hardy has ruined a lot of AEW. I don't even know how we've gotten to a point where Matt Hardy, of all people, who was entertaining on his own, has become one of the primary things that fucks things up around here. Nobody likes that big money gimmick that he has. No one likes him stabling everybody up like that. He took two of the best young guys that they had in this company and he turned them into thugs and goons, like just his little freaking psychics. They became more like the authority guys that Rollins had fucking uh noble and uh what's his name mercury 
and Mercury, you know, like those guys were like one of my favorite. I remember I used to talk about how I liked the whole thing and the energy they came out with and everything that they did. And it just really felt good and shit. And it's like, I don't know why out of all the things that they could have done, they, they had to mess with that. I think I'd have less of a problem with the whole thing, even though I don't like it. But I'd have less of a problem if it wasn't for that part. Like if they would have left those guys alone to be private party, that would have been cool. Like, can you believe that at one point we were even comparing them with the street profits where it was like, oh, these guys do this and these guys. That's like not even the same shit anymore. You know, like just leave it. Everybody was fine with it the way that it was. That's something they need to go back and fix. I noticed they're going back and they're doing certain things. That's not one of them. Like, fix those guys and let them get away from the Matt Hardy thing. They couldn't decide first if it was going to be that Matt Hardy was the shitty manager who's going to steal their money and they were going to be the sympathetic baby faces that got swindled or if they were all going to be heels. Or They just can't change their minds, you know? And then the reality is that in the grand scheme of things, in the big world of wrestling, if you're not just watching AEW, there's a lot better things that are like that going on you know what i mean like if you look at the bloodline that's just this looks like a shitty version of that because it's you know like one guy mentoring a tag team but it's roman mentoring his two you know his two relatives but it's way more convincing and it's presented way stronger than it being matt hardy in his fucking suit with like two guys that don't really need him you know so hopefully that changes Everyone else is being used in a good managerial position. Somehow one of the guys I thought was going to be one of the biggest contributors is just doing shit that sucks. Um, now, as far as the match goes, Christian uh, Christian had a decent dive here at one point. I think that this might be a coming up on our trial. I'm not sure how much of that was the barricade and how much of that was the shoulder of Matt Hardy hitting the floor here in the HEB Center. And this is like at the halfway point of the match, and they still have over 10 minutes to go. It's crazy how long this went with these guys. He planned to go up top. Christian Cage taking to the skies. Big chance, big risk. But it may have... Christian just does go over, and then Matt and everybody else has... Uh, he has his goons come. See, look how long this is. Just going jumping across this fucking battle, that this pay-per-view caliber battle that Matt, the two 90s guys had. And then these guys who can still go, why not let them? Because uh, I want to see, the, I want to see, I'd rather see Private Party and uh, the younger guys. I've seen, I've been no, watching this. It'll be about, it'll, Private Party will have their time. Yeah, I know, but I just, you know, anything, and that's the thing with TNA, everything else. Anything that I've been seeing my whole life, I don't need to see. I remember, what was that shit called that they used to do? Hardcore Justice in, in TNA? Oh, and yeah. it was like, and it was like, yeah, but you know what? Oh, we got Jerry Lynn, we got Rob Van Damme, but I've been watching Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Damme my whole life. You guys did yeah, Jerry Lynn you versus. I think to the fans who never got to see him, though. Watch it. Go back and watch it. You know what I mean? Go back and watch that, though. You know, like I like Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam got popular from a series that they were doing back in ECW. That doesn't mean that every everyone should do Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam. I kind of do like the fact that in AEW, they don't have a lot of rematches because shit like this. But this is technically a rematch of like the centuries, really. The the Hardy family office. Sprinting. Christian Cage's back is turned. Wait a minute. So then comes the Jurassic Express. Luchasaurus and Jungle Without Marco Stunt. I guess he'll be the new Marco Stunt. That seemed to be what they were alluding to here. That seemed to be what they're alluding to because watch what happens here. Christian Cage with some serious backup. Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage. What a formidable trio! Oh. An inquisitive look from Jungle Boy there. 
The Jungle Boy's looking up at him like, hmm. And the TNT champion. You know, like he looked up and like, hmm, maybe this could work. He gave him that maybe this could work look like, like Jim Ross said, an inquisitive look. Like, hmm, that's what that essentially means. Which is still kind of strange because Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, they're these two young guys. And then you got Christian, you have a 50-year-old man on your shoulders. And he does work good. I just don't know what capacity I would have used him. And I've always said Christian wrestling-wise is better than Edge. I've never denied that. But it's how he's used here that's sort of bothering me. It's a minor gripe. That doesn't mean this won't go somewhere. Or just I think at some point, just like with the brandy this whole thing's gonna get wiped away with the matt hardy shit because it just it doesn't work yeah you got you also have to think of what about the other fans because there's clearly more people who see this working than, than we deal than we see who don't not and this particular this segment maybe maybe maybe, maybe, maybe. made this match just a big deal if you look at the history between that group of six who made tlc and everything famous this is only the third televised singles match those two ever had so they haven't. They, they this match actually this at least on TV this match hasn't happened very this this match has happened very few times. Yeah. So it's no, like it's I'm, something you can build on, not just old guy versus old guy. This is two guys who have barely ever faced each other one on one. Now we're gonna get to see something that very few people ever got to see, and that's where AEW is capitalizing, and that's why it worked. But the people, the age demographic that they're going for, the 18 to 49 demographic and the people that are here have seen it. And that's literally the whole point, that if they were reaching for it again, because I'm them, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I'm literally I'm I'm literally that that demographic, like the people that the whole reason they're bringing these guys in is because they're counting on people who have seen them before wanting to see them again. They're not counting on it being the people who have never seen them or getting exposure. They're bringing in people that have exposure. And the thing about it is that can work, but if you're going to do that, just do it in a different capacity. Like, since I've seen Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy many times, can we do... I don't know. I'm not sure what. Uh, but just not just, this. You know what? You just made the list! Oh, no! Oh, here we go. Thank you for the follow there, sir. Thank you, Cryogenic there actually known as a friend of mine so give a welcome to cryogenic guys appreciate you we appreciate all of you guys and we're running damn late here i said i said ideally it wasn't gonna go the four hours and i guess i'm lying <laughs> because i'm almost at that damn spot but i'm trying at least four good hours yeah we're almost we're almost at the the finish line here and there's no pay-per-views this weekend so even better and we already got smackdown out of the way so mm-hmm uh one thing I also want to say this dynamite if you've noticed in between the matches there's a lot of other stuff that's not matches that's good booking and good storylines you know and I mean that's really cool because we've gone through a few segments now next we got Miro's poem did you catch his poem Miro the undefeated champion let's hear from him let me tell you a story there was once a man who was rich got a hot wife they can do the splits the man was hot too, but he was lost. He was lost because he wasn't being himself. He walked out of his house to look into the void to search for what's next. After a few months, a voice from above came in and said the man should to forgive himself and remember who he was. So that man filled with the power went and warned everybody, if you've got a title, you've got a problem. But he wasn't a selfish man, that hero. He forgave everyone he destroyed on his path. And this 
made him God's favorite champion. The savagery, the brutality. Instead of definitely pushing Miro, which by the way, that's the new TNT championship for anyone that didn't get a good look at it before. You get a good look at it now. Yeah. One thing um, I've been hearing what they might be, what gimmick they might be going for with that belt is because now with four champions, we've seen four different belts. It might be a thing where a new champion could put their own color scheme or spin on the championship to make it kind of make it their own. That's a good idea. Yeah, it it, it makes it original and it kind of gives the belt it's an identity that's linked with the particular person. So like yeah. this one we're seeing, this is Miro's variation of the TNT title. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, next we had a Brit promo. Now this goes back to what I was talking to you about earlier about how I feel like the pandemic was filler episodes simply because it was funny and everything, but that Britt Baker, when they suddenly turned to heal the, the, the randomness of it, as good as it was, it was never as good as the Britt Baker that they first brought into AEW, in my opinion. The promo she was doing and the way she was prior to the whole Rebel shit. Like, Rebel was fun and that was a cool thing, but I kind of feel like they finally rebooted Britt back to the Britt Baker that was over as a babyface. She doesn't work as good as a heel as a babyface. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to have a character that's going to be a low-to-mid-card ha-ha character, then sure. But if you want her to be the character she's meant to be, the main eventer, then you can't you can't keep that shit around. I think they're getting that now, you know. He's concerned now about your well-being. Don't worry about my well-being because I've dealt with multiple tables and ladders and chairs, and thumbtacks. And you know what happened? The blood stopped, the wounds healed, and I came out the baddest bitch on the block. So if you think for one second you see fear in my eyes, you better look again. But you know what is daunting? Keeping Nyla Rose relevant. Because imagine winning the world championship title only to find out your first challenger is Nyla. And I know you're going to say, so stop right there. She's, she's beat me multiple times. And she's at the top of the food chain. But I'm off the menu because I'm special order and I'm in a league of my own. And I know you're back there, Vicky Guerrero, listening to this. And luckily for you, you have a last name that will forever keep you relevant in professional wrestling. But your client, not so much. Because Nyla, you need this. Do you have any type of significance in AEW? But this isn't going anywhere except right back around my waist where it belongs. And with this, I'm the hottest thing in professional wrestling. But even without it, I'm still Dr. Britt Baker. D. Yeah, man. Britt's back. I've missed her. Where the fuck has this character been? Hey. Britt Baker? Yeah, she tries herself. She's something a little different. Didn't work out. What was that? I said, I mean, I give him credit for trying something a little different with her, but see, they were smart. They saw the fans weren't feeling it, so hey, when everybody's back, run it back around. Yeah, well, then you could say the same about WWE, though. There were things they were doing that didn't work. 
that they're undoing as well. But this is just one of the big ones where I felt like don't even try it. Just like we said about them, we have to use the same logic where they'll, they'll mess with things that don't need to be messed with. Britt was one of those things. Just like with the uh, talking smack with the other guys. Like there was no need. She was so over, just as over as she is now. Yeah, but I mean, we, we, you, yeah, I mean, there were points where we were entertained with her as a heel. We're never going to be entertained by thing one, thing two on smack, talking smack. Not as, in, not as entertaining as... It's not like they had a flourishing women's division where we can afford to have someone who's a top star be like a side attraction, though. You know, so I'm glad I'm glad that they they did the right move here. So this brings us to Sammy Guevara versus Wheeler Utah being accompanied by Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy finished being the Cutter GT. What is it? GTH is what they call it. No. Yes. Maybe so. We lose Dustin. Wow. Fucking muted that whole time. That's amazing. For the drop. I'm stupid. But um, yeah, um, the GTH are basically known as go to hell. Gotcha. All right, so here's the finish, I believe, for those of you that would like to check it out. The pinnacle. You just gotta, you gotta suck it up and go to the next one's what you gotta do. The Enzi Gary staggers Utah towards center. Sammy Guevara. Springboard comes. In. Oh. Huge cutter. Guevara has Wheeler Utah up on the shoulders. Ooh. GTH covers and the victory. Perfectly. Yeah, very cool. Very, very cool there. Uh, besides that, there was a cool rope sequence because of Sammy. I like. I, I hate the fact that stuff is like Sabuish though, in the sense that it, it, it might miss. You know. Yeah, but he never does. He is as hot as anybody in AEW, and the sky is the limit for Sammy. Sammy is going to be a profound impact in AEW for a long, long time to come, and I'm talking about championships. I really, really think. Wheeler Yuta certainly has that ability to reach that level. He's a yeah, it's becoming a sting. I don't want him to do it every match, though. The flip, the flip, and then the drop kick. You know, don't young bucket where it's like we're going to see that each time. I like when I see it, but just don't do it each time. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki has a match against Penelope Ford. Finished being the helicopter spin magical girl splash combo. Yeah, we haven't seen Yuka in AEW for quite a while. I think even before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So Yuka is small and she has to get used to the fact that everybody in america is much bigger than she is she does that helicopter spin and she winds up spinning uh penelope's own foot and getting herself kicked in the face which uh that had to suck but i'm gonna show you guys here front side that time that helped her she had to turn her over to make a or try to make a pin yuka had the hammer lock locked in but penelope responds with a pump kick a second one some real good pump kicks indeed hook of the leg Cover. Oh no! Referee Aubrey Edwards' hand coming down for the three count. Okay, here it comes here. We're getting into the deep water here for both these women. Yuka now goes around again. The hammerlock. She's got Penelope up. Tremendous strength being shown by Yuka Sakazaki. See what she fucking clobbers herself with that thing. Oh. Not good. Um. But other than that, I mean, it's Yuka Sakazaki. Um, in the beginning of the match, she does that cartwheel off the ropes that I like. Let me see if I could bring that up. Oh, that one was great. Yeah, shows tons of athleticism with that. Here it is right here. I mean, you know, we get it. Uh, and I understand about the wedding, how upset she was. And, and really, she's kind of been in Kip's shadow. But now she's on her own here in women's competition. She's had a... Yuka's really good. I got to give her a lot of credit for uh, being able to do it at the cartwheel. Um, the dropkick delivered by Yuka Sakazaki. What was else? There was a thing that happened here. She had that cannonball that she did that was really good. Brutal cannonball also. Right. That was nasty for a cannonball. 
As a matter of fact, I think if we just let this go a little bit more, you'll see. I'm glad they bring in, like, if they're going to bring in the girls from Japan, they need the more aggressive one because, as you can see in WWE, they're bringing in the Japanese girls that will literally kick you dead. You know? It's a hell of a record. Yukasakazaki coming off the cannonball. Very cool there. Um,. Okay, so this this is something I haven't brought up in a long time because it hasn't happened in a long time. But years ago on this show, I used to talk to you guys, probably in the early episode, like probably 2014 episodes, back when they used to have, do you guys remember they used to do the WWE experience where you'd have like, during commercials, it would be on the app. You'd continue to watch the match on the app. Yeah. They used to always have the baby face get their heat back on the app. So for example, Daniel Bryan, that whole sequence where he gets whipped into the corner and like he backflips off of it, then he hits the rope twice and comes in with the jumping forearm. That would always happen on the app and it would piss me off because by the time the show comes back on, it would look like Daniel Bryan never got his heat back and that the heel stayed with all the momentum. And they were doing this for like a really, really, really long time. Don't ask me why or if it's the timing of what they were doing. But I noticed that that happened here too. And I get it. You want to keep somebody like Yuka Sakazaki looking strong. But let's jump a little bit ahead here because this is the Fight TV version. So they get they don't go to commercial with the picture-in-picture. Picture. And yeah, on TNT, you get picture-in-picture. Picture, but it's a small fucking picture. So a lot of time, you're not looking at the offense and it, it, you know the, the images are distracting. So when you look here, look at how much offense Penelope gets in this picture-in-picture. Picture. Picture, don't go anywhere. I feel like when you're having a match like this, that momentum swing, it's important that this is shown to the people watching. The throat of Sakazaki driven into the top rope by Penelope Ford. Like the whole offense during this commercial with Penelope killing her. No! Yuka able to kick out. Penelope Ford was able to turn the tables on Yuka Sakazaki. And now Ford. See all of that, like Penelope showing athleticism, and she's green. You know, it's like you want to get gets exposure. These these are like good. Hits a yakuza kick in the corner. Boot across the jaw of Yuka. A lot of momentum. You know, behind that boot. Strong release German suplex. Why isn't this on the? Uh, this should be on TNT. And sure enough, by the time it comes back to commercial, uh, it's not exactly one-sided, but Yuka's, you know, no longer, like, in danger. See, look at how long this offense is. We're still on commercial, by the way. This is still commercial. Like, I don't even like running a clip that long, but that's just to give you guys an indication of how much offense is like less. That's why I stopped watching the live feed, because the TNT, it's just I feel like I'm missing too much. And, like, I can't hear the commentary either. And this is still commercial, and Yuka hasn't gotten any offense in for this. It works for me. Yeah. I mean, whatever it takes, right? Far leg hooked. Yuka... Kicking out, and Penelope, we're going to keep the pressure on. Penelope might want, want that one back because she didn't... Ex- this entire thing, I can't even believe we're still here watching commercial-based offense in the fucking... They let, the, they let her do that for the whole match, you know? She's going to bridge back. There you go. Yeah, speaking of the great Muda, Penelope Ford bridging back into the Indian Deathlock. That's a long commercial break, right? You can see it on her face. She is struggling to breathe. Like, look at this. I feel bad for Penelope because she's putting the work in for this match, you know? Like, it's against somebody like Yuka, but this definitely makes the match seem more formidable. 
Like Yuka actually is in trouble. Had to hit to make it to the ropes. Things you don't normally see. Like what a shame. Yuka finally making it to the bottom rope to force the break. But Penelope dragging Yuka back towards center. I feel like this is the longest commercial break of my life. She was able to put in Once the lock again. twice. Penelope just punishing Yuka Sakazaki. But look at the courage. And the guts more specifically of Yuka. See, this is a lot. When you watch the fight version, this is a lot less one-sided is the point that I'm making. You know, look at the offense. Like, Yuka needed to fight for this win. To stop her from getting to the rope. Are they ever coming back? Okay, now they're back. Now they're back from commercial. And now it's just going back to being like exchanging blows and stuff. And then from here, the match goes back to having like the regular pace of every match. But that whole one-sided momentum of the heel getting her heat back, it just wasn't there. You know, so, um, you know, again, minor, not major. Okay, before I was still here, though, the Yuka suplex. May as well see, stop to see that, right? I would think in a slugfest, Penelope would prevail, but... Watch as she reverses this fireman's carry. Comes in from behind. But, uh, she is so resilient. Brings her around. Is Look at this. Oh, Yuka! Holy shit. Nice. Yuka fucking Sakazaki, man. Good job. That was beautiful. Yeah. Like I said, I get it. Yuka's a strong one. I just thought, wow, so much offense by Penelope that I've never seen before. And, uh... They just didn't... They did, we, You know, a lot of people... I, that, that picture in picture doesn't really convey what you're trying to see. You know? So, um... What else did we have going on here? We had, uh... The main event was up next, actually. Was that it? Just the main event? Oh, wait. They also announced the new TNT show that's on Fridays. I don't know. I believe I'm going to assume it's on 10 p.m. on Fridays. But they did an advertisement for the new TNT show oh, yeah. that they're going to have. called was, uh, uh, Rampage. AW Rampage, yeah. This is Rampage, baby. Wrestling I think they have too many shows, honestly. It's oversaturation of the market nowadays. But we'll see. I would have put all my power into that one show. You know? I mean, I'll still check it out. I don't know if we'll be able to have the time to cover it on here with all the stuff that we already cover, but, you know, I'm definitely not against it. You could cover it if you want. Somebody else wants to, somebody else wants to call in and cover. Help yourself. I have enough shit on my plate. Uh, I guess that's it. Main event will be the coffin match. Ethan Page versus Darby Allen. And uh, finish being, Ethan gets put in the coffin and then Darby Allen coffin drops on top of it. Um, Basically, yeah, he double stomped him with the skateboard and pretty much that one I'm knocking page out and getting him into the coffin. Yeah, I'll yeah run like you. you said, that extra that extra fuck you, he tough and drop a coffin with page inside. Yeah, I'll run you guys through a few spots here. Just bring them up on the screen and walk you through them. Page. Oh boy. You're not one of Darby's floor, disregard of life dives right here. Hold on, let me bring it up on the screen. That would help. Page. 
Oh boy, you're not safe on the floor either with Darby's there. Darby! Complete disregard for life, that kid. Like he has to be careful. You know what I mean? He has his whole life ahead of him to be doing shit like that, you know? Oh, that that, that that guy. It's like I said before. That guy knows he's probably not long for the wrestling world, but he's gonna make sure every second of it's remembered. No, be long and for Darby's the wrestling world. Indestructible at this point. Like I, I think AEW has accepted that that kid can't hurt himself. And then you get Sting who comes out. He turns down a little so we could talk over. But then you get Sting who comes out. Angry Sting, hot. This fan has to be careful because this fan almost gets hit here. Check this out. So Sting grabs, grabs Scorpio Sky and he starts bashing him into the barricade. Watch the fan, though. I'm going to bring large enlarge this for you guys a little bit. Look at the can fan next to him. Because first he's just selling to the right. Him. See, he sells there. But then when he throws him over, he almost kicks him. Look at him. Like... Bro, that was your that was the matrix right there for him, you know. When if you listen to me, the, advice to someone who's been to many an event, okay, Raw, SmackDown, pay per you name it. If you are a fan and you were close enough to sell, then you were close enough to be hit. Remember that. Oh man, I'm selling the fact that I'm getting hit by him. Then he's close enough. If you have to sell his punches, then he can actually punch you. And you're not a professional to actually be able to. If, if you don't move in time, this could have he could have lost his head there. Also. uh Surprised that Sting and them, yeah, like they should have been a little bit more careful too. There were a few moments here where the crowd, they need to get used to the fact that there's a crowd there again, you know. But then again, I guess you would also expect you would also expect that they have enough common sense not to be that close. I don't expect fans to have common sense. Somebody in the barricade, assuming like, okay, they know to get the fuck out of the way, right? I never expect anyone to have common sense. That's like famous last words. I always assume in any situation, I'm the only one with common sense. That way, everything else is extra common sense. Because if you miscalculate and you overstroke, you're fucked. You know, a group of people, you know what they say about a person smart, but people are stupid, you know. And in that environment, especially. And also, it would be a free ride for him. You know, like George said, he would, that would have been it. He would have been, that would have been, there would have been his boy there. So right, let me see. We got all in tickets for life. More crazy Darby Allen shit here. At least he gets caught here by Ethan. Bangs him into that too. The steal there. Ragdolly is right. Ethan Page, such tremendous strength. That was also crazy. A bow and arrow in between the freaking railing. He's trying to break Darby's back. He really is trying to end his career. Yeah, this has gone beyond. A... Yeah, he's right. Cryogenics right. Common sense ain't so common. You know, you would you would think that people. You'd be surprised how many people would just stay there and get hit like that. Uh, what else did we have? We had a. Uh, Give me a sec here. Boy, Darby freaking fish hook him with a with the turnbuckle. Yeah, what's that all about, right? That, like I said, yo, that was some savage shit right there. Yeah, that and uh, the crucifix onto the steel steps oh, afterwards that he did. He twisted his knee. They're coming down. I did like him floating over that float over stunner that he does. That it was appropriate for that. To the beating there. If I remember correctly, I believe he called it ego there. Now Darby. Oh my God! A coffin drop from here. Gonna take a hellacious no. Nope. Boy, he was. He takes the split there. Oh my God! But when you got no fear, like Darby Allen, I can see that. Oh no, no! This was a safe crucifix, though. To his defense, he releases him in his back first. He doesn't get him up the high angle part of his shoulder. Still looks good though for the spot. You know, I don't need anybody to die for this to be good. Darby is writhing in pain. Just take the lead. Look at that. Yeah, this was they, they definitely love this company to, for the kind of shit that they do. Allen. What a night for Darby Allen! 
<laughs> what a night for So this is a... Holy I believe this is where he does the coffin drop onto the coffin, right? Yeah. Darby this is the fucking coffin. Winning the first ever coffin match. Watch this. This was kind of brutal. That's a, that's a thing I'm asking. At what price for both these men? He can barely move, Excalibur. Look at this. Yeah, this somebody needs to, and I've heard other podcasters Darby say, somebody needs to save this kid from himself, out. man. Because he's young now, but later on, you, that'll, that'll fuck you up. Some of the stuff I see him do is like... I guess it's better that he is here in AEW, where uh, there's a little bit more freedom. Because in WWE, if, if he's depending on just being freaking crazy, they're not going to let him do half this shit. He's not going to cough and drop a close AEW know that this is what makes all the hours. Freaking ridiculous. like that. Not even a pay-per-view. Was, was Ethan even still in there? They probably had a trap door or something. There's no way Ethan took that no, bump. he was still there. Was he? Yeah? They show him afterwards? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, saw, I think I saw him still in there. Let's take a quick look here. I want to say you can see the top half. Winning it was not enough. Was not enough for Darby Allen. I don't see him. Amazing. What a night. I don't. I mean, I'll take your word for it. I feel like I might have caught a piece of him, but I don't know. Maybe it was the angle. Yeah. Well, that was uh, AEW Dynamite. They have uh, Night 2, like Dustin mentioned, next week, where uh, the card is going to be the IWGP United States champion, John Moxley, defending against Lance Archer, as Dustin mentioned, the Texas Death Match. The AEW women's title, Britt Baker, is going to be defending against Nyla Rose. Orange Cassidy against The Blade. I don't know what the hell we need that for. Chris Jericho against Sean Spears. Spears is allowed to use a chair as a weapon, as you saw today from the ambush. AEW Dynamite brought in 1.25 million viewers for Fighter Fest Night 1. This is the first time that they broke 1 million viewers in a very long time. This beat Monday Night Raw in the 18 to 49 demographic with a point forty. So Second you guys, time they've done that. So you guys are worried about them beating NXT. They've now beat Raw. So they beat WWE. Last week before that, they had 871,000 overnight viewers. There was an 18 to 49 demographic of point thirty three. They jumped up significantly. You're going to see numbers spiking now that this is over and now that we're seeing the first live shows. And unfortunately, and one other um, mm-hmm. key thing to throw in there with Dynamite Number, what makes that even more impressive, they did that while running against the NBA Finals. That's not that easy. is that is it's a struggle. Once the once the NBA Finals start and especially being on TNS, T, T, TNT and TBS, that's going to be a struggle for them. And they're beating raw again. I don't like always agree with this company. That number out is a statement. You know, and I don't always agree with this company. And like I said, it could be an age thing where it's kind of like I remember, you know, 20 and even in my mid 30s, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, you see W and hardcore this and hardcore that. But you know what, man? At the end of the day, I rather see talent and, 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 and a good storytelling than everyone to go nuts. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind seeing like certain shock value, but like with Darby and stuff, he needs to just tone that down but it's just like right now AEW is the shiny new toy we've talked about that before it still is because the world's rebooting so it's still now this is year two of us seeing what they're doing 
Um, now they have to sustain that, though, because that being said, they did high ratings on a good show. That's something I haven't seen them do before. The few times that they did do high ratings, the shows weren't really that good. And it was like I kept saying, well, what are the people going to do that saw that? They're not going to come back. This time they're lucky. They hit the jackpot. Good show, which I didn't think we we're going to get any more of, and high ratings in the demographic that they needed. So, yeah. I mean, going back to the Darby thing briefly, the problem with that statement, though, is and I know this from people who know Darby personally, you take that away, you don't have Darby Allen anymore. Unfortunately, that's that's just who he is. You don't take it that away. Gonna, just... that, that, that kid, if, if that kid's going out, that kid's going out in a blaze of glory. No, you don't take it away. You regulate it. There are things that he's done. You where can't it's just regulate like... it, though. That's the thing. Darby, there's no regulation with Darby. Of course you can. He's, you're you're that, the that boss. Kid, that kid is 103% all the time. But he, he, he works for them. Him, He'll get back up and go again. He works for them, though. If they tell him no, no. There are things he does that there should just be no. Like that time the cage had him in a body bag and just threw him. No, he's unprotected. He's legit zipped in the bag. No matter how good he is at landing, he can't see. Like if you're in a body bag and someone tosses you over the shoulder towards steps, that's like not good. Like certain things where it's like there's not a rational way to explain how they can do it shouldn't be allowed, you know, for his sake. And also, you don't want to prove the competition right. You know, you're, you guys are very pro AEW, but what happens when uh, some shit happens here and then they go, you see, that's why, that's why this is the way that it is, whatever. You don't want to prove the contrary and correct by being too over the top, you know, and injuries do that. And I'm like, that's, that's something that I've always been concerned with. But we'll see. I'm not saying Tonum. I mean, he's one of the better things here. I wouldn't change his act too much. I'm just saying that at times when uh, he has to at least be able to explain to the booker or the agent or whoever what the safety net is with some of these things because everybody else has to do that that's part of what wrestling is it's like being a good wrestler is not just throwing your body all over and then hoping that you don't get injured it's being able to execute a lot of this shit and get a reaction from the crowd not doing everything and even if that's who you are being that doesn't make you a good wrestler being that makes you a stunt double or daredevil or whatever Rey Mysterio went through that when he was in WCW in his younger days he used to bounce all over and WWE made him a more well-rounded person that tells more methodical stories so with Darby it's great to do that but really the art of being a good wrestler is not killing yourself it's actually the opposite so he has to find like a middle ground where he can tell a story without literally just throwing himself into everything you know, because, yeah, that'll work for like the teenager, sure, and everybody who's just, you know, post puberty. But, you know, a lot of people are going to want to see more stories here and less flying all over. That being said, SmackDown, we already discussed. The only thing that I really have are a few things that happen on SmackDown behind the scenes. Pat McAfee is probably one of the coolest things that we've ever had in current time. Oh, not um, even one of He's the best thing in that whole company. He was hyping the crowd before SmackDown went on the air, man. <laughs> good way to f- hype fans up post-pandemic, you know? I'm honored to be here. I'm pumped to be here. I love the fourth largest city in America, but not everybody shares that opinion. Michael Cole said, Houston Spitz. Michael Cole said, I moved out of Houston to San Antonio before Shane Carden and JJ I said, Michael 
Pat is awesome. Yeah, he definitely knows how to hype people. It's weird. I'm doing such a major multitasking that on one hand, I was dealing with talking to you and running the clips and putting the timestamps up. I was checking the three oh, chat yeah. rooms. I've seen it. And and before you say it, all I'll say is, um, what the fuck I say every week? Mind your fucking business. Yeah, WWE. We'll tell them full disclosure. So as I'm doing this, they sent in, they did like a copyright claim. And we I literally typed up the, the fair use dispute here and submitted and got the claim accepted within the time that we were running the clips and talking about the other show. Uh, they only do it on the Facebook version of the show, and I don't even know why that is because they know damn well what we're doing in here. But just to show you guys, since we're talking about it, not to segue too much because it's getting late, where is my button for the off to bring an image up? Let's see here. I'm tired of telling young fuckers every week, mind your fucking business. Explain why Mandy Rose is on NXT for you come back here fucking with us. There it is. I don't know if it appeared on the screen correctly, but <laughs> like, guys, just chill out with that shit already. You know, we've been here for freaking seven years and it's like I'm still getting hit with those. That's why I like Mixer before Mixer went on. They weren't getting bothered like that. Our Facebook community is like in the thousands and so SoundCloud and they're going for Twitch, which is really like more for the live. And uh, but anyway, I digress. What, was it? what else do we have going on? So we had that. There was an eight man dark match that they didn't show, obviously, hence the word dark match. And uh, Davy Boy was in there. British Bulldog son. So surprise, surprise, we're going to have a, I don't know what the hell. He, apparently he's quietly signed this contract back in March. So they've yeah, just so been waiting. Back, back. Yeah. yeah, so you see him somewhere in that match. Yeah, George, Twitch is a little bit, I mean, no, Twitch isn't. Twitch is actually, Twitch doesn't bother us almost at all. Like, Twitch has been really fun. But the it's thing is with Facebook, it's WWE, and it's that they go for Facebook, and our Facebook account is a level-up account, which sort of means that we're in somewhat, uh, it just was sort of in, in, in a somewhat partnership-esque situation with Facebook, so they, they're a little bit more, you have to explain what you're doing on here. as the hype man hell yeah rating spikes because like i said this is you could consider consider wwe AEW, all these companies they're on a reboot now that this is the first week of everything being normal they're they're like you know you're going to start seeing a lot more the ratings are going to start spiking and everything you know that being said w um smackdown brought in 2.148 million viewers that's double the viewers. It's not as high of the rating for Friday night. It's 0.6 in the 18 to 49 demographic, up from last week's 1.881 million viewers. But they were, however, 0.45 in the 18 to 49 demographic. So that fluctuation is a little bit strange. Uh, Davey Boy actually had an interview post-Smackdown, which is kind of funny considering he was on a dark match, so no one saw him debut. But go figure. 
Harry Smith, welcome back to the WWE Universe. We all know it's a special day here for WWE. What did it feel like to be the first person to go through that curtain? You know, it's great to be back in the WWE, especially in front of the WWE Universe, live here in Houston, Texas. The atmosphere, the ambience, the energy that you can feel from a live WWE audience, nothing can touch that. And that's why Harry Smith is back in the WWE. The past 10 years, I've been going around the globe, making myself the best competitor that I can be all over in Japan, all over in Europe. And that's why I'm back in the WWE to show exactly how much Harry Smith has grown over this past time. Oh, wow. What are your thoughts on him? You miss him? It was some, what is Matt Brown since 2008, back, 2009? I would have had him on TV. Yeah, maybe that's something special. It's just strange to do a promo, right, for a guy who you didn't actually have on the show. I mean, considering that when they unified the tag titles, he was one of the, when um, he and Tyson Kidd were one of the first set champions. Yeah, hard dynasty, you're right. Like, like why, like, no, you don't bring that guy back. See, this is where it goes to some of that decision making. Why, why are you bringing somebody's return back on a dark match? Yeah, no, I can't argue with like, you there. Like, if, if, if you're about the pops and somebody's just coming back, you bring them back on TV. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what else do we have? Uh, I think that was it for SmackDown. Now, last yeah. stop, and then we can wrap up here with Raw. And uh, I don't think there was much to talk about with Raw. I mean, yeah, there's a few big things to talk about. I'm actually looking now through their social media to see what we can, if there's anything huge that we can clip. Um, I know there's going to be things here that you're not going to like. Do they even have any of that yeah. up there? I'm surprised on social media they didn't they didn't make it trend or anything. You know what I'm talking about, right? You don't want to you don't want to say his name. It's like when you say his name, it'll become real. You know real. why? Because he doesn't fucking trend. Yeah, I'm looking now around to see if I can Escape find anything. Escape men from the home don't get the trend, you know. That's messed up. All right, this is it. And I know there's going to be a lot of anger during this, and there's like fuck all that I can do about it. I'm, you know, what? I'm looking on their YouTube too. I don't see. Aha! I found it. Okay. I was about to say, see, even they were embarrassed, but no, never mind. No, 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 it's there. We'll take it step by step. All right, so anyway, Raw. Um, last week's Raw brought in 1.609 million viewers. Um, this is the fifth lowest number since they premiered. Um, so hopefully we get that number up now. Cena, John Cena returns, right? Well, no, I got to do this correct, right? If we're going to do it. There's one man who opened Raw tonight. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so John Cena opens, he gives a speech, but more importantly, he gave Riddle a rub because him and Riddle are in the ring, they're fist bumping, they're broing. That was a feel good moment. Uh, during the match, because they had Riddle and AJ Styles against Omas, and uh, I mean, Riddle and AJ St- and, and uh, who was on Riddle's team again? Viking, uh, the Viking Riddle, Raiders. Riddle, Riddle and the Viking Raiders against AJ. And Omos, yeah, that was... Mm-hmm. Riddle winds up spraying Omos in the back with that drip thing, and then he tosses it to Miz, who's in the wheelchair, to make it look like he did it. And then when fucking Omos is coming toward him, Miz is, like, freaking out. He's, like, he's wheeling, trying to wheel himself away, and he's like, Omos, Jesus, oh my, oh, oh my God. <laughs> like, he didn't even really know that he was so scared. But uh, Viking Raiders and Riddle go over. We have a Symphony of Destruction match, which is uh, Elias versus Jackson Riker. Um... I believe that Elias went over, right? No, Elias lost this match for the third time. Did he really? 
I remember Riker throws Elias on top of a piano and then into like a yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a super. It was a superplex from the. I believe it was the middle rope to the outside through two tables. Wow! Right, right. I do he remember that now. Three times he's never won it. Elias, Elias breaks a cello over him, and I think the fans were split. They didn't seem to know who was supposed to be the babyface in this. By the way, I didn't either. I to be honest with you, have to try to figure it out. Yeah, you had Charlotte's inauguration where. Uh, Charlotte uses it to get a cheap shot in on uh, Rhea Ripley, kicking her shoe off at her and then winding up ultimately kicking her. But that uh, wasn't the only shot she took. Uh, the fans were chanting, we want Becky. And she's going, as she said, Becky's at home breastfeeding. And the funny thing about it is Becky didn't miss a beat because on Twitter she goes at home breastfeeding and still the most over girl in the division. And she wasn't breastfeeding. I saw her working out and she looked jacked a little while ago. So she, she's, she looks like she's ready for a return. You know, I won't. I almost started. I almost started to say, "Get ready to run that title," but then never mind. Yeah, not gonna happen. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? We're almost done. Where's the other chocolate? Um, Nia Jax. Okay, this is something I had an issue with. So Nia and Shayna against Natalia and Tamina. With the finish being Tamina super kicks Shayna and Penzer. So they tried to make it look like it was Reginald's fault. But what did he do? I I forgot he was out there. Until he got in the ring. They were both getting their asses kicked, right? And then Shayna was on the mat and Tamina was doing the superfly pose and about to hit a superfly splash. Then Reggie got up and on the turnbuckle, causing her to get distracted, giving freaking uh, Shayna a chance to recover. And they lost anyway. Like, yeah, there was other antics that happened with Reggie afterward. But the point being that if he didn't get up on the turnbuckle, they were dead to rights. Nia was down. Tamina was going off the top. N- fucking Shayna wasn't moving. Reggie just literally gave them a times two, and then they lost. Why? And then they're like, "Fucking Reggie, why? What did Reggie do? Like that's ridiculous." And then yeah, afterwards he wins the twenty four seven title. So he'll he'll be one of those Houdini of hardcore types like Crash was now, back in the in the freaking He's hardcore lose the truth next week title days. I don't know because Truth was out there just like another extra. And I guess the spotlight's off of Truth now. Yeah. They, they they they're doing this thing now where they keep them all they keep it all of them for like a couple of weeks now. Yeah, spice it up a little bit. Sheamus versus Humberto finish with the bro kick. They made the whole background look like Sheamus walking from like in the rain from a pub. I wonder if that intro is available on their stuff because that looked really cool. I'm loving yeah, the new set, dope. the new the new visuals. You can't even really see where the screen ends and where the other stuff begins. So excellent. I don't see it on there, but yeah, I'll pr- probably bring it up here next week. Uh, what else? What else? What else? This is all the stuff of Jinder with his three and D ban. Um, he always needs two guys. Jinder, you notice that he always has. If it wasn't them, it was Every the three MB. It was uh the the Singh brothers. Now it's these two. Pretty soon he's just gonna chop the heads off of two walkers like Michonne. You know, it's like it just needs always somebody to his left and his right. It's kind of getting annoying. And the other thing was the angle where he he got tricked by Drew's fake sword. He's a modern day Maharaja. How can you be a Maharaja and not know if you're wielding a fake sword? Have If you Google Maharaja and look at the pictures, those motherfuckers all have swords. He's a modern day Maharaja and he didn't know that he was wielding a fake sword. That's not a very good Maharaja. You know, I'm amazed that he's in this basically like a half step above a jobber and they still got him a nickname. Uh, I thought they strip you of nicknames like that when you're like the opening match on your best day. Unbelievable. Karrion Cross versus Jeff Hardy. I can't believe it. They're burying the young guys. Jeff Hardy gets his feet on the ropes and cheats and pins Karrion Cross. 
So what we're saying is the NXT world champion loses to a guy who has been jobbing for the past two months. Yeah, he got his music back. Woo. What the fuck is he beating the NXT champion for? Yeah, Jeff Gard- Hardy has his singles. Kill Johnny Gargano on Wednesday. Jeff Jeff Hardy got his singles music back. Um which we've talked about months ago on here, how in his contract, when the crowds came back, he would get that music. But Karrion Cross, I've never been high on the guy. And I warned you guys when he first came out, I said that uh, he, what would he look like without his girl and without the whole dark meat thing and everything? He just I comes out as a regular problem. guy. And unfortunately, that's more his problem than theirs. He really doesn't have a look. He's, he's all right, but he's really without her and without the effects and without the magic of the NXT entrance. He's just a regular looking guy. He looks like Jeff Hardy would beat him. You know, but but to me, this this shows me. I don't think that Raw was bad, but this just shows me that they don't have faith in the young guys. They're not gonna. They have no faith. Vince, whatever, it doesn't give a shit with Sean and Triple H are doing an NXT. He doesn't think that their guys can carry here. Uh, uh, what this shows, what, what this shows, is they just don't give a fuck about NXT. The war is over. Why do they need to care? It's not even the young guys. That motherfucker could have been one of the guys from the Attitude Era. The fact that he's an NXT, he was fucked. Yeah, like they, well, they, they 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 don't give a shit. They don't show respect to the show, to realistically the real fucking A show. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is, Karrion Cross is now an unfortunate little piece of history because he is the first of four NXT champions to Nick. wrestle on the main roster and lose his first match. Hmm. Because Seth Rollins, Neville, and Kevin Owens were all NXT champions when they first showed up. Gotcha. Okay, well, no, I, I actually, no, I didn't miss anything. Did I? When did I? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I actually did. The Bobby Lashley. How do we skip her? That's how much I didn't want to deal with it. You, so Bobby you, you Lashley. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah. So Bobby Lashley has a match against Keith Lee. This is another case of bearing the young guys because Bobby Lashley kills Keith Lee. He was literally it was almost like Keith Lee was not there. It was such a bad return. And it was an open challenge with no title on the line. And he just runs through him because people just run through Keith Lee. Yeah, they literally, he ran, he, like he, he didn't show, they didn't make him seem formidable or strong. I feel really bad for him. Now, there yeah, were yeah. rumors. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, this, the Karrion Cross thing, and later on tonight, is one thing I've had an issue with in WWE. They do not think past the pop. That was the name of one the of the episodes before. But you got to make sure shit happens afterwards. So, there were rumors, and we were all worried about these rumors. And then these rumors came true. So I'm going to let you guys see and then we'll talk about it. Go ahead. You go. You go first. So, somebody want to tell me what the fuck this geriatric nursing home patient has done to get a WWE championship match? We live in a world. Because last I checked, <laughs> he lost against Drew. And before that, 
lost against Braun. We live in a world of nostalgia, whether you're talking games, anime, movies, comics, novels. Everything's about callback, about bringing back old shit that used to work. You're, you're one of your famous line. Why you got to talk about old shit? You know, Th- that's what's literally it's not like this is just something with wrestling. Everything that we cover on here is something that's a callback to something else. Do I agree with what? Well, how old is he? 50? Do I agree with 50 year old man being here? That's not actually part of the show. That motherfucker is at least 82. <laughs> And all oh I'm saying God, is, yeah, the callbacks and stuff. I don't need a callback to ET the game. 2021 talking about Goldberg having a title match, man. What is going on here? And here's the this is what has continuously pissed me off with them bringing this fucker back. Who the fuck has he beaten or done anything to to earn it? And this is the theme of tonight's Raw, Dustin. Brock's been fucking people up every time he shows up. This is the theme of tonight's Raw, Dustin. Raw's back to normal post-pandemic. Everything's good. The booking's good. But they don't have faith in the younger guys from NXT. They're pushing all old guys. Bobby Lashley is a very convincing champion. And even so... They've already made peace with the fact that he's that he's going to. And I imagine now you have to live with the fear of what if this guy loses? You know what I mean? And you have Goldberg with a championship. I'll fucking turn it off. Remember, you guys keep talking to me about how they're. I'll turn the fucking thing off. That old bastard picks his shit again. You guys keep talking to me about how now that the pandemic's over, they're going to go back and do all the things that they weren't going to do. We talked about filler. Well, wasn't Roman going to fight Goldberg at one point? I mean, they could do like they're going to do Goldberg stuff. You know, they clearly want to do Goldberg shit, not cowboy shit, Goldberg shit. <laughs> and look who's behind door number two. Lashley should literally be able to fold him in pieces. Lashley, they're a fucking fold. <laughs> I love how MVP was like, absolutely not tonight. Let's go, champ. A simple but effective message. So I heard the rumors all week. I didn't want to believe it just because I thought we'd grow past this. But there you got it. it Goldberg. Second, I heard it because this is what they do. And they wonder why people go to other places. Main event time, guys. So. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Charlotte gets the match thrown out. And I think there's like a brawl between the two of them. Some sort of like a pull apart, right? Well, it was basically a brawl and Rhea actually riptized her on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny because we were on here last night talking about Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross actually cashes in the fucking money in the bank and becomes the women's champion. So Even though we, we were on here talking a- about how... <laughs> it wasn't gonna we, happen. We, we got an almost superhero that I'm sorry does not work as the champion. And Charlotte Flair had a 24 hour championship run. Remember that thing about thinking past the pop? Yeah, I do. So Nikki Cross runs in and she becomes champion. And I've been telling you guys from the beginning that Nikki Cross is in her own storyline, ignoring everybody else's and just getting. But well, they need to put she- her ass back in everybody else's so we can <laughs> fix this shit because this. What and you know what the you I it I, it just hit me. Did you notice what was wrong with the celebration? What's that? They gave her like twenty seconds. She had enough time to roll out of the ring, jump into the crowd, and hug one guy. Cut to black. Yeah, I have the celebration, the post celebration on here. <laughs> it's just being a bit of a coont. Even it doesn't want to accept that this bullshit happened in the main event of Raw. So you really aren't aren't pro Nikki Cross here, right? 
it's just this gimmick. This gimmick does not scream world champion to me. And it just and she just got the gimmick. It's like what? And now what? She's supposed to defend against Charlotte, and well, that, if Rhea gets a hold of her again, and then if Oscar comes back around, like what? It definitely screamed world champion to them. Yeah, a lot of the Goldberg screamed world champion to them. Their credibility is not exactly that high. Yeah, if you, I mean, let's see. So you do not like having a superhero. Look at Charlotte. Wow, I didn't know you were gonna do that. Damn. They gave Charlotte the loser pose, huh? This is all after me on the air, by the way. So this is what they didn't show when Raw went off the air. Yeah. All we got was like a good 20, maybe 25 second celebration. Run away from Tyler. Run away from Tyler. Is that all it is? Just for celebrating with the fans? Yep. Well, that's good, you know, even though I know you don't, you're, you're not pleased. I mean, that doesn't bother me as much as the Goldberg thing. Yeah, see, oh yeah, the Goldberg thing is, that, that, that for me, that killed Raw for me. To be honest, I don't even I know if I have a problem with the... Shit, but this was just like... Yeah, like, I don't even know if I have a problem with the Nikki Cross thing, to be honest. I don't... See, the only thing that bothers me is just... It's that gimmick, the almost superhero thing that kind of bothers me. If it was just regular Nikki Cross, it wouldn't even bother me that bad. Because there was a time when she was feuding with Bailey where I was like, yo, if she gets that championship, fantastic. But this, I don't know. This bothers me. Yeah. I, I, I need There's to see more of it gimmick. in action. Yeah, that, that, that gimmick hasn't had enough time to settle to be throwing a championship on her. And, and, it's even, and then what bothers me even more, you basically just pretty much screwed Charlotte because now she's sitting here with a 24-hour championship run on her record. We need to just see. I need, Like I said, I need to see more of her to be able to really objectively decide. Nikki! A-S-H! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> almost a superhero last night. Miss Money in the Bank. And tonight, on Monday Night Raw, you are the Raw Women's Champion. How? I'm just going to say it. How are you feeling right now? <laughs> 24 hours ago, I was Miss Money in the Bank, Nikki in the Bank. 24 hours later, I am here as the, the Raw Women's Champion! Champion! I have waited so long to say those words. And you know, tonight felt so good. It felt so good. Going out to celebrate with the WWE Universe. Our weekend WWE is back. We're back in front of our WWE Universe. We're back in front of our family. The, the ring, that ring has always been my home. And tonight, I just felt like I was reunited with all my family. I got to hug them and I got to win one of the most coveted titles in this industry. And I got to win it from Charlotte Flair. I beat the 11-time women's champion. And now, Nikki A.S.H., almost a superhero. I did this. I did this for all the little superheroes out there. And I'm leaving tonight as Raw Women's 
Champion! Wee. Congratulations. Well deserved. Wee. All right, so she's annoying. See, I'm happy for her, but she's annoying at the same time. See, the problem they're going to run into now, if that gimmick flops, that gimmick flops while she's champion. That's double fucking. Oh, boy. Well, I'm glad that Raw's back to being interesting, good or bad or indifferent. Like, it's not torture anymore. There, there was a lot more good than bad, but the bad was pretty fucking bad. I need that bad gone. That's you, Bill. Yeah, so Goldberg, I don't think, should be there. I'm really annoyed about that. You know. Because, like, the, at this point, like, there's no option other than Lashley winning that doesn't just tell me I might just fucking skip the highlights after this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm right. tired of seeing him. Why is he back again? Ain't you got other shit to do? I hear you, man. I hear you. I knew you were going to be frustrated. When I heard the music of Goldberg, I cringed. I thought, oh, God, everyone's going to be pissed. When I heard the rumor and we talked about it on the show, I was just, I, I was waiting for the rage because I knew it was coming. I was like, I don't know when they're going to do it, but I know this old bastard's going to show up again because we know what we're going to get. We're going to get a finisher party for about two and a half minutes. Spoiler, that's all you're going to get out of him. I'll consider. going to have to hit his finisher like seven times for some reason to beat him. I'll consider Goldberg um a late wedding gift for my wife. How about that? Don't you do that to her. <laughs> yeah, she hates Goldberg. <laughs> Maybe Goldberg's head on a silver platter. Maybe then that'd be a little for Oh, boy. Just hang in there. Everything else on the bright side, things are looking better, right? Right? Think about where we yeah. were like a year and a half ago and where we are now. This, you know, this, this hope. Overall, this just past week of wrestling has actually been really good. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see? Okay. Well, are we done? Are we actually done with Talk Brunch Live today? We, we, we are done. What do we do? This must be a record for the week because the post show last night was one of the longer ones. And then this turned out to be freaking long, too. I said I wasn't going to go four. We almost went five. Unbelievable. Anyway, guys, don't forget that we're going to have extra content, as always, this entire week. We're going to be doing more of our Fantasy Star Online, New Genesis. Don't forget to join us on that if you have PC, Steam, or Epic Games, or even uh, Xbox. It's free. We have uh, a lot of stuff going on there. And, uh, also check out the feeds of that, as well as uh, there's going to be some new games that we're going to be doing throughout this entire week. And of course, uh, Talk Brunch Live every Monday, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, following Raw on both Twitch and Facebook. Find all of the links to our stuff on TalkBrunch.com. Thank you to our live chat room. Thank you, Spartan Jesus, Trey Raw, Willie V2, George, EB Gamer, Stasis Dreams, Seb the OG Pleb, King Quest 770, Bloodluster, Patrick Boyle, Sakuhasu, Kevin, Kevin Ken, Keys Thompson, Stanching, Madison May Bog, Cryogenic, Bloodluster, Captain Screw, and of course, all of you listening on demand across our podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 470, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and my co host Destin Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. Go away, Bill. Shut it down.